Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. Today's Sunday session is proudly brought to you by More Beer at www.morebeer.com. I poured it in my mouth and it just wasn't going down. My first beer was IPA, the best IPA I've ever drank. Mostly because I brewed it. If you have a scale that is good for measuring cocaine, you're probably good for measuring hops on cocaine. You're scaring me. <laughs> I think the information is awesome and the audio sucks. It's some sugary water, throw some yeast in there. And you're going to drink good beer. Yeah, it's, it's going to be good. good. It's fine. Studios in Northern California. This is the radio program for home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with well, expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is the session. football fans <laughs> oh yeah there is a game today isn't there yeah only people tuned into this program live either have the uh, football game on in the background or do not give a shit about football <laughs> when are we getting a tv in the studio that's next on the list of things that we will do eventually this is ridiculous <laughs> before or after the stuff it's hard enough keeping you guys focused with no tv in the studio i'd imagine what would happen with the television in here well as soon as Did we you start say the something? show we'll uh we'll figure that out exactly uh, yeah, I believe the uh, San Francisco Giants are playing the um, <laughs> the New York Knicks right now. No, I think they're yeah. playing Tiger Woods. I think you're right yeah. about that. I think it's a tennis yeah. thing today or something. Something's going on. It's kind of a big game. It's kind of a big deal. Yeah, we can go to the Super Bowl, baby. Yeah. Got to catch that Niner fever, son. Have you got it? Um, no. Are you a football fan, JP? I-, I used to be. I used to be real big into the Niners until uh, you know a few years ago when they picked up Frank Gore, and then it was like, gee, what are they going to do now? Pass the ball to Frank Gore, and he's going to go for one yard. And I got real bored. Okay, I'm not a fan, so none of this means anything. Can I just get the quick answer? Like, yeah, I'm a football fan, or no? No, we can't. 
<laughs> so then, um, right. and then I don't have cable, so I'm not watching it. Uh, but now that they're actually winning, yeah. then um, it's reigniting some of the passion I've had for for my Niners. As baby. happens yeah. uh, whenever a team begins to win, it's uh, true. Fair weather fan. People are reignited. Yeah. Hey, I was a fan for 25 years. Yeah. And then I stopped. So back they when they were winning, you were well in the then. 80s and the 90s. Yeah. And then they were losing for a long time, and you for haven't a long time. Well, and, and it, you haven't been a fan. It was also just a boring game at that point. It was all running. Right. It wasn't, they weren't doing anything. Mm-hmm. It's like being a Sharks fan, but worse. Right. If you can imagine that. Yeah, I can. It's like being a Raiders fan, but worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway. Tasty, you're not a Niners fan. You're a Raiders guy, right? I, I like them both. Oh, you do? Yeah, yeah I, I don't choose one. Yeah, I, I follow both. I see. Yeah, I just... go to Raiders games, but I don't go to Niners games. Right. The Raiders games are more your crowd, all thugged out. Yeah, and... yeah. yeah. ghetto kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. He'll switchblade someone. It matter. Neck tattoos or yeah. tasty. Actually, there's fewer shots at the Raiders game than there is the Niners game. Did right. you just take the <laughs> last weird. tub of popcorn? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no doc today in the studio, but uh, we do have Tasty here. And uh, <laughs> yeah. you're still alive, huh, Tasty? Yeah, it's still yeah. Last I checked. <laughs> what, what's the death pool at right now? I think I owe you. I what's owe the over under? I oh. owe somebody like twenty bucks. I'm pretty sure. I thought you'd be long gone you by took now. You under, huh? Tasty. I mean, when I brought Tasty on as like a full timer here, I thought, well, this isn't a very big commitment. I mean, no. we're looking yeah. at maybe well, how much has he got left? <laughs> Two years tops, <laughs> right? The way he's going at it. No, you're doing great though, aren't you, yeah, Tasty? Pretty good, yeah. Out there. Uh, <laughs> Passing out uh, Winterfest, Winterfest flyers been, uh, uh, every night. I've been beating the streets uh, promoting the event. Yeah. Uh, and I actually got the weather to change. You notice the forecast says... Uh, oh, is it back to sunny? Oh, it's got a little sunny walk in there. Thanks for that. Nice. Uh, I, I stopped. I looked at the 10-day right when it became... Our Winter Bruce Festival became 10 days out. Yeah. And it made me a little nervous, so I stopped looking. I decided I wouldn't look well, again until Wednesday when I have to decide whether or not we're buying a canopy for everybody to stand under. Yeah, the news is looking good. Getting back to sunshine, huh? Yeah. I like that. Yeah. That's good news for me and my, <laughs> like and my bank account. Major news. <laughs> I guess people don't realize how much you've got it delayed on the table there oh, for somebody man. to chop it off. Uh, it's, it's, uh, I hate it. I hate it. I hate this stupid festival. <laughs> I like it the day of, but um, I don't know. It's a pain in the ass. It's very stressful. and uh, it's, it's, Maybe stressful isn't the right word. I get a lot of anxiety about it because I have a lot of. Pre- First of all, I have a lot of personal uh, pressure on success. Sure, I feel I don't like to fail. Clearly, so I want it to be like a, <laughs> I want it to be a big deal. I want it to be one of the biggest events of the year. All one of, of the things. best beer fest around. Yeah, that's the way right. we roll. Right. So there's that, but then there's also watching the uh, you know the credit card reach its limit four <laughs> times over throughout the planning of the event <laughs> yeah. and just going. Oh God! Please buy tickets. <laughs> please buy tickets to this beer festival. Yeah. Um, but things are going well. It's next yes. Saturday, January twenty eighth. It's in between the uh, football playoffs and the Super Bowl, so it's the perfect weekend. Just in case you thought you were going to give your liver a, a weekend off between out partying with the games today and then what you'll be doing next Super Bowl Sunday. No chance. No chance. We yeah, we are nothing. we're facilitating a party right in between. It's in Concord at Toto Santos Plaza. And um, it's 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 cheap. It's thirty five bucks if you go online and buy right now. You can go to winterbrewsfestival.eventbrite.com, or it's forty bucks when you get there on the day. You get a commemorative glass. There's over thirty breweries. I was looking through my list of breweries. Uh, Fal Allen is in the studio today, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Yeah, Wait, did you say show. in the studio? In studio. 
Yes, in the studio. Yeah, Fal drove down from uh, Boonville. Um, what's is is that the is that the actual town's name? Or is that just it is Boonville, isn't it? Yeah, Boonville is where the brewery is. That's what I thought. Okay, Fal drove down, and Fal. I was looking through my list of brewers today for the uh, for the Winter Brews Festival, and I didn't see Anderson Valley on it. What? We're not there. I wonder if my guys didn't. Uh, I wonder if my guys didn't invite Anderson Valley like dicks. I don't know. We got almost every. That's what I festival thought. Festival or invited to, particularly in California. And I think you've, I think you guys have been at our festival before, so we might have to talk about this after the show. My guys might have screwed screwed that up because oh. I was looking through the list to, to promote it today, and I said, "Where the hell's Anderson Valley?" Oh man, that's bullshit. I'm going to sell my ticket on Craigslist. <laughs> yeah, nobody's going to go now, Fal. No one wants to go without you guys. Yeah, well, I was going to go, but <laughs> not now. Either. Yeah, screw <laughs> it. Uh, yeah, Fal Allen from Anderson Valley Brewing Company um, is very generous to drive down to the studios today because, uh, well, we had a nice time on the show last time, I think, but there was audio trouble uh, because we had to do the interview in Morse code, I think is what it was, right? <laughs> yeah, my knuckles hurt at the end. I had to wrap those out. Painful. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Boonville's, uh, they're a little slow. They, a fantastic beer comes out of the place, but technology, not so much. No, my internet uh, service runs along barbed wire fence for most of the way. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. So it's even hard to get your show. Yeah, you can actually see it. Going along the fence. Yeah, and when the farmer opens the gate, then he gets nothing. <laughs> nothing. Yeah, nothing. <laughs> Jimmy! Hey, close the gate! I'm trying to listen to the Sunday show. Uh, so Fal came down to the show. So if you didn't get your questions answered last time around, 888-401-BEER, that's the phone number, or uh, our wonderful master Cicerone, Nicole Ernie, is in the chat room. Hi. Uh, that's how we roll, folks. Uh, yeah. Even our chat moderator is uh, is very high. He's overqualified. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, uh, what are the hosts, then? <laughs> master, well... You know what yeah, you are. What I don't have to. I don't want to insult anybody. No. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's not go there. Yeah. Oh. Sometimes at the breaks, Nicole's like, "What am I doing over here? <laughs> I mean, why don't you put Is this one helping of me no, or hurting me?" She's like, never. She didn't want me to tell you this, but sometimes she's like, "Why don't you put one of those idiots over in the chat room and let me sit at the table? I'm, oh, I know what I'm doing." Yeah, and I have to say, "Well, because there's a lot of e- they have big egos, Nicole. Yeah. They can't handle it. That is true. I wouldn't be able to handle it. <laughs> no one could handle it. Yeah." Fucking glass ceiling. Uh, <laughs> that's right. No matter what Nicole does, she'll always be underpaid and underappreciated here at the Brewing Network. Yeah, that's true. Welcome to the club. Much it. But she will get lots of verbal praise and abuse. So <laughs> simultaneously, <Can't wait. laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Free beer. So add free, free beer. beer. Well, sometimes Ooh, actually Nicole has to bring her own beer too. It's not even <laughs> oh, that good. Man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and when she gets free beer, it's only seven beers to our ten. <laughs> that's <Whoa. right. laughs> that's plenty for me though. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, 888-401-BEER or just hit the chat now button on the homepage. You can also watch all the action over at justin.tv slash brewing network and we'll have the foul cam going on today plus the regular studio cam so you guys can watch over there. If you have trouble with the website, that's always the place to go. Justin.tv slash brewing network because it seems to never fail. It's a good little site. Um, also, don't use the chat room on the Justin TV page. Yes. Hit the chat now button on our homepage. That's where everybody is. If you're in a chat room and there's only like four people there, you're in the wrong chat room. I guarantee. <laughs> Go to the other one. Um, all right. So a lot of things to do today. Not only are we going to talk to Fal Allen, but we've also got uh, a couple of AHA candidates coming on the program. Oh, yeah. We did this last year. Election yeah. time, huh? We've been doing it for a few years now. Uh, it's for the American Homebrewers Association Governing Committee, which uh, I'm a member of until I'm a board member until 2013. So I've got another. Unless you get impeached or something. You mean 2013? <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. Until 2013. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, what we've been doing for the last couple of years, though, is try to give everybody who's nominated and running for election, uh, 
just a chance to state their case of why they want to be on the on the board. Right. And they they write a little blurb about it also on the uh, homebrewersassociation.org when it yeah. when it comes election time and that's where you go. And they've always done that and um but we just thought this was a way that you could hear from them directly and you know just get to know more about them. In my experience Everybody who's nominated is a fantastic candidate. They're a winner, even if they don't win. They're winners, that's right. Uh, because you don't really even go out for something like the um, governing committee if you're not pretty geeky about homebrew and, and wanting to help. So, right. But at least this is a chance that you can hear what they have to say and then uh, make a, a more informed decision. So tonight we'll be hearing from Terry Parker and Dave Dixon, uh, both candidates. And I think we've got seven candidates altogether that we'll do over the next several weeks. How many slots are open this year? Do you know? <laughs> um, yeah, what are the odds? Let's see. That's a rude question. Let me have a look. Three? I think there's only three. Three, okay. Three. Yeah, uh, Denny Khan, Kurt Stock, and Gordon Strong's terms are all up uh, oh. this year. I do believe that at least Kurt Stock is running again. Uh, Denny and Gordon might have reached their term limit. I think you're allowed to do it for something like six or nine years, and wow. then you have to take a term break, and then you could run again. That's it's weird some... that there's like term limits in homebrewing government. You know what I mean? Like the <laughs> right. least, I don't know, interesting, I guess. Sure. You know, it's not like you're a senator and you're making laws that totally can destroy lives. Right. You're just talking about... You're just talking about, yeah, just how, getting to help members. The, <laughs> how to help the membership. Yeah, how to be real nice guys. But you're they obviously take it seriously. So they do. Yeah, yeah. They do. Um, yeah, I have a self-imposed term limit of one of term. Of one, yeah. yeah. It's called being lazy. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, well, that's how you're helping. <laughs> by right. not screwing up anymore. I stay out of the way. I, my whole platform was based upon staying out of the way. It's good, right? So, yeah. So I won't fuck this up. Yeah. I, 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 that was, I think I... That was you, your platform, right? Yeah, I, I, I got on the radio. I said, listen, I promise not to fuck this up. <laughs> the, the tagline was, you'll hardly know I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I gonna, if I do rerun, I, I'm going to make t-shirts and stuff like that, buttons that say that, Mazda. Just like my first term, you'll hardly know I'm there. <laughs> Shaking babies and kissing hands. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we'll be doing that over the next couple of shows, and we got a couple of them on tonight, so that'll be good stuff. A couple of announcements. Uh, once again, Winter Bruce Festival is January 28th, right yeah. here in Concord. Uh, it's at Toto Santos Plaza from 12 to 4. we got over 30 breweries, and if I can get my, my, my brewery organizers not to screw up, maybe we would have 31-plus <laughs> breweries uh, on the list. We're also going to have a lot of food, so don't eat beforehand. Yeah. You will need to fill up at the festival. Perfect. Um, we I just added uh, a new person, a new vendor, Naked Chorizo. Oh. They do chorizo tacos and uh, just all sorts of stuff with chorizo, which I Sounds love. Sounds great. Yeah. It's Although really I good. can't think of a single person who really likes chorizo that I'd like to see naked, if you think about it. Well, it's naked chorizo. Yeah. See, the chorizo, it, you know, whatever. I get it. Yeah. All right. all right. So there will be great food and great music from uh, Big Joe Hurt's going to come up and open the show. And then we've got Purple Haze, which is a Jimi Hendrix tribute band. You guys want to hear a little bit of Purple Haze? Yes. Mm-hmm. I just got to... The guy's really good. I saw him uh, several years ago at uh, the Bistro, and that's how I got turned on to him, and he's pretty good. This is a Voodoo Child from Purple Haze. Let's play a little bit of it so you can hear that he's kind of a badass. It's a little too fast for the song, but that's fine. <laughs> is it? Does he play upside down and left-handed? He does, nice. and he plays behind his head and with his teeth. Wow. Not at the same time. Uh-huh. But he's good. 
Actually, he might be righty. I might be wrong about whether or not he's lefty. But he does play behind his head. <laughs> that I know. He's pretty good. You know, I was looking at the... There's pictures oh. of him on the site. Uh, go to purplehazeband.com if you want to check him out. I'm pretty sure that the drummer... This is how kind of full circle things come in the music business, especially in the Bay Area. I'm pretty sure that the drummer used to be Big Joe Hurt's drummer when Big Joe lived up in the Bay. Hmm. And and now, just by random coincidence, he's drumming for Purple Hanks. <laughs> there's, there's only so many drummers. There's, yeah. there's a drummer kinda, shortage. Yeah. Kind of looks like him, too. I pulled it up. Oh, yeah. uh, Fish-eyed and weird. Yeah, you know what? I'm looking at a, at a photo, and he's not playing upside down and lefty. So. Ooh, so he does cheat in one regard. But I guarantee he's got acid tablets under the bandana. So he's, you know, <laughs> oh yeah, authentic. He's yeah. working at that. He's driving it in there. He's trying. Um, so we got them, and then headlining the show. And in fact, I'm gonna all the music for tonight's program is going to be our headliner. We're gonna play a whole bunch of Forest Day. Oh, yeah, Forest Day rocked our first Winterfest three years ago, and they're just so good. And you'll hear. I'm gonna play a bunch of tracks off their album tonight, and you get to hear how good they are. They had to like pull them off tour to get them for this event. Probably. Yeah, we're like right in the middle of it. They had a little uh, three week period where they're home, and then the, ver- the very next weekend they hit the road again. Very cool. So we caught them just in time, and you're gonna want to see that. Go Go to uh, winterbrucefestival.eventbrite.com. All right, also, uh, you can shop at Amazon through our website just by clicking the Amazon link right there in the center of the page, and, and that helps us out. You just click the link and then shop as normal. We get a little commission. And there's also an iPhone case available with the BN Army hop grenade. Which I understand there were some issues with recently. Yeah, a few faulty units went out or something. They so. were too drunk to figure out the bottle opener or Oh, I know an issue on the manufacturer <laughs> side. Nice. The, the issue on the drinker side is given. Because I would need, like, I would much more expect our listeners to be like, "This, I, why do I always get the warped one? It won't open a bottle." <laughs> yeah, we're going to uh, replace the uh, few cases that were no good, and then there's a, a new version coming out. Oh, good. Uh, in just a few weeks, where the it's not just going to be a hop grenade sticker; it's going to be integrated onto the whole case. Oh, see, I thought that's how it was anyway. We all thought that. Oh, so but stay tuned; it's going to be cool. Okay, well, so if you want a replacement, then just contact yeah, and you can get a replacement if you uh, don't dig. All right, all right, very good. Shop in the BN store; it's back up. A lot of uh, different merchandise there. You get shirts and hats and stickers and things and stuff. Books. You get Jamil's books. Are you can in get there. Jamil's books? Uh, Brewing classic styles is still in there. Yep. The yeast book with Jamil. Jamal. Jamal. And, uh, and Whitey. And Whitey. Good old Chris um, White. The Jamil. Wheat book. Brewing with Wheat. Brewing with Wheat is Still in there. In that's there. right. I sold out of the Gordon Strong book, I think. Yeah. Uh, did you ever get it in after the first time? I haven't seen it in a while. No, I just uh, got it that one time. It's a good book. Yeah. I like that Brewing with Wheat book, too. I dig that a lot. Yeah. So a lot of things in the store there. You can go help us out that way. Uh, all right. Subscribe and join the BN Army just by hitting the donate button. If you become a recurring donor, you get entered into the More Beer Monthly Giveaway and... How much is that? It's like a hundred or two hundred dollar gift certificate every month. I think it's like a hundred bucks. Yeah, hundred bucks is a pretty good deal. Uh, Who can't use a hundred bucks for a wrapping, right? For free, know, buddy. Yeah, just uh, so become a donor, and that's how you do that. Plus, it just helps us out, and you get updates yeah. about when tickets go on sale early and things like that. All right, uh, all of these updates and more can be found on Twitter and Facebook. Send show ideas over to Scott the Jew, Scott at thebrewingnetwork.com. Send feedback to feedback at thebrewingnetwork.com. <sighs> Twitter game. Twitter game. What do you got? Uh, I was thinking about kid names the other day. I don't know why. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Don't uh, don't start, don't start any rumors. Okay. And I was wondering um, uh, if you could name your kid after a process used in home brewing or commercial brewing. I can open it up. Used in brewing, what would it be? I know Gloves named his kid Brewer. 
Right. Um, so he named him after the thing that is of what he is makes beer called. Yeah. All right. But like, I wonder if anybody would actually go so far as to name their kid like uh, Vorloff you know? or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Barge. I was just you know? thinking That's Vorloff. What I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. Or like uh, Vorloff would be badass. Luplin. Yeah. You know, or Hot whatever, back. right? Hotback. Yeah. Right. Hotback. Some just some bizarre thing. Maybe something new I, I've never even heard of. I don't know. Can they be, does it have to be a brewing process? Can it just be anything brewing related? Anything brewing related. I like okay. that better. Let's do that. So All open right. it up. Twitter game of the week is anything brewing related, and we'll send you a prize for whoever we pick at the end of the show with the best name. Yeah, and I got, I'll, um, I'm back like three weeks log uh, backlog, so I'm going to come in tomorrow and ship everyone's prizes out from okay. the last few games. So Very nice. MASH would kind of be a cool name. Mash. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. People wouldn't know if it was after brewing or the show, though. Yeah, you know, try to get a section thirty-eight, and I can't. I don't understand. Yeah, I maybe mean, should change that stupid pit bull dog's name I have to Vorloff. Oh God! And so I'm fostering this pit bull trying to get a rescued. Um, you can go over to thebiscuit.tumblr.com and check it out. And uh, she came with this awful name, Prada. And I'm like, you know, it's embarrassing. I take her for walks, and or if she's out in the yard, I got to yell for Prada. <laughs> my pink shorts. I just feel like a big homo. Prada. <laughs> put a fufu on that dog. Yeah. And put a little pink sweater on the pit bull. Exactly. You get a twin named Gucci or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll do that when I'm walking her and Walker together. I'll just change his name to Gucci. Prada and Gucci. Or Mark Jacobs. They'll Jim- see how Jimmy Chu, the other dog. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway. Change your name to Vorloff. That'd be cool. Did Nate and I just drop two designer names? I think both of you jerks did. I secretly have a closet full of all the yeah. designer clothing. <laughs> like women, women's clothing. Hey, here's two guys that like hardcore music. Oh, look. They know uh, Jimmy Choo and Mark Jacobs. <laughs> you know, none of us, except Losers. for maybe Nicole, has ever seen Nate outside of kind of the beer world. But he goes to a regular job every day. I kind of wonder if he, if he dresses up all designer every Monday morning. Oh, yeah. Women's Carlos. designer. Actually. Yeah, he's actually known as he's actually known as Sarah at work. Yes, <laughs> they wouldn't recognize me at all there. Yeah, right, I am right now. Yeah, every Friday he just he turns into his alter ego that we know. The, the shoes I have, oh, it's amazing. There's a closet full. <laughs> That's why you bought a new house. Isn't yeah, it? exactly. You needed a spare room, a full for your... walk-in closet just for shoes. <laughs> Be great. All right, so that's what's going on. <laughs> Weirdness. Yeah. All right, should we do some uh, feedback? Let's do feedback. I thought it was pretty good this time. All right. Oh, my God. You've got mail. Kick ass. All right, feedback's brought to you today by HopTech in Dublin. HopTech Brewing Supplies. You can go to HopTech.com and check them out. They're a great sponsor of ours. And uh, they've just been real good to us, and I like them. You'll also yeah. find them at the Winter Brews Festival. They're going to set up their booth and show you their wares. So And their products. Yes. Do <laughs> <laughs> you get it? I got it. Shit. Uh, all right, here we go. A uh, lot of mixed feedback this week. Some that we suck, some that we're good. David writes in, I've listened to every episode of Bruce Strong and the Jameel Show, and they've been excellent resources. Um, oh, I guess this is just about uh, Bruce Strong and, and the Jameel Show. In fact, I've been brewing for less than a year, but I've brewed 15 batches, 14 all grain. Uh, nice work. I've also had a bit of success in regional competitions using the knowledge and skills gained from the BN. I do have some concern over the direction of my two favorite shows lately, though. As a home brewer, I listen for homebrewing tips, techniques, and recipes. But in recent months, the shows have tuned, uh, turned more toward pro brewing. I understand the recent changes Jamil has made by going pro, but it seems the shows are becoming out of touch and losing momentum. Almost all the sponsors are homebrewery focused. Be careful not to lose your audience. Every week I watch for new episodes, and while I enjoy the pro brewer top- topics, I remain a bit disappointed. 
blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. Uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, sometimes the shows do kind of shift back and forth from a pro focus. I will tell you this, you know, Jamil has been doing those two programs, the Jamil Show and Brew Strong, for several years now. And now that he's opened his own brewery, you know, it's kind of, it is flowing in the pro brew direction. But I guarantee you it will also bounce back the other way. It's just that sometimes he has to come in and plan a show based on what he's doing for his day job, uh, just for time constraints. It's either that or we get no show. So I kind of give him free reign to to do the topics that are, are relevant to him at the moment. And he's actually getting a lot of good feedback about the pro shows, too, um, because there are so many homebrewers trying to go pro. So... But don't worry, it'll go back the other way. And for Can You Brew It, um, we are actually just having a little lull in, in the homebrewing side because we don't have a lot of homebrewers brewing for us yeah, at this moment. Right. So we had to do some kind of Can You Brew It reversal shows, which we're always heavily involved with these pro-am beers anyway. And so we just thought we'd we'd bring them on the show. But I, I can tell you for a fact that we have a big list of beers that are being brewed right now, and we'll be getting back to, to those home brews probably next month, I yeah, think, absolutely. in February. Yep. Yeah. So don't worry too much about it. I do appreciate the feedback, but it just the shows do kind of ebb and flow that way because yep. we got to deal with Jamil's time constraints and, and everybody's home brewing constraints, too. So uh, Here's another one. I've only been a podcast listener for a few months now, but I want to thank you guys for the show. Uh, even though I look like a crazy person when I'm walking my dog and laughing my head off, uh, I appreciate everything you do. I would like to ask for maybe a little more brewing information amidst the hilarity. What? For instance, the interview with Jen, uh, Jen Talley from Red Hook was uh, entertaining as hell. But I also learned a lot of info because of the great questions from the brewcasters and the chat room. And the series that you used to do each show a while back on different parts of brewing, malts, hops, etc. was really informative as well. Uh, obligatory suck a dick bro comment here. Cheers, Patrick from Florida. Uh, yeah, Patrick, good, you know, good point, and, and we try. Uh, one way that you can help that as listeners, if you want more homebrewing information, is for one, to send your show ideas over to scott at thebrewingnetwork.com. Also, if you're in the chat room, you know, we always encourage you to ask more questions. And during the Jen Talley interview, we got just that. There really were a lot of questions coming yeah. through from the chat. And those are always a better show. I mean, we bring these people on here for you. So if you've got questions, send them in. Also, Moscow does a pretty good job of posting who our guest is the Wednesday before uh, every show. So you get plenty of days to email in your questions uh, for different brewers that are going to be And where would those go? So those would go to feedback at thebrewingnetwork.com. Okay. Okay, great. Send it all there. Um, So really, a lot of ways for you to get more homebrewing info out of the show. It's your show, so so own it. That's true. Own it. Take it. Do it. It's only as good as you want it to be, my friend. All right, uh, here's a question that came in from Jack. It looks like about our uh, Whirlpool edition topic last week, yeah. Tasty. I got a lot of feedback on that. People liked that. That, uh, that was fun. It was great. Yeah. All right, it's kind of long-winded, so let me do this here. If the point of adding hops to a Whirlpool and holding that Whirlpool for an extended period of time is to increase hop flavor and aroma, then who cares about hop isomerization? Don't the flavor and aroma qualities from hops come from the essential oils of hops and not from isomerized alpha acids? What I think the biggest difference between commercial brewers and home brewers with Whirlpool hop additions is the quality of the hop used at that moment. Commercial brewers have better access to fresh hops than home brewers do. Is that true? That's not true. No, that's not true. Really. Not necessarily. Okay. You know, most homebrew shops get uh, right from the source, just like the brewers do. Yeah. And when they come out of uh, the warehouses, they're, you know, frozen. So... Uh, I'd be willing to bet homebrew hops just pretty darn close to as good. There is also, I think, a, fal- a good shop. I-, 
I think that's what I was going to say, Fal. There is also, and, and JP could speak to this because he's worked in a good shop for so long, our great sponsor over at More Beer. You can go to morebeer.com and check them out. Um, I do know that they bring in, in bulk, just like a pro brewer does, all these hops. But then they package them into smaller samples for us. And I know that they did a lot of R&D years ago to figure out a way to get them packaged properly and not oxidized and things like that. So their packaging process was a big part of getting us fresh hops. Uh, am I wrong about that? No, you're absolutely yeah. right. Uh, we went to Mylar Bags. Um, you know, Actually, I think Mylar Bags were the first bags that we were packaging hops in way back when, you know, 15 years ago. And flush with nitrogen. So, so there, there's there's hardly any degradation at all. You can keep them for you know just as long as you can keep pellets for. But that's true, and and maybe maybe the breweries uh, might get first shot at the contract or first shot at the at the you know at the hops because they obviously buy more hops than yep. the homebrew shop does. Yep. But it's from the same warehouse. It's from the same lot. They don't you know they don't take the first crop and pelletize all those and save those for the for the you know breweries. Okay. And then take the second crop and pelletize those and those are for homebrew shops. It's it's all from the same uh, warehouse. It, it all goes out the same. It's, they're exactly the same. Okay. So it's plus, just treatment by the homebrew shop. Yeah. Plus yeah, guys like Hop Union shop. have been doing uh, packaging of hops for the retail homebrew guys that they haven't done before just starting this last year or two and I've started seeing yeah. those come back from homebrew supply shops so it's not as if the homebrew shop is repackaging anything or potentially exposing so, it to some of them aren't oxygen yeah, right so right uh, that that's something hopping has been trying to do for a that few should years. be as equivalent as possible I yeah, would think I would think right. so too so okay don't worry about that well this yeah this he went on to just say by the time homebrewers get hops how many middlemen have those been sold through how many times have they been repackaged etc cetera, etc cetera. so we just kind of went through all that I've yeah. definitely seen some homebrew shops I visit homebrew shops sometimes when I'm on the road and I've definitely seen shops have like Ziploc bags right of hops yeah. that's not if you see that you know you probably don't want to buy hops there you can order from from more beer at morebeer.com that's true uh, let's see he gives an example um, about superior hop flavor that commercial brewers are getting. He says, here's an example. Last year, Steve Dressler gave the recipe for Sierra Nevada Celebration. I followed it exactly. The beer I made was not hoppy enough as far as flavor uh, and aroma. The biggest difference between Sierra Nevada Celebration and the beer I brewed was that Sierra Nevada Celebration is made with the freshest hops possible, hops that were harvested only weeks ago. The hops I used were probably a year or more old. Uh, Did he read that off the bottle? That <laughs> we use only the freshest hops possible, <laughs> the finest. <laughs> wine. And, right. Well, and I left out the part where he says, "And I, I, they use the finest water, but I've had to pull it from my water table, which is mostly well water." Right. You know, if you put that label on his homebrew and serve it to his friends, it would automatically taste well, even better. There is a yeah. not to defend uh, Sierra, but they, the celebration is made with the new crop of uh, of dried whole hops. Okay. So. That's only one, only uh, seasonal. They can do that way because that's when the crop is uh, comes out of the warehouse. Well, and whole hops, you, yeah, you you would have to. But I think pellets, they've they Hop Union has done tests, and and you know, I don't know how how much it, it really is, but uh, there's no degradation for like five years. So if you're using pellet hops, you can. It's not going to matter. That have been stored properly. And I doubt if the whole hops have been stored properly. And the whole hops don't degrade either that much. I mean, it's just probably more of a, not. Yeah, but, something to say kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think Nate hit on the head too. If you put that on your homebrew bottle and said this is with the freshest hops available, your right. your homebrew friends will go, "Wow, really? This tastes Plus, really fresh." You know, you right. Can, you can watch retail guys like FreshHops.com, and they have new crop available when it hits the, you know, when it's basically first going to hit the shelves about. You know, October, November of yeah. that year. So you can try and get the freshest hops possible from the newest crop, 
if you want to try and replicate replicate that sort of thing. It's it is doable for homebrewers. Another difference is the equipment. You know, Sierra Nevada has probably some of the best equipment in the world, and as a homebrewer, you just, you don't have access to that kind of equipment. Yeah, and you know, there's the other part. Speaking of like the best of. I would also venture to say that Sierra Nevada has some of the best brewers in the world. Mm. Best brewers, and best I don't lab. Mean to, and I certainly don't mean to shit on, on homebrewers either, but <laughs> think about it. There's a difference between spending years at, at Sierra Nevada as a professional brewer like Steve Dressler um, and, you know, homebrewing for a long time. Right. And, and you know, you're not spending as much time at the kettle as a professional is. So that's all. I'm, I, I just think that not only the equipment, but certain techniques that maybe don't come out in the interviews we do for Can You Brew It? probably exist in the brew house that we don't necessarily do at home you know lots of small things Uh, that add up to Uh, yeah transfer rates uh you know all kinds of stuff cleaning you know different cleaning regimes all kinds of different things that you know brewers are brewing anywhere from you know once a day to some people eight times a day oh yeah and so you know if you you're a shift brewer you've brewed thousands and thousands of time and if you're a home brewer you've brewed dozens of times right and there's just an experience difference sure you know, not not to denigrate home brewing because you know I'm a home brewer and I love doing it, but it's just not the same. And it's just a practice thing. Yeah. I think it go, it makes sense that the amount of time you spend brewing is going to make a difference. Also, you know, as a home brewer, you don't have to worry about costs. If you want to use really super expensive hops or malt or yeast or age it for years or you know months, you, you can do all those things. But as a professional brewer, you have to always keep in mind cost constraints. Yeah. So in some ways homebrewers have an advantage they can make better beer yeah a good homebrewer yeah ingredients aren't a limitation you know yeah. if we had paid 10 percent extra for the quality ingredient that would be your maybe your whole gross profit if we, yeah. if we did that all right i'm gonna have to interrupt our feedback right now uh actually I, yeah because i just had a couple more things uh that i would like to get to but we've got one of our uh, aha interviews on the line that i wanted to get to so uh, that they're not waiting uh, for too long. But Terry Parker is on the line with us, one of the people running uh, for the AHA Governing Committee. Are you with us, Terry? I'm here. Hey, Terry, thanks for being with us, man. Yeah. You watching the football game? Uh, yes, I am. We're, we're interrupting your quality time is what's happening. <laughs> is it halftime? Yeah, how's it going there, yeah, by the way? <laughs> well, right. New York's winning, so... Uh, but. I'm an, hour, I'm an hour ahead of you guys, so uh, I but I won't give, any, give away any secrets. Okay. <laughs> so maybe, maybe by the time we catch up, the night will be away. <laughs> right. It could be a while. Uh, They're not uh, up by much. Now, Terry, is this your first time running for the AHA Governing Committee? Yes, it is. It is. Okay. Yes. And what made you want to do it? What made me want to do it? I, uh, That's horny. I recently retired from teaching. I've been brewing for about 15 years, and well, longer than that, but uh, this stint is 15 years. And uh, all of a sudden, I've got time. Uh, and I have, uh, my wife kid, kid teases me about being a professional uh, board director. <laughs> all, all of a sudden, I'm on all these boards that uh, I never had time for before. Right. <laughs> Well, that kind of makes sense, I guess, if you retire and then you get to pick up on all the hobbies you've been wanting to do more of, right? Exactly. exactly. Or the hotties. Okay. All right. And so uh, what do you think that uh, you'll be able to do on the governing committee? Uh, Why be involved in this committee in particular? Well, this committee, well, it's it's important to me because of all the years I've spent uh, brewing. And uh, I've got some experience. I retired from the hospitality industry, and I also retired from teaching. So, uh, you know, I think I've got a lot to offer. Uh, 
as far as the hospitality industry and brewing goes. Sure. Well, that's a big part of it, too, especially when yeah. we start talking about the uh, the AHA conference and things like that, which, of course, comes up on the committee quite often. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So, uh, what, what did you teach? I was a special ed teacher. Okay. Oh, so yeah. you'd be great in this room. Yeah, you can relate, for sure. <laughs> yeah. About halfway through the show, like, we need special right ed. Out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you say you've been brewing for 15 years. How'd you get into home brewing? Uh, well, to make a long story short, my dad got me to, into home brewing uh, back in the '60s. Believe it or not, okay. He was a he was a Navy person, and he was involved in uh, uh, Operation Deep Freeze. I don't know if you ever read anything about that or not, but it had to do with the North and the South Pole. And he would they were on icebreakers for months and months at a time, huh. and he used to brew. Got it. On the ship? Illegally, I On the ship. On the ship. So bre- international brewing a lot of lagers then, some cold fermentation, eh? Exactly. <laughs> right. Um, and uh, I think I brewed my first beer with him probably 65. What, what, what? Do you remember what your first beer was? Uh, well, it was a very light beer. There wasn't a lot of adjuncts available in those days, so uh, and, and very little... Uh, malted flavors okay. available. And what about yeast? Was it just like like bread yeast back then, or what? You know, I believe it was. Okay, I, I believe it was. That's uh, pretty interesting. Well, anyway, back. anyway, that's that's kind of how I got into it. And of, of course, then uh, oh, Vietnam came along. I didn't do anything for years and years, and mm, that'll happen. Picked it up again about the seventies, and. Dropped it again, and then picked it up again in the uh, early 90s when it really became popular. Yeah, it's like an STD. It just won't go away. <laughs> exactly. Well, you got exactly. the bug early. That's what <laughs> Speaking of Stuck that. with it forever. <laughs> yeah. No uh, one says they have the, the brewing STD, do they? No. It's always the brewing bug. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I love it. I'm glad that you're back in it for 15 years now. And have you been to some of the uh, homebrewers conferences? Oh, sure, yeah. You have? Okay. I've been around a while, so. All right. Very good. Well, Terry uh, Parker is the candidate, and you'll be able to find him over on homebrewersassociation.org as soon as they put up the candidate profiles, and you'll be able to vote for him. And you know you're signing up for a three-year term with us, a bunch of uh, yahoos. Yeah, that's true. Right. Uh, looking sure you're forward ready. to it. I'm looking forward to it. It's fun. It's a good group of guys, and you just get to... I want to say hi to all my brewing buddies up there in the Bay Area. What's up? <laughs> and where are you guys? Uh, we're in the Bay Area. We're in the East Bay in Pacheco. Oh, okay. Well, I'm a, I'm a Concord and Antioch kid. Yeah! So. Right Local in the boy. neighborhood. Now we're talking, Terry. Local boy does good. I knew I sensed some <laughs> white trash in Terry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's our hood right here. So. All righty. All right, Terry. Well, thanks for joining us, and we'll keep directing people over to the to the web page uh, when your statement goes up, and uh, to tell people to vote for you. Well, thank you so much. Thanks, Terry. Cheers. Bye bye. All right, there you go. That's Terry Parker, and once again, you can go to homebrewersassociation.org. And I don't think that the candidate profiles are up just yet. I was looking today, and at least I didn't see them. But we'll keep you notified. Write down Terry's name, and uh, you you could uh, you could vote for him if you like him. From straight from the yak, bro. Man, I would like to listen to his old man talk about uh, brewing beer on that icebreaker. That would be that would be some good stories. That's probably like prison hooch or something. Yeah, you know I mean? that's think? what I, I didn't but, want to disrespect his old man, but that's what I was yeah. thinking. Like, yeah, they we're probably talking sold to... some sugar from the kitchen and uh, right. But they probably had the best brewing water available. 
It's glacier water. Yeah. Our neighbor grew up in a military family, and his dad made beer and, and uh, kept the bottles in the shower. So if anybody ever had to take a shower, they like had to pull all the beer out first. Right. One day, one day his, his mom was on the shitter, and uh, these <laughs> bottles sta- started exploding oh, while she was in there. Scared the shit out of her. Yeah, she, <laughs> she took she a glass shower. <laughs> she couldn't leave. It's like an enema. <laughs> wow. She, she could not you know leave the bathroom. She was too scared. Right. She had to crawl out the window. <laughs> oh, my God. God. Crawl out the window. <laughs> her pants around her ankles. Oh, that's a good home Not brewing a story there. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Brewing something. Yeah. Oh, uh, boy. Did you give the keynote next year? <laughs> so when I offer homebrew to our neighbor, he gets scared a little bit. Like, <laughs> yeah. Take a glass something. shower or something. He has this fear in his eyes. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Okay. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I like hearing stories about uh, old guys brewing like back in the day, you know? Yeah. Especially when it, you know... I think there was a lot of military guys brewing in oh, the yeah. 60s and 70s like with whatever they get their hands on. That yeah. was the only way they'd get a beer. And those guys were just right. making the strongest stuff that they could yeah, make. Yeah, just dumping you know? sugar in there and like baker's yeast and whatever else, you know. My kind of dudes. <laughs> That's what I would be doing. It's pretty much what I do now. Actually, who am I kidding? We do, it's a fancier version <laughs> that we do now, yeah. yeah. I just have a really fancy brew system that I do it on. <laughs> yeah. Same thing. All right, I think we have Dave Dixon on the line, our second AHA candidate tonight. There's going to be seven of these uh, folks uh, that we'll do over the course of the next few weeks. Uh, Dave Dixon, are you with us? Hey, how you doing? We're doing all right. Thanks for being on the show. No problem. How long have you been homebrewing, Dave? I've been homebrewing, oh gosh, over 18 years now. Wow. <laughs> what got you into it? Well, it's kind of a long story. I was on a flight back from the uh, Southern California and I was on a, a flight, and there was a, a pilot that was coming back from vacation sitting next to me, and he had a uh, really big 22-ounce with no label on it. And I said, what's that? And he says, I make my own beer. And he says, after we get up, I have the flight attendants pour some. And I was like, wow. Nice. That's awesome. So when I got home, it was close to Christmas. My mom and dad, Dave and Mary Dixon, were asking me, well, what do you want for Christmas? And I said, how about a homebrewing kit? Well, Wait, wait, wait. So the guy's beer was real good? Or you, just, or you just got you into it? It was great. Okay. Hmm. And, I was a, and I was a natural light drinker at the time. Yes, I admit that. Oh, so of course it was great. <laughs> but yeah, my mom and dad wanted uh, to give me something for Christmas, and I said, how about a homebrew kit? So all they could find up here in northern Kentucky was a Mr. Beer kit, and I lived in Dallas, Texas at the time, or Fort Worth. And uh, they sent me the uh, money to get it, and I went over to a place called Foreman's and bought my first homebrew kit. Nice. a boy. And, and then the rest is history. Huh? You've been brewing ever since? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I kind of got a little OCD after that. My first beer is probably the worst beer I ever made, but I still have a bottle left of it. Oh, is that right? Really? You know what? I think wow. I got a bottle of my first beer somewhere in this house. Do you really? Uh, yeah. I, wow. have, I have my first 12 bottles. Oh, is that, no yeah. way! You yeah. saved all really? twelve of them. Sure, why not? It was cool at the time, and then I, like at the thirteenth one, I'm like, oh, "Fuck this! Who's gonna? What, what am I doing? Right. I'm an idiot." But I thought at one point I'm gonna go back and drink it all, and then I actually learned that that's not really good. Right. But uh, yeah, I have like, two six packs. Of My them. first beer sucked so bad. I'm glad I did not save a bottle. It would not have improved. <laughs> oh, age. I saved it if it was crap or not, man. <laughs> like, here it is. What kind of beer was it? Is it like built to age? 
No, yeah. no, 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 no. Mine was a oh gosh, it was like a, a, a British ale of some sort, you know. And we thought it was the best beer. I brewed it right around Christmas, got it ready for the Super Bowl. My buddies were over, and we drank it, and we thought it was the best beer ever made. And I bet I'd probably pour it out right now. <laughs> right. It's amazing how things change. Yeah, the, in, the palate uh, changes. In perspective, it, it, it's not good, but at the time, at that moment, it's the Beautiful. best thing in the world. Because right? it's so drinkable. I mean, like, yeah. am I getting high? I made this. This is cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's exciting. Yeah, forget about that DMS. You don't even know what that is. Now, Dave, what uh, what makes you want to be a part of the AHA governing committee? Well, this is my second. You know, I was on the governing committee back started in two thousand three, and I was on the uh, committee for three years. Okay, and um, so uh, I really enjoyed the time. That was back when the grassroots movement was starting, and I was involved with that, working with Paul Gotza and, and, and Gary Glass and all those great folks and all the great members we had on the uh, board at the time. But uh, one of our homebrew club members here in the, at Cincinnati Malton Fusers, uh, name is uh, Rick Frankhauser, um, we were at a homebrew club meeting. He says, I want to nominate you for the, uh, the, uh, you know, the board, of, uh, board of Governance. And I said, really? And he says, yeah. He says, you have a lot of passion. You brew a lot. You win a lot. You, you're involved with, with uh, several competitions, been involved with several, several big competitions. And I think, you know, you would be good. And I said, well, first of all, I was very flattered. And I thought about it, and I said, yeah, because I really missed being on the board and working with, with, with all the folks and, you know, working at the national level. I had a really good time the first time I did it. Okay. Well, that's the kind of experience that goes a long way, I think, on the governing committee, especially with competitions and things like that. Because I'll tell you, what we do, and, in, in you know, there's like a monthly meeting on the phone and then the yearly right. meeting. And a lot of what we talk about is how to make these things better. You know, problems arise like with uh, the number of entries uh, allowed for the national competition and where the locations are. And we kind of help discuss all that. So if you've got some experience, then that's, uh, that's pretty good stuff, man. Well, I was uh, I was the director at the Dallas conference in 2002, and then that's when I, and then the next year is when I got on the board, and I've been the director of the Blue Bonnet Brew Off, which is the largest single site homebrew competition. Yeah, I know uh, that one. Business. Yeah, uh, we, and of course, my wife and I—that's where we met. Uh, actually, planning the Blue Bonnet, uh, my wife Josanna, and uh, well, now there's some beer geek match made in heaven. Meet your wife at a beer competition. You're lucky there at the conference. You're saying? What are you saying? At the Blue Bonnet Brew Off, yeah, I met her when we, we were both on the committee and we were planning because she's a home brewer too. She started brewing beer to meet men. So wow, is that <laughs> really? You will meet men that way. I guess it worked. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, we go back every year because we're great folks down there, and we really, really, you know, we go back and we help work Friday night. And matter of fact, this year we're doing a, a pub crawl and calling it Dave's Dreaded Magical Mystery Pub Crawl and. They said, we can't guarantee you leave the lot, but we don't know where Dave's going to take you. So it's going to be a fun time. <laughs> nice. I, I'm still kind of hung up on that somebody actually met their wife. Are you sure your wife's not a dude? Yeah, so I actually proposed to her at the Dixie Cup. Okay. And then we got married at the Blue Bonnet. We actually, uh, we ended up getting married at church later on, but we went to the Justice of the Peace and, 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 and got married for, for uh, benefits purposes. You'll, you'll notice he didn't really answer the question. <laughs> <laughs> That's very cool. Uh, very cool. No, 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 you're not a dude. I guarantee you that. <laughs> okay. All right. No, my brother's a dude, but hey. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. Well, very cool. Uh, it sounds like you're pretty well qualified to be on the committee, and it, it definitely sounds like you got a passion for homebrewing. So those are two good requirements, man. Well, it, it's 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 something that I you know I love talking to home, I love talking to people about homebrew. I love to take somebody that is like a light beer drinker and give him like a southern brown. I mean, I had a really good friend of mine down in Texas that rolled up to our house 
we were doing some uh, um, with this yard work, and he rolled up and he goes, "What y'all doing? I really like what you're doing with your uh, your front yard." His name was Stacy Sanford. And I said, well, come on in. Let me give you a really good beer. And I gave him a home brew. Well, that was, um, I mean, after that, it was all over. Stacy started brewing with me. Some of my best times I remember brewing was with Stacy down there in Texas. We had the best time. So it was, just, you know, that's what I love about home brewing. You make a connection with somebody. Yeah. You, make lifelong, you make lifelong friends. And what you end up making is much better than what you can buy. I agree with you on all of those points, Dave. You're absolutely right. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, Dave Dixon, everybody, and uh, just like with Terry, you can go to homebrewersassociation.org, and as soon as they put up their profiles, you'll be able to read about them and some of the things we've talked about there and uh, and vote for Dave if you want to. So, Dave, hey, thanks I, thanks a lot. Can I, say, can I say one other thing? I'd like sure. To, uh, I, I have my son-in-law who actually just got into homebrewing. His name's Brad Bell. got into homebrewing two years ago. Everybody get, uh, be thinking about him and drink a beer and toast to him tonight. He's over in Afghanistan defending our country, so please think about him and uh, raise a glass for him. What's his name? name is Brad Bell. Today's his birthday, so raise a glass to Brad, please. Cheers, we Brad. will do that, yeah, Brad. Cheers, birthday. brother. Be safe over there. All right. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Appreciate the time. Thanks, Dave. Take there, care. Dave. All right. Dave Dixon and Terry Parker, two of your AHA candidates. There will be seven of them, um, and we'll be going through that. I think the uh, elections actually happen in end of February might even be March I think it's later than that yeah it's later than that even so you got some time so we got some time still to go through these guys yeah I think it's April 1 actually oh yeah well there you go who says April 1 fucking that idiot over there who who won't say 2012 I pronounce it correctly April 1 2000 (laughs) who said 1903 Lilo Dallas multipass April 1 (laughs) yes it's that 49ers scored by the way touchdown okay all right, here's what we're going to do. Okay. We're going to uh, take a break. Finish feedback. Oh. Uh, we'll finish feedback when you come back. We'll talk to Fal Allen from Anderson Valley Brewing Company and uh, a lot more. 888-401-BEER. Here's music from Forest Day, headlining Winterfest next weekend.
control over anything, I don't really care. I'm just watching it unfold. I'm watching it unfold, I'm watching it unfold. I'm watching it unfold, I'm watching it unfold. I'm watching it unfold, I'm watching it unfold. I'm watching it sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. Morebeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. Morebeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to morebeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of The Buzz, The Forum, The Learning Center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Nico, listen, our lawyers said that we had to do this for one hour, and after this, we don't have to talk to each other for three more months until the the next meeting. Come on, let's get out of here. I'm supposed to have more lines. I'm the professional. Hey, it's Sully. And I'm Nico. And we opened the 21st Amendment nine years ago at 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park, to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. That's right, cans. You can find our world-famous Heller High Watermelon Wheat Beer and Brew Free or Die IPA throughout California and Alaska. And now it's also available on draft at select accounts in the Bay Area. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in a can. Tasty Crack Cans. Tasty Crack Cans. 
sit down next to it, grab yourself a paper towel, and watch those yeast have sex. You're listening to the Guru Network. Brewing up our next batch of radio gold right now. Welcome back to the program. At the break, you heard Forrest Day. He's headlining Winter Brews Festival, which is next Saturday, January 28th. You can go to winterbrewsfestival.eventbrite.com and get your tickets right now. And uh, listen, if you're not coming for the beer, come for the bands because uh, yes. Forrest Badass. I'll be playing you some more music from him uh, as the show goes on, too, so you can hear it. And come for the food. And come for the food. It's going to be three very good vendors there. It's going to be awesome. Emergency barbecues back. I know that. Yes, sir. Uh, they come to all of our festivals, and everyone loves it. You can get a good tri-tip sandwich out of them and all kinds of good stuff. Emergency barbecue. We got uh, the hot dog cart. Best in show hot dogs. Oh, yeah? That's called. He has uh, awesome pulled pork sandwiches and great hot dogs. Oh. And, of course, naked Teresa with Teresa burritos and tacos. and Naked Teresa? Loop. Yes. Well, that's that the second part. Yeah, that's after. That's, that's the after party. It's the trailer. <clears throat> All right. Thanks to Terry Parker and Dave Dixon, your AHA candidates. You can go to homebrewersassociation.org and vote for them as soon as they get that page up there um, for the AHA Governing Committee, which is a fine body of people uh, over there in the AHA Governing Committee. All right, we got Fal Allen in the studio from Anderson Valley Brewing Company. And you might remember, now I thought we had Fal on like a couple of months ago. It seems <laughs> yeah, like it, it seems really like it seems like it. Moscow is the only one who pays any attention in this room, uh, and he informed me that it has been a year since we talked to you on the session. More. We're all a year older. But after that program, <laughs> right, after that program, we all kind of agreed that it was so much fun to, to interview Fal. It just was annoying with the dropouts and things like that. They really wanted to have him back in the studio. So, what do you? Was it like a three-hour drive down here for you? You made it tonight? Uh, yeah, about three hours, two and a half. Okay. You I, know, if it hadn't been raining, I could have done it in like an hour and a half. Oh, is that right? Oh, that's uh, not bad. It's, it's good. It's good that there. you did it though, since they don't have real phones in Boonville. Yeah, not really. No, no, I don't even live in Boonville. You know? Oh, you don't. They have phones in Boonville, but I live down in Navarro, uh, population sixty-seven. And, okay. Uh, they have no nothing. <laughs> yeah. Lucky to have electricity down there. <laughs> they have a runner. The guy runs to the phone in Boonville from Navarro <laughs> to make a phone call for you. Uh, so you were nice enough to come down to the studio. That way we can get some, uh, you know, uninterfered brewing information yes. out of Fal. 888-401-BEER is the number if you've got questions for him. Or you can hit the chat now button on our Brewing Network homepage. And uh, you can do it there. You can also see Fal on the webcam at justin.tv slash brewing network. And uh, check it out there. Yep. Yeah. Or if it's too much work, link right off our homepage. <clears throat> there you go. So, uh, just we'll go over just a, a quick history, and we, we did this a lot with you last time, Fal, but yeah. you've really been um, not only in the pro-brewing world, but in the in the home-brewing world for a long time. You just were telling me at the break, you started home-brewing in the 80s, right? Yeah, 85, I think. What got you started in home-brewing? Uh, you know, same story. Uh, for Christmas, I got a homebrew kit. You know, okay. My, yeah. my dad sent me, I think it was 100 bucks, and you could buy a homebrew kit back then for about 80 bucks. So I spent eighty bucks on uh, homebrew kit and twenty bucks on beer, mm. and uh, started brewing. Okay, and just went for, and then you've been hooked ever since. Yeah, I, you know, my first beer, uh, you know, Nate was saying his wasn't good. My first beer was awesome. My second beer and third beer and fourth beer sucked. You but know, that my was my experience. First beer was awesome. <laughs> yeah, 
I have the same thing. My first beer was, was actually pretty good, yeah. but after that, they were shit. Oh, they, oh terrible. <laughs> Undrinkable almost. Right. In fact, I'm not sure I've made a good one since then. Since yeah, I, I got better as time went you on. You persisted but, uh, despite the odds. Yeah. yeah, because the first one was so good, I kept thinking, well, if I did it once, I can yeah, do it again, right? It's easy. Yeah. Come on. I got to hooked. It <laughs> yeah. I started with something simple, though. Stout. You know, a lot of dark malt flavor to cover up all, oh, yeah. all our problems that uh, we had. I brewed with a friend of mine, a roommate, and... Uh, we both got hooked for a long time. Eventually, he got a real job, okay. married, and kids, and all that. And you you're, know, I, I you're still a deadbeat, deadbeat uh, yeah. brewer. Brewer. <laughs> well, how long did it take you before you got into pro brewing? When did you start? Uh, I started brewing at uh, Pike Place Brewing in '88, so about three years. Is that uh, Seattle? Yeah, up in Seattle. Okay. Must have been the real early days of the. Actually, of I started. Place. I'm sorry, I started Red Hook before that. I was. I started Red Hook in '88, and I started at uh, Pike Place in '90. Okay. Yeah, it was way back. Uh, yeah, really Red was. Hook was still located in that uh, transmission garage uh, where they started, you know, and it was just a dumpy little brewery. Okay. And, uh, Tranny brewery. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then their, their beers were all very, uh, I believe Michael Jackson called them Belgian-y. Oh, right. belgian Yeah. <laughs> Does that mean that they were infected? <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Yeah, yeah. Unexplainable yeah. phenol. Hey, right. Yeah. Polite. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, we just had Jen Tally on last uh, week, yeah, who's now Jen. gone full circle. She's over at Red Hook. She's at Red Hook now. That's awesome. Yeah. I love Jen. She's great. Yeah, she just and went over there. She was a very cool interview and was very forthcoming about the Red Hook beers because we all ha- have kind of a place in our beer history with Red Hook. I think all craft beer drinkers do. Yeah, a lot of them. You know, where it was just, it was a go-to beer for a little while, even though we all remember it now as a diacetyl-filled beer. But back then, I didn't know that. I thought it was a unique, buttery character yeah, that I yeah. love. Well, it know. was. Oh, I uh, loved it, yeah. too. Yeah. It was very. It is very unique, and, <laughs> and you loved it. And, and I did love it. There yeah. you go. <laughs> well, I hate uh, to be so outspoken here, but I, that, well, in Fal's absence at Anderson Valley, uh, I noticed some, uh, think the beers weren't quite uh, the same as when he was there. Well, yeah. Tasty, that's very nice of you to say. Well, I, I I'm a, not sure He's saying true. they're really? worse now. <laughs> you know, yeah. they're not the same. They're different. They're better. I mean, they got, I can see the difference, definitely. This Saison is incredible. Yeah, it's... Yeah, this yeah. Is what, yeah which, oh, which we you. just poured We're in. drinking Mokif Saison right now. Yeah, yeah right? that was a seasonal we did. Uh, we just finished up that one, and uh, the next Ballhorn in, uh, I think, a couple cans of our Liberzies Porter, um, an oatmeal porter. So, you know, we have this Ballhornin program where we try and... Uh, new ownership was very much behind this. In fact, it was completely his idea, although the brewers were all very enthusiastic, that we wanted every three or four months bring out something new, try something different. And so we've been making these beers, some of them a little more traditional like the Saison, and some of them a little more, you know, unusual like a, a oatmeal porter. Uh, we also did a, a pale ale, kind of a session IPA with lemongrass called We Geech. Interesting. Yeah, we're going to bring that one back because uh, all the brewers loved it. I'm not sure uh, everybody out in the world loved it, but we liked <laughs> it, so it's coming back. There you go. Uh, and all these names come from this uh, this Boonville speak. What's it called? Boontling. Boontling. Yeah. Boonhornin. Anderson Valley is very isolated valley. Even today, it's pretty isolated. Um, it's more saison. And yeah. it used to be so isolated, they developed their own language called Boontling. And it's a... Uh, we're not... I can say whatever I want right here. Oh, yeah. Say whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. So it's a language about fucking most You can't say that. Okay. Oh, shit. <laughs> Everything but yeah, you that. You are that. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, right. No. Well, you know, it was a language where you know, the people that were there were farmers and loggers and you know sheep herders, and yeah. they they weren't really. There was a tight community, and they didn't really like outsiders very much. They called them bright lighters, and so the language was developed mostly to talk about outsiders without them knowing. Uh-huh. So 
it's such a unique language, and it's actually a real Creole language. You know, it's it's the same as you know, uh, pidgin English or mm. uh, you know, pig Latin. Well, no, no Ibonics. Yeah. You're saying it has structure. It's yeah, not like it does. It's a random. Uh, yeah, linguists actually mm-hmm. refer to this, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. And it's so unique, they used it in World War One as a code language, just like they used Navajo in oh, World wow. War II. Oh, wow. Right? Yeah, because if you're not from the valley, you just can't understand mostly what people are saying. And there's some English words in there, but, you know, if somebody says, I'm going to pike down to the Dusties, <laughs> you're like, huh? gonna, Yeah, I don't know what that means. I'm going to get naked Slang about fucking is always a good code language. Well, <laughs> it, there are a few other things besides fucking. Um, <laughs> there are about... 20 words for fucking and a whole lot for masturbating, too. <laughs> well, it is an isolated town. Yeah, it's an isolated town. When you're a sheep herder, what are you going to do? Well, there's the other option, but there's no words for that. <laughs> right. <laughs> that just was not spoken of. No. Yeah, I wouldn't talk about that. Those are the what sheep herders no, helping that but sheep over What is fed. piking down to the dusty? Uh, that means you're, going, you're dying. You know, oh. you're going to pass away. He piked off to the dusties. Is, literally, a pike is to go or walk or, you know, travel, and the dusties is uh, the graveyard. So, oh, okay. piking off to the dusties is... You're it's done. over. Yeah. Yeah. Point, point being, it was evolved enough where you could have a code language based off yeah, of it, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So. I want to make Tasty a t shirt that says, Piking off to the dust. If you go on YouTube, there's some really uh, great boatling things. One of them is from some show they did in the 60s. Uh, and we've had the same deputy sheriff there since then. And there's really? This, uh, yeah. He's, is he uh, in his 90s now? Oh, that's interesting. No, no. He's, he's probably in his 60s now. Hmm. He is one tough dude. I, I have a Keith story. Uh, hopefully Keith won't be listening. Um, <laughs> right. no, nobody listens. Yeah. He's retiring soon. Uh, but Keith has is notoriously uh, badass. And uh, when I first moved there, we had a guy camping on the front of our property. Got twenty eight acres. And uh, the old owner Ken came up to me one day and he said, "Remember all those jobs that I didn't want to do that you're going to have to do?" <laughs> I was like, uh, "Yeah." <laughs> he said, "You got to go remove Shitter Joe." And we called him Shitter Joe because he lived on the front of our property and saw his digging a shit up there. <laughs> And wow. <laughs> so I called I called Shoot. the I called the deputy sheriff Keith and I said, Hey Keith, this is Fal from the brewery. He's like, Oh yeah. <laughs> I said, uh, so you know the guy Joe? He's like, Yeah, we're familiar with Joe. <laughs> He's got a record. I was like, Oh great. Uh so you can have him removed from our property, right? He's like, I don't know. Why don't you just do what I do? And there was a pause and I said, uh, yeah. what would you do, Keith? Yeah. He said, Well you get a couple guys. You get Joe, you put him in a car. You drive him halfway to Ukiah, which is about 30 miles away, yeah. and you put him out of the car. And you say, Joe, that way is Ukiah, that way is Boonville. If you come back to Boonville, I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> and if he gives any shit about it, just kick his ass right there. Right. And I was like, okay, thanks, yeah. Keith. And I hung up thinking, yeah, I'm a bright lighter. I'm new to the valley. It's a, it's a joke, right? It's a joke. <laughs> so I run into Keith a couple weeks later, and he, I say, come on, Keith. You know, come on, help me out with Joe. All you got to do is drive him to Ukiah, and, you know. And he's like, I'm serious here. You don't get it. If I pick Joe up, nobody wins here. I'm out of the valley for the whole day. Right. Nobody's here to take care of business. Uh, Joe gets a record. He goes to jail. I got to fill out paperwork. I don't like paperwork. Just put him in the car, drive him halfway over there. <laughs> yeah. But search him first, because if he's behind you, you don't want a shank in the neck or something. Or uh, a turd in the neck or whatever yeah, he is. Well, we, we, our solution, Joe. Yeah, the solution to Shitter Joe, uh, the old boss decided the, sh- the solution would be to hire him. Wow. Oh, to do go. what? I don't know. We, we then had to fire him, and then we hired him, and then we fired him. And on the third go-around after Ken hired him for the third time, I was like, dude, you know if you hire him back, I will not fire him again. <laughs> Three, I'd done it three times. Yeah. But he hired him anyway. He sounds like a brewer. 
<laughs> just made him a brewer. Yeah, well, you guys should. run around at different Shitter breweries. Joe it's the like, brewer. Like, come and go and blah. Like, Joe, don't take a dump in the mash tun. Everything yeah. else? <laughs> we, we kept him mostly outside and, you know, groundskeeping. Ah. Uh, He's an outdoors guy. Right. He sounds like an outdoors yes. guy. Look, I need to take a shit. You know, there's a toilet right there. I don't know what that is. <laughs> uh, so now this Saison that we're drinking here. Okay, uh, back to beer. Out of a can. Yes, yeah. You we're, guys are doing uh, a lot of this now. A lot of canning. We were really uh, surprised when uh, the new owner took over, Trey White, uh, took over about two years ago now. Sounds like a We had a canning movie. line. And it hadn't been used a whole lot. And we didn't use it for the first uh, few months that he was there. So, we all were kind of skeptical, you know, beer, craft beer in a can. And we had it, so we did it. We, you know, we started off with a boot, put it in the can. Uh, we tried out the pale ale. Uh, didn't do as well commercially uh, as the boot. The boot kind of took off. Hmm. So, we put the IPA in. And the IPA has been on fire. Really? Nice. So, we did the b- summer and winter solstice, both in cans. And now, we do the stout in cans. We're doing that for a St. Patrick's Day kind of period. Uh, it's got a great new green can. Did, do we get any of those out? I think I brought some. I brought a couple cans. And now we also do all our seasonal, not the seasonal, but we when we have to do sales samples, we put those in cans wow. because it's so much easier to do and so much better for the beer. You know, no light gets in a can. Yeah. Uh, less oxygen ends up in the can. Uh, they're lighter, so they're cheaper for the cans to come to us. Uh, they're lighter, so they're cheaper to ship away, so we can actually trim the price down a little bit because wow. shipping is less. Uh, there's no packaging, no secondary packaging. There's no six-pack. There's no mother carton. There's no cap. There's no label. You know, they, they're they self-contained. They're also the most recycled beverage container in the world. Yeah. yeah. So they're environmentally cool. They're good for the environment. Uh, they're good for the beer. And uh, they're good for the consumer because the price is lower. So we love them. Yeah. Uh, if we didn't, if the beer wasn't better, we would not we would have not used it. Right. Well, that makes a lot of sense, and all of those advantages you talk about are, are really things that Big Beer has known for years. I mean, they yeah. didn't accidentally choose the can as, as you know, their package, so it does make a lot of sense. Now, of the beers that you mentioned, you said that the pale ale didn't do so hot in sales-wise in the can, and I wonder if it's a, a like some of your, your cans have bright colors, like your purple IPA. I know the Boont is orange. Yep. Or was it the beer just didn't uh, taste as good in the can? What do you? I think it tastes as good or better in the can. Okay. Um, I think the problem was we did, we never, the sales were so uh, slow for the pale ale all around, even in bottles. Uh, we don't do a whole lot of it. I think it's a great beer, but because Sierra Nevada is known for the pale ale, and someone says pale ale, you say Sierra Nevada. Yeah. So... In general, that beer has a little trouble that way. I think it's a great beer. It doesn't sell real well in general for us. Not a bad seller, but not a great seller. And then when we put it in the can, it just didn't take off. Like, you know, the IPA just exploded. Okay. So I think it's, you know, a couple different things. But uh, we still do it in the can once in a while. All right. So not only are you, uh, you know, changing your existing beers, I know, but you're putting out a lot of of new beers since you've come on, or since the new owners, I should say, too. Yeah, we are. And, you know, we're not changing... the new beer, the old beers, in any substantial way, you know, it's kind of a misnomer that a lot of people think that you know, oh, so and so bought the brewery and changed the recipe, or okay. they got a new brewer and he changed all the recipes. That may in fact happen. I, you know, I can't speak to other people's breweries, but recipes change every year because they're made with agricultural products. Mm-hmm. You know, the malt changes, so you may have to change the malt you're using right. if there's more or less protein, or if there's more or less extract from that malt. The hops change every year, so you have to use more or less of them, or sometimes a different variety that will substitute for that. 
So the recipes are always in flux. We try and keep the flavor profile as consistent as we can. But on top of that, you know, with these changing recipes, what we try and do is always make the beer better. So, yeah, it's always changing, but it should always be changing for the better. Sure. Uh, a few years ago, we didn't have a yeast brink. We just pitched cone <laughs> to cone, you know, from the bottom of one fermenter cone to the you know bottom of the sure. next one to get it started. We don't do that anymore because we found that if we bought another tank and harvested the yeast every Monday and pitched it out all week long, we had more consistent beer. Beer was better. It was more consistent. I Flavors see. were more consistent mm. and nicer. So there's a change, but it's a change for the better. So we're always working to figure out how to change the beer, how to make it a little better, you know, how we can tweak it to improve it, you know, give it better shelf life maybe. Uh, we're putting in a converting our louder ton to a mash ton, and we hope that that'll reduce a lot of the hot side aeration, give our beer a little more product stability and shelf life. Okay. So we're always working on changes. Yeah. You know, uh, just to get into the hot side aeration for a minute, if we can, we had uh, Charlie Bamforth on the show oh, nice. to talk about that, who, of course, says that it exists, that it is a thing that happens, but his opinion, his overall, if I could summarize it, was that it's really the last thing a brewery should work uh, should should worry about in terms of packaging. Get everything else right, because that's the thing that's going to affect it the least in terms of shelf life. What do you think of that? I think he's absolutely correct. You know, if you are Budweiser uh, or, you know, Miller Coors SAB and you have an awesome packaging line that's doing hundreds or thousands of cans or bottles a minute and your O2 levels are so low they're, you know, hardly measurable, Mm. yeah, fine, yeah, then you should worry about your hot side aeration because that's going to make your beer a little more stable. And beer that light needs to be more stable. But when you're making craft beer, A... It's usually bigger, more colored beer, and the color components are oxygen receivers and help with stability. On top of that, you know, most of us, Anderson Valley included, don't have the best packaging equipment in the world. Yeah. So, you know, I'm much more concerned about how I'm going to reduce the amount of air in our package to get our beer fresher than I am about hot side aeration, Mm -hmm. because we're talking, you know, a difference you know and you know by thousands probably literally you know tiny tiny percentage runs over from your brew house to the package beer but in your package beer with the fillers that most of us use you know you can oxidize your beer quite easily yeah to major you know and as beer fans we've all had those beers come off of a commercial line you know we've tasted them yeah (laughs) not yours in particular but you but you know that's we we all have and it's only those of us who uh, at least will can respect the process a little more. In other words, we spend every week talking about it. That give you guys the leeway. We go, well, listen, I know this beer was good a month ago. so But the new guy might not give you any of that leeway, right? He may never drink your beer again. Yeah, that's true, and that's really sad. And it it's just the nature of the beast. You know, you, even if you take a Budweiser, and I, I go back to them because they're probably the most consistent, you know, brewery on the planet. Oh, yeah. Um, they make their, you know, and SAB Miller, of course, also, you know, they make great beer. And when I say great, I'm talking about technically great. They're, yeah. they're, they're you know. meeting their goals. Yeah. yeah, they're absolutely meeting their goals. So these guys are kind of the benchmark if you're talking about that kind of thing. And, you know, you look at them and their beer's not always perfect either. They 
have a very aggressive buyback program, which I think is awesome. Um, so the guys, their reps go out in the market, they see an old beer, they literally buy it right out of the shelf <laughs> and take it with them and get reimbursed. You know, craft brewers can't afford to do that. We can't afford the best equipment to bottle it or can it. We can't afford a buyback program. And we don't have the same control over our distributors. So, you know, we send our beer out to, I don't know, pick a state. And I'm not going to pick on any states, but let's say Minnesota. Okay. Yeah. Why not? And it's nice cold there most of the year. Uh, but, you know, you, you put it, your beer on a truck, and hopefully that truck's refrigerated, and it gets out to the distributor. And because it's cold in Minnesota, maybe they don't refrigerate their warehouse during the summer. Mm-hmm. And if it gets there in May and it gets sold in September, that, you know, it's been three or four months in really hot conditions. Yeah. That beer's not going to be that great. I don't care if it's Budweiser or Anderson Valley or whoever, you know, so... We don't have control to force our distributor to take better care of our beer sometimes. We try, no doubt. He can ask. Yeah, we ask. Or we can insist that they have climate-controlled or, you know, coolers. But a lot of them will tell you, oh, yeah, yeah, I will do that. And then you go to visit the distributorship. And, <laughs> right. Yeah, so you're like, hey, why somewhere. are our kegs out there? And those yeah. are dated from four months ago. Well, the right. roof is Ouch. the only place that we had space. Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. the product rotation. There's a lot of things that go into it that I think a lot of consumers, when they have a bad beer or a bad whatever... They don't take into account, and uh, well, it's easier to blame you. Yeah, I know. You know, <laughs> as well they should. <laughs> yeah. uh, but you know, that happens to any product, and it's too bad that it does. And I wish everybody could have fresh beer. Yeah. Well, I sense your frustration. I mean, it's got to be you know, like really uh, annoying to make a really good product, send it out, and then have it fail at the last you know segment of the distribution. Yeah, and we're pretty good about uh, people send us a lot of feedback, uh, write us, call us, send us emails. Uh, and we're pretty good about responding to every one of them and addressing them if we can. And we're very, we have a very serious lab program and a serious library of beers. Our lab guy is awesome, awesome, uh, Andy Hooper. He's just a great guy. He's really on top of the ball. And whenever we get you know a complaint, Andy's able to go pick up a book, open it up, tell us all kinds of details about you know what what happened to that beer. Oh, this is when it was kegged. Uh-huh. Oh, we ran, you know, 12 ounce that day as well as kegging. You know, these are the things. Here are the tests we did on this beer. Didn't show any problems going out. So, you know, it could be a bottle variation where, you know, one bottle didn't get clean or the cap didn't go on right or, you know, whatever. But, you know, he has meticulous notes. So we're able to get some pretty good idea of what happens to the beer out there. So when a consumer raises a flag, you you've got you can actually use that information. To- yeah. And consumers have been awesome. About sending us information, you know, our, our bottles and cans are code dated, and actually our cans aren't. Our bottles are code dated, and you know they'll read off the code and send it back and tell us where they got it. And the consumers have been really nice about that. So, you know, it's a two way street, and we really appreciate you know. And by really nice, that. you mean we love to bitch and tell you when the beer sucks. <laughs> <laughs> we, you know, we get our fair share of folks writing and saying it's good too. Right. Okay. Uh, now, speaking of, of of giving you some feedback, uh, this oatmeal stout's pretty oh, rad. Really good. It, it is. is. That's that's the Thank oatmeal you. stout that I built my oatmeal stout on. Oh, is that right? I, I oh, nice. friggin' love that oatmeal so stout, good. and it's actually the first beer that I've ever gone after to try to make something similar to. I made a, a lower alcohol version. Okay. Because I'm a big pussy. Yeah, you are. Um, what, what's that supposed to mean? Mm. But uh, uh, it, it, it's a fantastic beer, and, and it, it just it 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 flabbergasts me. I can't figure it out. But um, 
I don't know. Anyway, that's like the first beer that I've ever built a recipe around. I think it kind of it's introduced beer. the American craft beer drinker to what an oatmeal style was when it kind of hit the market, yeah. too, you know, and still remains one of the classic styles for the BJCP guidelines and, and things well, like that, right? Right. And you, I mean, it's that and it's, uh, you know, Shakespeare stout. Yes, exactly. Uh, I love, I love, that was my first craft beer ever and I, and I loved it. And, and, and that beer and then this one are just, I, I can't say anything about them. What did you do to make it lower alcohol? Uh, oh God! Just uh, drop the malt down, basically. Drop it's already malt down. So, bit. Fal, this is the same yeast used in Boone Amber and the other beers at at Anderson Valley, of course. Right. We run two full time yeasts: okay. um, our ale yeast mm-hmm. and our Belgian style yeast. Uh, we are adding more all the time. I think right now we're running three yeasts. We've uh, found that our regular ale yeast that does the Boone Amber and uh, some of the higher gravity beers doesn't like getting over seven percent right alcohol and it gets all finicky. So we're doing some experiments with uh, with some of our higher alcohol, like the barley wine this year will be brewed with a different yeast, different English yeast, uh, just to see what it's like. I don't think we'll ever ever do it for you know the Boont Amber or the ESB or the Pale. Why mess with the good thing? Right? Yeah, and yeah. That, we like that yeast. It does a really good job. I think it makes really nice beer at that alcohol level. But it is a concern for some of our, our bigger beers that we do, the specialty stuff. So um, we'll experiment and see. You never know. Like it, I said, it's always changing. I remember correctly from the Can You Brew It show, we did the, the Boont Amber on there, of course. You yeah. talked about the origin of the yeast that you guys use for most of the beers in your beer program, and it was somewhat nebulous where it was really from, but it was kind of maybe closely related to WLPO2 or the Fuller strain. I deny any 1968. Do <laughs> <laughs> so you think it behaves you know, a little bit similar to give the homebrewers a kind of a hint of what they might no, expect? No, I don't. No? You know, you know it's totally that, different? That's the story that it came from Fuller's, but I, I don't buy it. You know, I, I worked with the yeast up at Pike Place that they supposedly got from Fuller's too, and they're just two completely different yeasts. They taste similar. But their behavior is very different, so I don't know. It it's hard to say. Maybe not. Isn't yeah. that is can't is isn't that to be expected though? Just as yeast uh, mutates and evolves over time, it very well could have been a Fuller's yeast and mutated into something completely different. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And there's new studies in genetics that talk about even within individuals that the expression of uh, your genes can be completely different as well. English um, yeast strains in particular seem like they may be susceptible to that. Yeah, you know? and I think the original Fuller's was a triploid. There were actually three different variations on one very closely related yeast and they intentionally kept that around for a long time hmm. so at pike place we just looped out one of those three right and um i have no idea what they did at uh, anderson valley okay. records are lost right. or burned or eaten <laughs> or all three <laughs> or joe did someone something. ate the ass or joe wiped his ass with him or joe something, the you know? shitter yeah. Yeah. The, yeah shitter joe i just point out joe doesn't work there anymore just, just say we need we need we need nicknames like that. Yeah, we do. Instead of just like Tasty and JP and, no. and Moscow, we need like uh, no. you know I don't know Nate the Pisser. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think I'm doing under this desk? <laughs> so for this oatmeal stout, um, what's a, the fermentation temperature range on this? Because I, I pick up a, a really it's it's mild, but it's a really nice kind of a fruity character to it. Um, is this called stylistically? Is this a sweet stout? No, I don't think so. Okay. It doesn't have a lot of hops in there, some, okay. but not a lot, not a huge amount. Um, it's pretty traditionally, you know, British oatmeal stout. Um, gravity, relatively low. The alcohol is 5 point, and the can probably says 5.8, 5.5. 5. It's in, you know, the high fives. 5.8, five, yeah. So, you know, it's not incredibly strong. Um, 
This, ah, you were asking about the fermentation yeast, yeah, temp, temperature. Yeah. It was it's about sixty eight. Okay, we try and keep it in that area, sixty eight, sixty nine, um, and that's one of those things about the Pike Place yeast. At least in my day, didn't like to be that cold. Even it liked seventy and up. Wow. Mm. And uh, our yeast is perfectly fine. The Anderson Valley yeast, uh, sixty eight and down. You know, even down to sixty four and sixty two. Sometimes it always surprises me. Um, so that's one of the differences. But yeah, we we keep it sixty eight. Okay, it's pretty cool. Even I've uh, just listening to Jamil for so many years previously, not not even not necessarily recently, but when I used to do all the Jamil shows. <laughs> no, and listen to him recently. Well, sixty eight degrees was like the way the very top end of yes. anything. I'm afraid of yeah. it. I'm a sixty six degrees for almost everything guy, exactly. and it comes from listening to that. That I think that there were certain times where he would it, he wasn't against it. He just would say, "Look, even if you get up to sixty eight, you are going to encourage these these fruity or flavors." Which in this beer, I really enjoy it. That's what I meant. It's yeah. it's on the lower end of those esters to me. Um, Just a touch of that complexity is really nice. It lends to yeah. all that, you know, the mouthfeel of the oats and the darkness of the malts and the roastiness that's there. And it's kind of fun to pitch low on those kind of yeasts and bring them up, too. I think you get yeah. a little bit of that over time, but not necessarily in an aggressive way at the beginning. If you pitch it like maybe 63 or 64 degrees Fahrenheit with this type of yeast and let mm. it rise up to 68, but not maybe beyond that got it that sort of thing do you think that would maybe work for an english strain like this father you know i would think so but again each strain is different again the pike place east 68 it hated it you know right uh we'd be lucky if the fermentation finished but other yeasts are different um when i was in singapore i i was reading phil markowski's book and phil was like just let it go you know <laughs> and i was like really so <laughs> i brewed a saison and uh, I just let it go. Of course, just letting it go in Singapore is different than just letting it go in Nebraska <laughs> in the winter. Uh, it hit it hit ninety two probably, wow. and uh, it tasted a lot like dirt for a long time. Wow. Eventually, yeah. those yeah yeah not good. Uh, eventually, those flavors worked themselves out, but it was it was pretty undrinkable for the first month or two. Wow. Um, so, although I respect Phil an enormous amount. Um, and like him, he never brewed in Singapore. Uh, I definitely <laughs> do not just let it go if your house is really hot or right, if your right. brewery is really hot. Uh, I think that beer, that yeast that I had used for that fermentation would have been fine at like 85 or 86, but I think once it got up above 88, it just went that's, a little crazy. That's hot. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty warm. So with the Saison that you brewed that we tasted earlier, did you let that get warmer than your other Belgian strains? Um, or about the same? This particular one was brewed with several different yeast. Uh, we let each of them get warmer. We didn't. We I don't think we broke seventy six. I think we ran. You know, started at seventy and let it run up some. I don't think we ever got that high. I think seventy four is where it, it topped out. And we intentionally, you know, we kept it down a little bit because we didn't want it to be a little, you know, crazy ester bomb. And you know, I think this beer is quite subtle and nice. It's not over the top. Um, and that's kind of what we were aiming for. So you we added, didn't let it go crazy. You added spices to it as well. You didn't want those to, the esters to overwhelm those yeah. as well, right? Yeah. It's lightly spiced. Um, we used star anise, coriander, and ginger. Is that well, common ginger. for an oatmeal stout? Is it spices are common? Oh, no, no, no. The, 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 the saison. Saison. Yeah. God, Scott. Why don't you read a book or something? It's, no, it is. It can be oatmeal. common, especially for American interpretation of Saison, to have a bit of spices added to it, for sure, though, Scott. Yeah. yeah. Although a ginger and sure. oatmeal stout might not be that bad. Yeah, ginger true, actually, actually works it could really be good cool. in beer. I'm really yeah. surprised. Yeah. When we, used properly. 
Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. You yeah. can't overdo it. Yeah. I did have a quick, before we move uh, too far away from your oatmeal stat, I had a question come through from uh, Copper Apple in the chat room who wants to know what hops you used for this stout. Are we allowed to give that? Uh, if you if I knew what they were, yeah. Oh, uh, they, <laughs> right. What would have, they be if you um, were to do it again? Uh, uh, they can email me, and I'll I'll answer that. Okay. Um, I don't know off the top of my head. Again, our recipes, you know, do change some. Uh, it's pretty lowly hop, and my email address is easy. Fallen uh, at avbc like Anderson Valley Brewing Company dot okay. com. So uh, anybody who wants to email me a question, please feel free. Fallen avbc dot com. Perfect. There you go. Uh, another question came through just when we were back to talking about cans, and I think you mentioned it briefly, but uh, one of our chatters asks, uh, I'd like to know how they hold up uh, with aging. Can I sell her, say, a Russian Imperial Stout can for five years and expect it to hold up just as good as a bottle? Hmm. Good question. I don't know anybody who's done that, so uh, I couldn't give you a definitive answer. Uh, you know, all aluminum cans now, whether it be beans or beer, uh, has a plastic lining in there there's some debate as to whether you know if you ate a thousand pounds of that casting plastic lining if it'd be bad for you um so 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 far most of the evidence is very inconclusive right but they are lined with plastic so it should hold up fairly well but i don't think anything is going to hold up as good as glass i see glass is completely inert and uh if i was aging beer myself I'd do it in a larger format bottle than a can would be, and I'd do it in glass. Okay. And go ahead, Nicole. I, I've, I've always been interested about breweries that choose to use cans just because there's a couple of other issues. Aren't, aren't the liners usually made of BPA, which is kind of controversial and illegal in some places, right? Illegal? Yeah. San Francisco banned it. What? Yeah. No, San Francisco bans everything. They can't though. ban it. Yeah. They you ban know, it in baby toys. They ban well, yeah, sitting baby on the ground, too. Uh, it's true that it is, it is controversial, but, you know, it's controversial controversial in the same way that you know uh chemtrails from our jets going overhead and oh. uh smart meters it's that kind of controversy. san francisco no, banned those two bpa is a serious hormone disruptor i mean there's some there's some real concern there but in in large amounts in in babies uh is what i've read you know i'm okay. not claiming to be an expert but what i've read is that in large amounts in babies like baby toys they teeth on a lot uh but if you think about it Again, it's in every single can. Yeah. That means if you go out to eat in a restaurant, oh, yeah. that food came from a can. You know, a lot of those you know things are come out of cans, sauces, unless beans, you go to Chili's, right. ranch dressing. Yeah. Hence your comments yeah, yeah, about eating a thousand pounds of it. My mother actually so, fed me BPA just just right out of a bag. And, uh, I turned I, out fine. Is that why you have I nice man boobs? Was, yeah. was it government issued BPA? I think it was the lead paint that got you. I, tr- I get a little emotional sometimes, but other than that, I turned out fine. Would <laughs> I mean, you have to have your smoothie? <laughs> yes, I have to cry and have a smoothie. I think but, if there was a real problem with it, we'd we'd have seen more right. more evidence by now. The other consideration, though, is I've heard uh, some. Some brewers complain about, uh, you know, the makers of the cans will say things like, yeah, this doesn't affect flavor at all, but we're working on new liner technology. Um, so do you think it, it uh, affects your hop flavor, your hop aroma, specifically uh, the oils from the hops? Do you think those get absorbed into the can liner a little bit and change the flavor? I know you probably aren't allowed to answer that. So no, I, I can, even be asked. We don't, we don't have rules uh, about those sorts of things. I don't, we don't know. I don't, there's no good evidence. Um, in my experience, uh, the beer out of the can, and I... I wasn't for cans when I first started there. I thought, really, cans? Come on. And I did side-by-side tasting, you know, bottle versus can that we do on the same product, same day, uh, over a lot of months. And in my opinion, I got to say that the can is better 
tasting. Hmm. And I think there's wow. just la- less air in there and less light. And those two things, you know, beer doesn't like those. So I don't know, you know, and I do believe that you're right. Uh, it's called BPA. Yeah. Uh, there, there needs to be more study done. And I know that can manufacturers are looking at different linings because, you know, whether it's actually a problem or not, there's a perception that it's a problem. So they want right. to find another liner. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but... Uh, the reason, one of the reasons they put the lining is because in was because of aluminotoxicity, which now turns out not to be linked to Alzheimer's at all. Oh, so we all thought it was, and we thought eating aluminum would be bad for you, or having things in aluminum cans. Yeah, would I was be always. I you. used to use it as a screen on top of my bong. I was always worried about that. Yeah, well, <laughs> no worries. Dude. Yeah, sweet. <laughs> it, it, it's much more likely the marijuana will make you forget things than the Alzheimer the, right. the aluminum from. Yeah, what's but you that? get bad Wait, flavor yeah, from straight aluminum, it. too. Yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah. that's another. You know, tin, yeah. tin cans, before aluminum, there were tin, uh, both beer cans and food cans. Yeah. And so the liner protects, you know, the flavors in that way. I, you know, But if you have shitty weed, you won't taste the tin. <laughs> yeah, if you're really stoned, then what does it matter? <laughs> that's right. These beans out of the can are awesome. <laughs> I'm going to call this strain metalhead, bro. <laughs> I don't get it, but shit. Kind of metallic. Uh, kind of metallic. You, kind of you guys have it. a lab that's testing both the bottle and can product. And you do probably some side-by-side comparison for dissolved oxygen as well as flavor things, too, I'm sure. Yeah. We, we test a lot uh, all the time. And we keep pretty good notes. Again, our, our lab guys, uh, Christian and Andy, are awesome. And so, yeah, we do a lot of testing. And we do cans and bottles. Um, our errors are relatively high coming out of packaging for our, you know, what we'd like to see, mm. but we don't have a, you know, a four million dollar Crohn's filling machine. Mm. And when we do, I can tell you, our airs will be really freaking low. <laughs> but for now, you know, we, we've got we got what we got, and they're a little high, but we test them all the time. We keep tweaking our machines to, you know, get them a little bit lower. It's so, cool to have a lab to be able to do that. A lot oh, of craft yeah. brewers don't even know. So you know, every craft brewer. In fact, every home brewer should know something about, you know, any serious home brewer, should know something about lab work and be able to do some very, very simple stuff. You don't need a lot to do it. Um, and if you're in, if you're a professional brewer and not doing any lab work, you're crazy. Mm. I mean, it's just... You're either getting really lucky or your beer's not that great. Well, yeah. Or you can make it That's, better. Yeah. I think that. I mean, I kind of say that as a joke, but I yeah. really kind of mean it. I think you can get lucky for a little while, just like yeah. us home brewers yep. do. But it's not going to last too long. The, you know, I used to say there's two types of breweries, those who, you know, have had an infection and learned and those who are going to. And it's pretty true. Mm. Um, it's not just getting an infection, which is, for a professional brewer, catastrophic. But by doing lab work, counting your yeast cells, knowing what's going on, looking at the vitality and the viability of your yeast, that's so important to how your fermentation is going to behave and how, you, you know, whether you can use that yeast again or use it for that batch of beer. That's an incredibly important thing. Is at home brewers, because you're getting, like, if you're not reusing your yeast, it's less important because you're getting a packet, you read the date, the packet's fresh, you're good to go. Yeah. Yeah. Make a starter. Re- you get a certain amount of repeat- repeatability because yeah. you know what you're starting with. And a professional brewery, you got to do a lab work to know what you're going to be pitching. Exactly. And it's, if you're a serious home brewer, you know, and you're brewing a lot, you don't want to buy a fresh packet every time. And if you reuse your yeast, you're going to get better fermentations anyway. So you need to start looking at your yeast. But all you need is a cheap microscope. Pick them up at university or high school, you know, sales when they're getting rid of their lab equipment. Doesn't have to be fancy. A hemocytometer, about 25, 50 bucks, somewhere in there, depending on what kind you get. And uh, you're good to go. 
What does the hemocytometer yeah. do for you can pe- count people out like me? Cites hemos, dude. Mm. Count, you Hello? Count, count yeast cells, ah. and then you buy a little methylene blue. Yeah. You can stain those, see which ones are healthy or not healthy. Okay. Um, so, you know, you're getting a cell count. You're getting to look at your yeast, which is really cool, uh, on top of very informative, because, you know, it's cool to see the yeah. things that make make the alcohol. Yeah, you can see yeah, those right. that you can see those that have had sex. Those you know, are your buddies. Like, yeah. Guys yeah. have a smile on their faces. Yeah. 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 You, you know, know yeah. you're a man whore. They're like me, they're very deeply scarred. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You toke up on that bong, you can spend hours looking at that microscope. I was wondering why Tasty's beers are so good. He's <laughs> <laughs> on that microscope, man. <laughs> All right, I, I got to get us to a break, but uh, just to wrap up the can topic before we go, here's a good question that came through from the chat. Um Nate Beer wrote in, uh, can, I, can I ask if, if you've ever done a natural carbonation in a can? Not possible with, uh, well, I suppose it would be possible. Um, no, we haven't, is yeah. the short answer. No, yeah. we haven't. I don't think um, anybody has. We've but. talked about experimenting with it, but... Um, What's the worry? Uh, it's difficult. Bottle conditioning, can conditioning, uh, cast conditioning. All those things are very difficult. They're very finicky mm-hmm. um we do a little bit of cast conditioned beer for some accounts um hmm. i that's you know someone was asking what i do at the brewery actually i'm the one who does the cast conditioning at the brewery mm. we don't do much of it i must say um it's great you don't but, have to do much yeah i, I do other things uh, <laughs> i think but, i want to be in charge of cask for the brewing network <laughs> yeah. but you know it's, it's just hard to do you I mean you got to hit you got to get the beer at the right time you got to get the right cell count you know of yeast in there you got to put the right amount of sugar in there hmm. and then you know you got to make sure that that keg, can, or bottle sits at the right temperature for some period of time to develop carbonation. Yeah. So, you know, I give kudos to folks that actually do it. I think Brooklyn Brewing, I saw a Brooklyn Brewing shirt over there, uh, Nate's got on. And uh, I give kudos to folks that really do it because it's damn hard. Uh, Sierra Nevada does it a little differently. It's still hard, mm-hmm. um, not as hard because they take semi-carbonated beer and, and bottle condition it. Okay. Uh, so it's your, your rate of... Uh, failure is the wrong word, but you know their rate of n- inconsistent beer is a lot lower because they're, they're doing it, and I think that's a smart way to do it too. It's sure. a good way, but but there's no guys, particular uh, concern over the cans or the bottles. It's the same difficulty either way. Yeah, I think so. And I, the pressure—it so. it seems like if you're worried about pressure in a bottle, you're worried about pressure in the can. Again, that's yeah. not different. Yeah, cans can take plenty of pressure. You know, cans are so thin, though they do. Uh, you do have a tendency to rupture if they rub together or something. So uh, I, could, yeah. I could foresee the can taking even too much pressure so that when someone goes to open it, they get nothing because everything just spews yeah, out of there, spews right? out. That happens in homebrewing. Uh, hopefully not. You know, <laughs> yes, it you does. you got to be careful with the, the bottle and can conditioning. So, yeah. All right. Let's do this. Uh, we'll take a, a quick break, and, and when we come back, we'll talk more with Fal. He's got some experimental programs going on over at Anderson Valley. Uh, I think some of them weren't even intended to be experimental. They just ended up that way. So that'll be fun stuff to talk about. 888-401-BEER if you have questions. Uh, this is more music from our headliner at Winterfest. You can go to winterbrewsfestival.eventbrite.com and get tickets right now. This is Forest Day. song's called Assholes, and it's about working for them. Got fired trying to work for assholes. It'll last it a little bit longer, I would have quit. But it's 
weeks till Christmas and I'm gonna buy my girlfriend a gift. Oh well, oh well, it's from the better I can tell, I can tell, I can tell. I guess I don't respond well the middle management. Most of the damage violence sort of matches with the grudge against anyone like me who won't put up with an attitude. Monkeys pinching pennies telling me what to do. I'm tired of working for assholes, I'm tired of working for assholes, I'm tired of working for assholes. I'm tired of working for assholes, I'm tired of working for assholes, I'm tired of working for assholes. I could understand a little better if you're up in Trump Tower, but you're turning into monsters for ten bucks an hour. You're cowards. Like monkeys with whips, I make a buck less than you when you want me to do backflips. Nah, you're mistaken. Gotta bring home the bacon, but it's not worth the shit that I'm taking. The smiles you're faking. I'm sure I have my price, but it's more than nine seventy-five. Oh, got tired. Every day was the same. You can put me in a room on the beach No fee, no fee Just food and gasoline, gasoline, gasoline Just gotta hop a couple hurdles that can make it hard A smog check, insurance register my car I know I'll just put it on a credit card Get a job, make minimum payments till the two were start I'm tired of working for assholes 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 Oh Freedom at last, I got a pack of cigarettes, a 12 pack of pants, and I'm set with the materials I need to forget. I told my girlfriend the news and she isn't even upset, she's the best, bless her little soul. When she gets home, dinner's ready and I'll pack her a bowl, I'll pack my lady a bowl. vial of White Labs yeast is the key to your best beer. When you open a vial of White Labs yeast, you're giving your beer its best chance for a perfect fermentation. In addition to their already incredible variety of yeasts, White Labs is proud to announce WLP 90, San Diego's super yeast, now available year-round. WLP 90 is super clean, super fast fermenting, with low esters and has a neutral flavor and aroma profile. It's alcohol tolerant and highly flocculent. For more of the latest White Labs news, click over to whitelabs.com, where you can read reviews of yeast, learn in the lab section, and join the customer club. And if you should find yourself in San Diego, White Labs has a brand new training facility for craft brewers and home brewers alike. Whitelabs.com. Discover yeast. 
nutrients, enzymes, and more for commercial breweries, home brewers, and homebrew stores. White Labs. It's all in the vial. And now, Northern Brewer presents What If Homebrewers Ruled the World? Ladies and gentlemen, if you'll follow me, I will lead you into the gallery area. Now, the first piece up for sale today is a Jamil Zena Chef original, a bottle of 1997 vintage Evil Twin. Oh, I see. A bidding for this one-of-a-kind piece will start at 7,000 pounds. And if you'll continue to follow me, ladies and gentlemen, I can sell you a rather abstract piece from Bay Area brewer Justin Crossley. It's a German Doppelbach entitled Justin's Giant Bach. The brewer's notes here indicate that this beer has... And excellent mouthful. That's just a crazy dream, or is it? With Northern Brewer, a thirsty nation can craft its own ale and water for the greater good of mankind. Northern Brewer, the home of $7.99 Brew Saver Shipping, superior customer service, and the finest selection of home brewing goods for the future. What does craft beer mean to you? Is it a delicious way to support your town's local brewer? Or perhaps it's the perfect beverage to pair with those delicious meals at your favorite restaurant and at home. Regardless of whether you're thinking of pints or pairings, pilsners or porters, craftbeer.com is the site where craft beer lovers come together to learn and share. Craftbeer.com is brought to you by the Brewers Association and celebrates the best of American craft beer and its brewers. Craftbeer.com is the best place to find craft beer events recipes, great feature stories, the most up-to-date brewery listings, and resources for your next beer tasting or dinner, like style guidelines, pairing mats, and charts. Get the inside scoop on new beer releases and special events from today's craft beer insiders and chime in to share your own knowledge, perfect pairings, road trips, recipes, and more. Craftbeer.com, celebrating the best of American beer. What'd you get? More brewing ingredients? Yep. You know what I love about Brewmaster's Warehouse? The $6.99 shipping. Well, yeah, but... Oh, the in-store classes for beginning brewers. Yeah, that's cool, but... Oh, oh, the brew builder. Creating and saving your recipes online is... Awesome! No, I'm... Yes, but... The cheese-making supplies. No. Oh, the wine-making supplies. Oh, the distilling equipment and liquor flavorings. All that stuff is awesome, yes, but what I really love is that the guy who runs it is totally hot. And, and that brew builder software is awesome. Oh, yeah. Brewmaster's Warehouse brings you flat rate shipping on great equipment and ingredients to make beer, wine, cheese, and spirits at brewmasterswarehouse.com. And if you're in Georgia, stop by Brewmaster's Warehouse Monday through Saturday from 10 to 6. Visit brewmasterswarehouse.com today because it's totally hot. Oh, yeah. What's funny is brewers just say, yeah, I don't brew to stop. I'm brewing my own beer. And it's like a German Pilsner, but it's black. Yeah, it's a sports beer. Sports beer. beer. <laughs> you know? The home of live beer radio. TheBrewingNetwork.com. Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to The Session. Session. 
program. Thanks for sticking with us. We're still talking to Fal Allen from Anderson Valley Brewing Company and drinking his wonderful beer, too. So good. Just poured the uh, porter. I haven't tasted it yet. Just got it in my glass. Before we get to that, a uh, little bit of business to take care of. Uh, if you're looking for dildos and stuff, you can go to adamandeve.com. Uh, I am, actually. <laughs> yeah. As soon as the Niners pull this off. Somebody was asking me about that just today. Is I that right? BN sells dildos to the Banarmi. Yeah, hey, look, if you're looking to spice things up in the bedroom or looking for uh, uh, surprising your lover with a new and adventurous toy, you can go to adamandeve.com. And for a limited time only, you get 50% off just about any item. Uh, so here's what you do. You go select any item at like 50% off. Then you get three free adult DVDs. Not not children's DVDs. No. <laughs> not yeah. even teenagers. You don't DVDs. get Thomas the Tank Engine. Although you might get something along the along the same lines of Dora the Explorer. You I get mean, you Thomas the Stank Hora Engine. Dora the Explorer. Oh! Oh! <laughs> uh, you get your three free adult DVDs. We should, wait, I'm going to buy uh, ThomasTheStankEngine.com. <laughs> go that's going to be a good right one. It is a good one. Yeah. Yeah, I can't get through that tunnel. Yeah, you can also, uh, you know, <laughs> you're get, not trying hard. Enough. You get three of them, so you can get Thomas the Stank Engine. Then you can go over and you can get the Hunt for Red October. Yeah, um, and the Anal Brockovich. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's all. Yeah, exactly. Uh, if, Spartacock. If, if none of those are serious enough for you, then you can go get uh, Mr. Holland opened us. Oh, and. Uh, there's a lot, of, a lot of good ones out there. Uh, plus, you get a free extra gift so sensual, uh, we can't even mention it on internet radio. But we can say Dora the Anal Explorer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But we can't mention the free gift. Uh, anyway, you do all of it by going to adamandeve.com and use coupon code BNARMY. That's B-N-A-R-M-Y. And uh, no joke, um, you can also yeah. go to their mobile site. Uh, you know, if you just can't wait until you get home. Well, you know, they have these large phones with these giant screens. Right. What better way to do than look at hot chicks dressed up in lingerie? You're sitting there on BART. Yeah. And just looking at the... The, the rabbit. Well, let's face it. That's not the weirdest thing you're ever going to see on Bart. <laughs> you're on right? Bart. No. Like some lady in her business suit, and you're looking at two-ended dildos <laughs> for your... Know, trying, right. to, trying to compare. Anyway, m.adameve.com is the mobile site. Use coupon code BNARMY, and um, yeah, they're, they're good to us, so... BNARMY. Th- let them help you. Let yes. them help you be cooler in the bedroom. Yeah. Right, Nicole? I'm still looking for those three free DVDs. You are? <laughs> Wait, what? I'm telling you, Nate kept them. <laughs> Well, when me and your mom watched him, she liked him so much, she took him. Oh! Oh! He went there. Your mom joke with his own girlfriend. Wow. Well, it's good he like what she looks like because I'll probably turn out the same one. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good point. That's a good point. My dad used to say that to me. He's like, "I'm going to give you the best advice I could ever give you, son." What's that, Dad? Uh, Look at your girlfriend's mother. Because that's what you get. Specifically, her buttocks. Ah, oh. go look at your girlfriend's mother's butt. That's yeah. what you get. So, Sam, so have Sam's you met Kate's chain. mom? I have met Kate's mom. <laughs> well, uh, well, let's just say we're all going to be that age one day. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Great. Hey, I saw your dad's ass. Come on. Yeah, my dad's looking all right, right? Yeah, he's, yeah, so, yeah. You're there now, so don't worry about That's it. That's true. Yeah, I'm a mess. All right. Well, now that you've been through that, Fal, welcome back to the studio. Wow. <laughs> he's getting his keys, isn't he? Right. Uh, now, uh, one of the things um, that I wanted to talk to you about was your gold medal winning, um, was it a, a Belgian double this year? Yeah, we were very, very fortunate. Uh, the Brother David's double uh, got a gold medal at the JBF. Uh, it's had a couple silvers from uh, the World Beer Cup and the JBF before. Wow. But uh, we were very, very happy to 
Get a gold medal. Now, that seems like a beer that would be difficult to have some consistency with in terms of flavor. Is that a very different beer every time you guys brew it, or are you able to dial it in? I I think it's pretty dialed in. Um, it's one where the recipe doesn't change a lot. Okay. Um, you know, it, those bigger beers are tough if you're using yeast that doesn't like being, being big. But uh, the yeast we use is uh, Belgian from from Chris down to White Labs, and uh, the strain really likes, you know, doesn't, or doesn't mind being alcohol inundated. Okay. So uh, that beer comes out, I think, pretty consistently, pretty good. Um, Do you have to use a fresh pitch every time so that it's not tired out or mutated? No, no, we try and use it as many times as possible to okay. work it. Sure, yeah. Um, but, it, you know, we don't brew that beer all the time, and we use the same beer for the triple. So it gets a pretty good uh, workout every couple weeks. Uh, I think... As we get busier and brew more of that beer, which we are, uh, it, the beer will be a little more consistent and a little, the flavors will be a little bit nicer. Um, that beer gets a surprising amount of age on it uh, in the fermenter in the conditioning tank before we put it in the package. And I think that's one of the reasons it's more consistent. We give it a lot of time. How long is a lot of time? Oh, months. You do? Okay. So yeah. you're able to really sit on it then. Yeah. And sometimes not on purpose. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not the fastest selling beer. Uh, and again, you know, when you're a professional brewer, you're brewing a lot of different things. And when the day comes up to brew a double or triple to use that yeast, you you know pretty much got to use it. You got to work it into the schedule and get it get it going. Um, so we we brew it that we use that yeast regularly. But uh, once it's brewed, sometimes you know packaging can be a little more pop- problematic. Um, it's not our fastest seller, so it, it can sit for a while. And that's good. Is it it's is it sitting in its packaging or you have a no, no. it's in a you have a vessel for it? Our guy Dave Gatlin, who uh, manages this sort of thing. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Dave. <laughs> is he, so is the beer Thank named you, after Dave. him? Dave's not here, man. Uh well we have a beer called Gatlin Damnosis that oh, is named cool. after him. It's a sour uh, barley wine. But the brother oh. David's is named after Brother David Keen. Right. Uh, oh, yeah. who actually helped us uh, formulate the double recipe. Cool. Tornado um, uh, Tornado Dave, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um but no, no, our guy Dave Gatlin is absolutely manic about making sure that the beer doesn't go into the package until it's uh, been ordered. So it spends a minimum of time in package in our warehouse before hmm. it gets shipped out. And he's really, really, really good at that. That's difficult. It, so it I, is. I can see why you're really praising him for it, because uh, that's a tricky thing. I told him if he quits, I'm leaving. <laughs> and I told Trey when I came on, you you know, if we're getting, if our plan is to get rid of Dave, don't right. even think about it because I, I can't come to work for you. <laughs> Because without Dave, uh, that place just wouldn't run. Yeah. So he's not like Shitter Dave or... Oh, no. He's no. Shitter Joe. <laughs> you yeah. know. He's Dave. Dave owns it. Yeah, and he's he's a good brewer, and he's an awesome production manager, and uh, he's a really nice guy. Okay. Yeah. So you so he keeps it in uh, essentially like a bright tank type of a vessel until it's ready to package? Or? Yeah, we okay. have... You know, the fermenter's got to get used, so... Uh, sometimes it sits a little while in a fermenter, but most of the time we, you know, we get it filtered and get it over into the uh, conditioning tank where it continues, I think, to improve with age. Big beers like that need that extra time. What goes away? What are you looking for to, to having? Not so much goes away. I'll give you an example. Um, we used to make a beer up in uh, Seattle at Pike Place, uh, the Stout, the 5X Stout, which I think is a brilliant beer. It's a very, very simple recipe designed by uh, a guy that used to be very well-known in brewing, Vince Catoni. Uh, less known now because he he doesn't drink beer and he's a hermit. Oh, but well, that'll do it. <laughs> oh, and, and did I mention he's grumpy? Hi, Vince. Um, you sure it's not this guy right here? Is that him? Uh, hey, <laughs> you're lucky I'm here right now. I have a warm bed waiting for me. Right. But uh, Vince designed this beer and we'd brew this beer and 
this beer was, you know, you could, at 28 days, it just wasn't ready. Anybody could have tasted it and said, it's just not ready. Hmm. And at 35 days, it had gone through, you know, this transformation. So within a week, it would, you know, we'd brew it, you know, 21 days, not ready, 25 days, 28 days, just wasn't there. Even 30 days, sometimes not quite there. But at 35 days or 30, you know, 40 days, it was a whole new beer. It was just awesome. It went from being kind of, eh, you know, to an awesome beer. And I can't explain, you know, what happened. There's people still doing research on that kind of thing. Okay. Um, but, you know, the flavors really kind of melded and uh, became much more of a cohesive beer. Uh, it was much rounder and softer. It wasn't all elbows and knees. And, uh, you know, what was going on in there chemically, I you know, I don't know. Sure. But I guess I more mean, like, flavor profiles with your beer, too. Because here's, here's why I'm asking this. I'm asking this for our listeners because here's what they do. They ask, hey, when do I know that this beer is ready? And most people who sit in the chair say, well, taste it. You yeah, taste it. Taste it. And that's true. We all know that's true. But there's a lot of uh, people still learning what what are they tasting for. And, and so you see what I'm getting at? I just yeah. wonder if there's any specific type of flavors you're looking at. I Flavors can... are hard to describe, but I'll tell you, here's what, you know, we taste beer every single day at our brewery. Um, we taste all our beers multiple times in the process. We taste them out of the fermenter. We taste them before they're filtered. We taste them after they're filtered. We taste them in the package. We taste aged package beer, although we don't do that as much as we should. But we taste, you know, probably an individual beer will get tasted four to six times uh, throughout its life. All right. Um, we encourage folks to go over to our pub and drink there. And we, you know, when we do a tasting, although not incredibly formal, it's fairly formal and there's a lot of good discussion. And we like to get people from the outside in to get, you know, some intri- other sites of insights. People don't do it every day. Yeah. And if, you know, if, if you're, like you said, if a brewer wants to know, what he needs to do is taste his beer every day. And the best way to learn about beer is to brew the same beer all the time. Yeah. You learn an enormous amount. Okay, it's kind of boring, I admit, and I, I can't do it myself at home anyway. Uh, but you learn an enormous amount by brewing the same beer over and over again and tasting it at its different stages. And although I can't tell you necessarily, you know, what flavors you're looking for or not looking for, but you're looking for the beer flavors to become integrated and cohesive and meld together. So instead of having them be kind of like a one-two punch, yeah. they're more like a you know, a nice camel hump flow, you know, they're curvy, they're smooth. And I can relate to that. I know what you mean by that. It's yeah. just because you can sometimes taste it and go, wow, it's just so harsh on this end or yeah. it really sticks out over here. I see what you mean. You're just waiting for it to meld together. Round up, you know, and you, you if you taste the beer every day, you'll know that, you know, at seven days it's not good. You know, at 10 it may be, depending on the beer. Mm-hmm. But most of them take 14 or more. And I think aging your beer is an incredibly important part of it. And brewers that are not giving their beers that time are missing out. Your beer could be better. Yeah. But at the same time, like you were saying, does it sit on the fermenter, in the fermenter, or does it sit in the conditioning tank? At some point while aging a beer, it's good to be on yeast. Yeast is reabsorbing some of those things you don't want, like diacetyl. Mm -hmm. They're, They're pulling it back in or they're metabolizing it. And then at a point, they start to run out of glycogen and eat themselves mm-hmm. their cell walls will actually burst open and they'll release the cytoplasm the insides out into the liquid and that's bad okay so you don't want that so aging your beer on yeast is good to a point and then you got to get it off the yeast whether you just transfer it to another vessel or whether you filter it or you know whatever you do but you don't want it sitting on a lot of yeast sure 
Do you guys so, have a maximum for that at the brewery? Is it is it thirty days? Is it or does that change by beer also? We well, it changes by beer definitely. Okay, um, and by yeast strain. But we're so busy, we rarely get to the point where it's a problem. Mm. Um, occasionally, the brother David's double and triple will get up near there where we talk about well, we got to get it out of the tank because we don't want it. We don't want that to happen. And once those yeast cells break open, it's a very known flavor it's very predictable flavor it's very meaty i see um sometimes metallic you know but autolyzed yeast flavor is very you know people know what it is and you can taste it and it really affects the beer so you don't want that tasty do you have a a a rule of thumb getting your beer off the yeast i know that you brew a lot of the same beers yeah 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 a lot of brewers ask me like uh i left my you know ferment going for an extra month because they didn't have time to rack it yeah you're probably okay but yeah, it's a good idea to like when as soon as the ferment's done, to move it on. You know, get it off the yeast, get it into packaging. Okay, yeah. but that you know, and if I could just say, because I am definitely the lazy brewer who wants to forget about it for a little while. Um, you know, I've a- even after fermentation, I've let it sit for th- for three weeks and, oh, and really sure. been fine. I mean, three I think I've let it. Okay. You well, know, it- I've also gone the other way. I've let it sit for seven weeks and tasted what you're talking about, and yeah. gone back and go, "Wow, you lazy shit! You just ruined your beer." You well, know? even if you're letting it sit for three or four weeks and you're not necessarily tasting anything, it could still be there. That could be a flavor you attribute to homebrew because the uh, people yeah. you homebrew with maybe do the same thing, leaving it. Yeah. So even if even if you don't think it's a good practice do it anyway because it is the science says that it is and you'll you'll probably notice a difference in your beer if, if you start when it's done when it's telling you hey yeah i'm ready to to be packaged or you know. i guess i just bring up the length of time too because i worry about uh mostly because i've done it so often um not letting it finish because like you said foul there's the there's a point where it the it's really doing what it's supposed to be doing and cleaning yeah. up after itself and so just don't be too uppity about getting it off of that yeast. Yeah. Know. Uppity. You know, and yeah. it, you know, there's a lot of different things that go on in there. If you, you know, During fermentation, you're at whatever temperature. Uh, let's say you're doing an ale, you're at 68 degrees, and that's good. And your fermentation finishes up and your yeast quit making alcohol. Well, you need at least, in my opinion, uh, two to seven days for that yeast to reabsorb some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. And... You can go a little longer. You could go two weeks. You could go 14 days. But after 14 days, depending on the beer and the yeast and many different things, then that yeast is going to run out of energy. It's going to start, you know, eating itself, mm-hmm. uh, autolyzing. And that's when you're going to start to pick up those flavors. Now, if you age that beer at the end of fermentation, let it do its seven days finishing up, and then chill it, that time period afterwards is going to be extended because chemical reactions, yeast metabolism, everything is slower under cold conditions. Yeah. So And so it's a cleanup too. Yeah, right. it's a way easier because the yeah. But you gotta clean it, it up while it's warm and then chill oh, it yeah. to, to and that's stop the, the auto. That's a, a mistake I've point. made yeah. is the chill it before too soon. I've I've gotten into the habit now. It's from Chad actually, because it's it, one of uh, my, my roommate uh who I, I brew with when essentially after the after fermentation has has pretty much stopped for that period of, of a few days to, you know, 2 to 14, I'll actually just turn off the temperature control on the fermenter uh, and, and let it free-rise. My house doesn't get too hot. But in other words, if I might ferment that beer at 66, for the cleanup phase, I don't really care if it goes up to 74. Yeah, it's and, actually good. Okay. So you you think that's an all right process too? The temperature rise is good for it. It'll absorb more diacetyl that way. and it'll, I, You know, there are other things that it does during that period. But warmer... 
it's a little more active. All right. But you can't go too long. Okay. At that temperature, yeah. you mean? Okay. So that's that might be something I need to watch because I've let it sit at 74 then for you know a couple of three weeks. And maybe I, after I let it do that for a week or so, I should be crashing it down. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would do, you know, four to seven days and then, then crash cool it and keep it cold from there on. And if you're not going to reuse the yeast, then you can pull it off any time. You know, if you're just dumping the yeast. But if sure. you want to reuse the yeast, it's good for it to, to sit on beer as long as it can before reusing it. Okay. You know, but transfer it into another vessel after you've cooled it for a week, you know? Yeah. Okay. And that's something, definitely once I get to cool it down, um, especially we, we have these more beer conicals, so you saw our stuff out there, Fal. It's, like nice. it's like a microbrewery. It's a nanobrewery, I guess. It's awesome. But anyway, super easy to transfer the beer uh, over to... I basically just keg then at that point, and I use my kegs as my bright tanks. Um, you know, I might not carbonate right away, but I'll keg off of the, the conical fermenter and then just uh, let it sit in my kegerator until ready to carb and serve it. You know, something that uh, we've noticed, at least I've noticed over many years of brewing, is that even after your fermentation's done, you've chilled the tank and all the yeast has fallen out, if you transfer into another vessel, particularly if it's a metal vessel, mm-hmm. uh, the electrostatic charge that vessel holds will pull out a lot of the things that makes your beer cloudy and the yeast themselves, they'll cling to the side of that vessel, hmm. and what you'll end up with is brighter beer without filtration. Interesting. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You were talking about how chemtrails were bullshit. Now you're talking about electrostatic charge. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm just giving you I, a hard time. Did I say they were bullshit? <laughs> I said the worry over them. Right. right. Of course the government's spraying us with things and controlling us. <laughs> but, Come on. But why worry about yeah. that? You're fucked either way. I bet they want you to say that. <laughs> just want to outlive it, yeah. But that's an excellent point that you're making. So as so for, from a homebrew scale, kind of what you're saying is as opposed to what I might do is use a secondary vessel that's a glass carboy, by going into a metal keg like I do, metal. I'm helping to clear the beer. Metal. I think so. You know, if you don't move that keg, that's great. Yeah. Because the, yeah. the yeast and, and the proteins and things will cling to the side of it. And Interesting. you can see it when you empty the keg. If, if you empty it really, you know, quietly and calmly and smoothly... Mm-hmm. When you get down to the bottom of that keg, you look in there, and the walls will all be coated with, yes. you know, yeast cells and Excellent you know protein. Point. Yeah, and that's great because you've what you do is without filtering, you know, you've you've sucked out or you know pulled out some of the yeast cells and some of the proteins and things that not just affect the clarity but affect the flavor because anything that affects your clarity does in fact affect the flavor. Um, cloudy beer has a definite different taste than you know a bright, you know sharp beer yeah and yeah, i'm on the same page there all yeah you go to matter and proteins Absolutely. and all kinds of stuff right tannins proteins those, right? yeah, yeah. what's what that to do with beer yeah. yeah and those things shouldn't be in my no, opinion just, shouldn't be in your beer those are all by, yeah. you go to england and someone pours you a pint of beer and it's cloudy you know that's a fail that's Sellerman, yeah that's yeah. a fail yeah. that Sellerman wasn't doing a good job yeah just want to make sure you get some of nate's beer there too for yeah. foul Thank both you of much. you yeah, yeah. Uh, Fal, back to something you mentioned earlier about when the yeast start to break down, you leave it in, in the tank too long and you get autolysis and meaty flavors and those kind of things. I've, I've listened to uh, pro brewers talk about monitoring pH, and when the pH starts to rise, they know that potentially the cells have ruptured and that those the guts are spilling out and those kind of things. Do you think that's something that's monitorable in that kind of sense too, in like a scientific way, or is it something that mainly has to be done by feel and taste? I think that definitely that once the cells start to rupture, yeah, your pH will rise. Um, we don't monitor it that way. Maybe we should. Um, but I've read articles that talk about that and use that as an indicator. I don't think most of our beers have enough 
time to get to that point. Um, that's one because, possible metric that yeah. can help you out, though, potentially. Yeah. And you think of, if you think of yeast as populations, like, you know, the yeast in my porter is a lot like, I don't know, pick, pick a city, San Francisco. You know, there's a lot of different people, and they all behave differently. We're all people, but we all do different things and do them slightly differently. So you think of yeast that way. Some of the yeast are going to start to autolyze sooner than others. Uh, the question is, where does the bulk of them start to autolyze? So if you're watching a pH rise, it gives you a good indicator. As soon as it starts to rise, you know something's going on. Yep. And when it's you know noticeable rise, then you know that the majority of them is going on. And, and then I you think know it, you should rack it off. Or like, you yeah. should have racked it off a few days exactly, before. Yeah. The problem with that is that, yeah, you don't know until it's probably too late. Too late, right. Mm. So, but... By keeping you can records, you an indication of that strain, perhaps you can predict it. Yeah, right? you keep a record. Yeah, keeping good records is a great part of brewing because that makes things repeatable, and you learn stuff. Like you're saying, uh, if I wait this long, this happens. Yeah, no. I watch the pH rise. I know, you know, it begins to rise at day nine with this yeast, mm-hmm. and so at day eight, day seven, I got to get going on it. Do yep. Something. Yeah, I have an original Doors album. Keeping good records is important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is it scratchless? <laughs> All right. I just was wait. I was like, this, it's going to come to me. I'm going to get what he's talking about in yeah. a second. You won't, but you still don't because still, the only person that gets it is me. I don't get it. And yeah. even then, I don't even like it. <laughs> yeah. But I wanted to say something. Yeah, keep it out there. Thank you. So back to the uh, the Belgian double, if we can, since oh, it's sorry. a gold. Ma- no, it's all right. This is how the, the the best conversations we have on here go like that. We just end up talking about the stuff we really want to. Um, but I'm just curious about it because uh, to me. Now, I like a Belgian double, but I have to admit that I rarely like a Belgian double because the, with the higher alcohols, uh, the, the, it, can, it can be a little too phenolic for me. I also find that my palate has become really sensitive to uh, the iron flavor. And so, in particularly when you get to like Belgian doubles and triples, I start to taste blood more often uh, in these beers from this iron flavor. So the question I'm getting at is, what do you think the tricks are to, to, to this beer, to, to keeping the, the phenols you know, low enough so that you're still really tasting the, the malty features of the beer, the, the yeasty features of the beer? You know, some of that has to do with aging. Um, okay. I suspect that your favorite Belgian doubles or Belgian-style doubles are probably aged a little, little bit longer, yeah. and I think that helps. Um, Fermentation temperatures, you know, not completely out of control. Like at ninety-two, like I did for the saison, bad idea. Uh, <laughs> right. So you out know, bounds, you, what yeah. do you ferment your uh, double at? I think it's about seventy. Okay, it's not a lot it's, higher than it's normal. Still fairly warm though. Sixty-eight, seventy. Okay. You know. Yeah. We uh, don't it depends on the yeast, right? I yeah, see. it your does. It really work. does yeah. d- depend on the yeast. So. What you about know. the iron flavors? Are, is that something that, uh, am I just too sensitive to that? Or is this beer more prone to that kind of... It could be that you're more sensitive to it. It could be that because it's bottle condition, there's yeast autolysis going on and creating some of those meaty mm. blood flavors, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty typical description yeah. of autolysis. Um, I it could be that. just the massive, massive amounts of malt they use. Some... Uh, some of the American versions, uh, and I, I believe we're guilty of this, uh, the with our triple, not with the double, they are not as attenuated as they might be, so they're left a little sweet and a little filling. Uh, I think the our double, because it's not as alcoholic, the starting gravity is lower, it attenuates out nicely. Um, 
and I think it, it, in my opinion, it's a better beer than the triple, although I don't think the triple's a bad beer. I just don't think it's as good. In fact, neither did the judges. Yeah, okay. Um, so I think those all kind of come into play. So if you're, you know, I don't know if you named a few of your favorite Belgian doubles and your least favorite Belgian doubles, which don't do that. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> sure. Uh, I think, you know, you'd come up, you could look at how they were produced and who made them and, and give you some of the answers. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. What's the, what is the gravity on yours, for example? Do I think we're know? about 8.5% alcohol, so the starting gravity is up in the, you know, uh, 1078-ish, 1080. It's pretty big. It's still pretty big, no yeah. doubt. But it's not, also, you know, it's not gigantic. I mean, right. no. <laughs> no, but I mean one of the problems, I think, that American craft brewers have had is that and I don't know, problem is maybe the wrong word. One of the trends is that they've taken the classic styles and just gone with it, you know, like a quadruple, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and at some point, the beers become so big that they're interesting and they're tasty, but you don't want to drink a pint of, you know, 12%, no. you know. Or even the 10-ounce pour the sometimes, yeah. yeah. I didn't want to hear it opened. That's you don't want to out little what I want to do with it. But yeah. I agree with you on We're that, losing. Val, that... I do want to taste them. I still do want to taste them. I yeah. just don't want to. So I, I, I'm not quite. A, JP sometimes is a little more hardcore about it. Like stop making these undrinkable beers. I do still want to taste them. I want to know what they did. Well, but some I, of them are very drinkable. You know, uh, Midnight Sun makes Oblivion, their black beer. It's Oblivion. I forget which number it is. They have several of them. But they make an Imperial Stout that is awesome and drinkable, and I think it's like 11.5%. Wow. But a great beer. Yeah. So, you know, you can make those sorts of beers and make them drinkable. But by and large, if you don't, if they don't attenuate out, they're not drinkable. Yeah. They, I mean, yeah. not drinkable is the wrong term, but they're not sessionable. You don't want to have more than one. Sure. Plain, filling, yeah. Yeah. Plenty of the uh, elder, plenty of the younger, mm-hmm. either way. Uh High alcohol beers, but boy, you want to have a few more of those. They're yeah. well attenuated. Yeah, they're and well made, the, well attenuated beers. Even the younger one is on the edge for me. That's one that it is well attenuated, but it's still so big that I, I don't necessarily want another That's one. That's the alcohol of, sweetness, of yeah. the younger. Yeah. But, see, and and I would rather you know, like let's say a quad or even playing. I'd rather take a sip of yours, maybe two or three, just to get. You know, my mouth, and, and then that's it. And then go back to your regular, uh, I, you know, Russian River IPA or something. Or not yeah. even their their ESB or whatever. Like something, yeah. lo- I like, you know, you know, I like a low alcohol beer. I don't understand the 11, yeah, 12, 13% beers. It's insane to me. It's complete insanity. You don't need that. Uh, at least I don't oh, need it. Oh, but you do. And, but you don't because... <laughs> you do. Well, I don't know. I like drinking beer. I like tasting exactly. different flavors of like the beers. Beer. And I don't want to drink... I don't want to get wasted after after a 10-ounce goblet of 12% beer. No, you can't I'm take my Rochefort 10 away. Sorry. I don't want well, see, that's it. But that's the thing is I don't, rule. I don't want it. You can have it. <laughs> I don't... See, to me, uh, I don't care uh, what the number is on no. it um, as much as I care about the, the drinkability, yeah, for drinkability. lack of a better term that's copywriting but like uh, you know some of those uh firestone anniversary beers right they can be huge yes yes. but i don't taste all that alcohol so i i'll love another pour of that sure i'll take another no they're great and then like in half an hour you can't have (laughs) anything else because you're loaded yeah but but that's those are bottles i would rather i would rather share yeah sharing you know i I wouldn't want i wouldn't order a 10 ounce you know glass and that's the best way to enjoy those you open the bottle and share it with three four people at least yeah yeah. Yeah. oh i'm supposed to do that <laughs> Why don't those come in nip bottles? Well, well you know, be great. Yeah, right. <laughs> little six ounces. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. It's a good point. Like Rogue and used to do with their small, the extra small. You should come with a session beer to complement, like a two pack or something. Dude, you know? a, a back. That's yeah. a good 
do yeah. it like that. You know, Drake's used to do it too. Drake's used to have those little the bottles. Jolly Roger, yeah. yeah, Jolly Rogers, yeah, kind of like the old school old Foghorn bottles from yeah. Anchor. They used to be like six ounce or something like that. It was like a, a tiny little version of a twelve ounce. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, you don't see them anymore so much. I, I bet that they don't yeah. sell they don't that sell well. well yeah. nah, Geeks like don't. us yeah. will do it, but I think it's also hard to like, for shelf space. Yeah, you know, because how, how does that how's that going to look? You have. Bomber, 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 six ounce bomber, but it just yeah. doesn't. Look Somebody's right. like, I'm getting ripped in off. The ring Where's out. my beer? You yeah, know? at the at the you know at the till, it, the ring isn't as good. <laughs> you know? yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, I sold one nip bottle for four bucks. Great. Great. Or I sold that twenty-two ounce for fourteen dollars. Yeah, that's. True. But that's another thing I don't understand about professional brewers. They make these giant beers. People can have one of them and pass out. Wouldn't you rather they have four of your beers? Right. I'm thinking. You know. And and so to me, part of it is, and I don't. This is going to sound uh, worse than I mean it. I doubt it. Is that uh, there's a little bit of marketing involved. Um, you get people like us to talk about your brewery by putting out the one beer True. that you're not going to make that much money on. Yeah. And then everyone will buy your drinkable beer several times over. So there's a bit of that, Yeah, I think. but can't that Absolutely. backfire? Because the people who are looking for those high alcohol beers assume it's like I it use, can I use like the Lenny Kravitz song "Are You Gonna Go My Way" no. my example of that it good I thought it was a great song it was rocking it was great and then I bought the album thinking more songs were like that and they weren't and I threw it against the wall I couldn't sell it fast enough. <laughs> but you bought the album didn't you? but I bought the yeah. album and I felt ripped off you so got maybe pe- yeah maybe people who are looking for that kind of stuff want right. to try the other beers and go what is this this is five percent. I shit 5%. What well, I, I think that could happen, but I think it's less... Uh, I, less I think le- to happen? Yeah, I do yeah. think so. Because Especially because if you're able to make that larger beer of a very high quality, yeah. uh, then you're going to be making those lower beers yeah. at a fantastic... Like, again, we use the example all the time, but Firestone's an excellent example of oh, that. Yeah. They can put out uh, uh, some of our favorite sessionable beers, or, or uh, maybe they're not even sessionable, but super dry, pale ales, things like that. Yeah. They also make some of our favorite huge, thick, you know, for lack of a... Like, really oil-like <laughs> consistency yeah. beers. You know why bowl. they're so good? Matt Brinelson. He made a deal with Satan. <laughs> you know, Matt so. clearly he, made a deal with Satan. Look at that Satan. goatee he has. Yeah, a little goatee. Actually, if Falker had his goatee, he'd look a little like Matt. <laughs> he would. A little bit. But, thank you. That's a compliment. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I've, I'm going to help you spread that rumor because I believe it, Fal. That is true. Wow. I'm serious. He's way too nice. Yeah. I can put on Twitter he's right gotta now. He's got to be. Well, you know, he's always wearing a hat. Satan. He's super What's nice. What's he hiding under there? He's, <laughs> small Satan. Horns. Seriously, a little... We, we, look, as, I'll, I'll put on Twitter right now. We do I'll a, start that shit. Start it. Oh, yeah. Right. Start it. Uh, we yeah. did a... Uh, he wins medals. Hot wife. Yeah. Successful. Yeah. Come on. He's got to be Satan. He lives <laughs> in, the, in the Central Coast. You're I right. He made the deal. He uh-huh. made the deal. He, he, yeah, he, he, Val is right about uh, this. Uncalloused hands. Satan, everybody knew. We're breaking it here. Uh, do, you think he's, do you think he stirs with a, a, a triton? No, he uses his pointy tail and a triton. He uses Satan's pointy tail. That would be Poseidon, guys. We do a... Brewing Network Awards every year. Pitchfork. And the only serious award that we give away, and even at that it's done kind of half-ass, is our favorite beer of the year. And Firestone gets nominated like every fucking year. We always yeah. pick a beer. Great brewers. This year, I was just making fun of us because we like, we're we such fanboys of, of his. We just really like, we just nominated every beer that came out of his brewery in 2011 as the nominee for, he didn't win, Bucket. but instead what? of picking one, we, I just said, look at you idiots, we all pick one of their beers, we're just going to nominate everything he's ever made. As a beer of the year, turns out Drake's won beer of the year instead. Fifteen hundred, oh, nice. Yeah. Fifteen hundred pale ale. Hundo, yeah. so good, awesome yeah. beer. 
Okay, well, that was some uh, good information on the on the Belgian doubles and things like that. So I, I do appreciate that because it's a tricky style for me. I, I want to love the Belgians, but I've really gone away from them because, like I said, I like them, but I don't like them very often. They got to attenuate. I think that for me is the key. Okay. All right. Good to know. Uh, here's what we're gonna do. Uh, we're gonna take another break. Fal, do you have to get out of here? I know you got a long drive home. It's seven uh, o'clock. I'm not going home. All right. Oh, great. <laughs> All right. I'm renting a room. Perfect. I got no, my I'm, shit in my yeah. truck. <laughs> I'm going back to East Bay somewhere. Fal's got to uh, hang oh, out and do oh. the, the drunk of the week calls with nice, us. Man. Okay, good, Woo-hoo. good, good. Then that's what we're gonna do. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll talk more beer with Fal Allen. Um, plus, I did need to finish up our uh, feedback segment. We got Twitter game of the week. Uh, here's more music from our headliner at Winter Bruce Festival. It's Forest Day. This song's called Meds, and uh, you can find him Saturday, January 28th. Go to winterbrucefestival.eventbrite.com.
By popular vote from the Northwest Brewing News, HopTech has been voted the best homebrew shop in Northern California. Serving homebrewers for nearly 30 years in Dublin, California, HopTech carries more than 40 different kinds of hops and more than 60 different grains. Malt extract, spices and sugars, hop oils and extracts. Open every day except Wednesday or shop online anytime at HopTech.com or call 1-800-DRY-HOPS, 1-800-379-4677. With in-store classes almost every Saturday, huge selection and a dedicated commitment to their customers, HopTech is one of the longest-running and passionate homebrew stores, period. And now, by popular vote, the best homebrew shop in Northern California. And don't forget their 15% military discount. HopTech. Visit today at HopTech.com. When you hear Blickman Engineering, think innovation, passion, quality, and customer service. Blickman Gear is designed by brewers to give you a sense of pride in your equipment. At Blickman, they know what makes brewing a pain and build gear that makes it fun. Like the Intuitive Beer Gun, a completely different approach to filling bottles. The Therminator Wart Chiller, a new take on a plate chiller that's sized for flow, performance, and the high groundwater temps homebrewers face every day. The Brewmometer, a brilliant weld thermometer design with brewing parameters right on the dial. The auto sparge, ultimate simplicity for preventing an overflow or running your mash tun dry. And much more, like the modular top-tier brewing stand, conical fermenters, and their boiler maker brew pots. With more cutting-edge equipment coming soon, keep up with the latest from Blickman at BlickmanEngineering.com and stay on the cutting edge. in my beer again. What? Why? It's just too ridiculous. Insane prices, stupid contracts, high shipping costs, crappy selection. Dude, you need Nico Brew. Nico Brew will rock your f***ing face right the f*** off your f***ing skull. $5 shipping to all 50 states, plus fantastic international rates get you low prices on Nico Brew's great selection of hops and more. Whether you're a home brewer, a pro brewer, or a homebrew shop owner, Nico Brew can get you the hops you need in increments big and small, single orders, spot buys, or full contracts. And there's only one place to join the uber-special secret elite bare-bones club where you'll get the best deals anywhere. Holy f***ing shit! NicoBrew.com N-I-K-O-B-R-E-W NicoBrew, your bare-bones buddy in the brewing business. Mix me your 100-grain amber recipe, and I'm going to eat it. And then it can ferment in my gut. It totally works. The beer is almost identical to the grain sandwich. Your colon won't know what hit it. <laughs> the, the home of live beer radio. TheBrewingNetwork.com Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to The Session. And thanks for sticking with us. We're still talking to Fal Allen from Anderson Valley Brewing Company. If you've got questions, you can call 888-401-BEER or hit the chat now button on the homepage. And Nicole's in there taking your questions and sending them over here. Um, 
Oh, I see that the chat room wants us to play Stump the Brewer tonight with Val. Ooh, Ooh nice. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. Horizon and Columbus, by the way, are the stout hops. <laughs> oh, you looked oh, it up. Oh, nice. No, somebody uh, Let you know. Me. Oh, <laughs> uh, what are they again? Horizon and... Horizon and Columbus. Interesting. Oh, that's a good combination. Huh. Yeah, yeah. That's what the sales sheets say. Anyway, okay. you guys both. You guys use. <laughs> I'm sticking uh, to that. Yeah. Horizon on uh, the Boone Amber when we did that for Candy Brew it too. I yeah. Believe, right. The yeah. middle edition somewhere in there. Yeah. Cool. Horizon or Liberty, which are kind of interchangeable for Loco Humulo, nice smooth bitterness. Yeah. That's the idea yeah. there, right? Nate, I was liking your beer at the break too. Oh yeah. What'd you pour? The nice Laurel IPA. Oh, that, yeah, that nice. was Tasty's actually. Oh, that was, yours. was even mine. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I no, thought no, that no. one was Nate's. No, no, I that was. He, he passed you the bottle, I think. Why did I think Laurel? I, I went by the name though, but the... by way of Julian Trago, that was Julian the collaboration right. beer. Remember, we uh, <clears throat> Roger and Laurel did a collaboration thing. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so, yeah. that's a good beer. Or that was nice. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh, no worries. I was praising. I have to take it all back. Nate, I'll, I, it, I'll take the face. After the break, I was telling Fowler what a good brewer you are, so now I take it all back. He's stuck. <laughs> now my, brewery, my brewery's shut down right now. I'm doing a little reconstruction around where I would normally brew. It's kind of lame. I wish I had some beer to bring. Sorry about oh, that. Bummer. Well, this yeah. is good. Whose was this? Stay tuned. It's, a, it's, it's, yours? An I, yeah. it's an IPA that I made, but it's uh, Julian Chirago's uh, recipe from uh, Beachwood Barbecue. Yeah, Very Julian nice. is one of, uh, well, I shouldn't say our successor. We have a lot of listeners that go pro, though. But Julian w- That's true. was probably going to do it anyway. Good brewer. And he's just gone pro down in uh, Seal Beach, I think it is, with Beachwood uh, Oh, barbecue. Seal Beach is their yeah. original. Yeah. His, the brewery's in uh, actually Long Beach. Actually, yeah. Long, Long okay. Beach. Yeah. I went there the other day. Had a, uh, his beers are amazing. I want to get him on the show. His stout in particular is great. You would love it, dude. It's, okay. it's, um, I was actually really impressed with this cream ale. Mm. I mean, not to, to go to... But uh, all of his beers were rock solid. The only b- beer needed maybe a little bit more was like the, the American Red Ale. Okay. Uh, but that's me being an asshole. Uh, eight of their beers were fantastic. I see. Fantastic. It was great. He's a good brewer. And it he's real handsome. surprise me. So, he's kind of hardcore, too. Super hardcore. Well, is, is Beachwood the barbecue place that was... The Beachwood Barbecue's been around for a while. Yeah, that's yes. the one in okay. Seal Beach. The yeah. original I've not been the there, Fal, but I'm told that it's the place to go for barbecue. Really, it's really nice. Good. In that whole area. Like region. It's hard to find good barbecue. Yeah. You know yeah. Danny Frangs? No. He does good barbecue. He's yeah. doing a mobile barbecue thing. Slow yeah. hands. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm. So like a like one of these truck deals? Yeah, that's what he's doing now. He uh, really makes good stuff. Slow okay. smokes it. I want to slow Then hands, barbecue it. <laughs> right. Maybe I'll get one. Maybe. We'll see. All right, I'll have to check that Are one out, too. Are you talking pulled pork? Yes, I am. <laughs> he wants that, too. Uh, but I, I may have uh, beef. cheated on being vegetarian and eating at Beachwood, and it was really good. Oh, you did? Yeah. Cheater, is that the cheater, first time you've cheated? Cheater. Yes. This is my first <laughs> time. <laughs> I forget. who Were you both vegetarian, you and Nate, getting together, or did one of you influence the other? Um, Nate has been ve- vegetarian for, like, 17 years. He's been meat-tarted for a long time. What a yeah. pussy. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you, you you started in when you got with Nate. No, I was I was, I was vegetarian before I, right before I met him. You were meat-curious. When's the last time you cheated on the meat? I had a little bit there, too. It was really good. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> Look at you guys. Well yeah, done. Yeah, it was really good. Well, there was a time that Nate If you going to cheat, you might as well house. do it together. Yeah, exactly. Right. All right, real quick, you know, we've been talking about recipes and different uh, homebrewing techniques, and one of the things that Fal has talked about uh, throughout the night is, is, you know, taking good records of your brewing yeah. and, and making sure that you're measuring things out, that you should have a small lab, and, and really know what you're doing to make better beer. 
Well, one great way to do that is with Beersmith Brewing Software. You can go to beersmith.com right now and get a free 21-day trial. You've heard me talk about this every week because uh, we love them. But uh, you really can't go wrong. If uh, For one, you, you really do need to keep good records and pay attention to you know your ingredients and, and how things are going to melt together. So uh, with your free 21-day trial version, you can't go wrong. Go to beersmith.com. Take the guesswork out of brewing with Beersmith, and you can do everything with it. Um, you can even like track inventory and prices of your ingredients if you really want to get nerdy about it. You can schedule your brewing activities. There are mash profiles preset for advanced brewers. You can pick any mash schedule from the preloaded table in just seconds. Uh, over 300 recipes available on Beersmith.com. And it's probably a lot more than that by now because I think I've been reading over 300 for a while. Uh, so go check it out. Uh, if you want to take good records and, and be able to calculate what your beer is going to do, Beersmith is the software that's brand new in terms of a, a new version. It's updated all the time. You can get support. It's not. Um, it hasn't been kind of sitting on a shelf somewhere being left alone. Um, Beersmith.com. It's good stuff. Go check it out. All right. That was a good read. Thanks, man. That's probably one of your top five. I remembered to do it. That's, yeah. that's the most important thing. Well, that's why you're, you have a producer, right? <laughs> all right. Absolutely. Um, all right, 888-401-BEER. Um, we could start taking uh, Drunk of the Week calls as, as we wind down. Um, also, you could hit yeah, the chat now button um, on the homepage there. Also, and, the uh, Niners might win. Was there more, some more feedback? Did uh, you say there was... Uh, yeah, thanks. I did need to finish that. Glad you got me now. Or I'll, or I'll There's only two. Do it. Uh, what did I have here? Oh, here was an interesting one. Um, Karen Karen wrote in and said, uh, my husband discovered your show about two years ago, and we've slowly worked our way through the archive uh, from show number one. It sounds sexy. Uh, slowly. <laughs> slowly. Slowly. Slow hand. Last fall, we were listening to a Christmas episode where you listed gifts not to get your beer guy. Uh, she says, I'm ashamed to admit that I've gotten my husband every gift on your list. Uh, I now see the error of my ways, and this Christmas my husband got a brew kettle, a burner, and a stand, and a gift certificate from Williams Brewing, another one of our sponsors, to buy a, um, she spells it, car boy. Maybe they meant like a detail, a like show, a little Mexican a chauffeur. guy. He got, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he got a gift certificate to get a car boy. Love, where's my car boy? I would love that if <laughs> if she heard that and totally misinterpreted it. Yeah, and like, yeah, he got like a guy who details his husband, her husband's car. Yeah, there's like this little guy standing out in the driveway. <laughs> He's, so He's like, "What is red. that? That's your car boy. It's my lawn jockey slash car boy." Uh, <laughs> I would love that to no end. So she says, "Thanks for helping me give my husband a gift he'll use and love." Uh, see you at Winter Brew Fest. Yes, I'm Karen. Oh, yeah. We'll see yeah. There. Yeah. Good job, Karen. I think I remember that show. It was a long time ago, and we were talking about like you know custom bar towels and <laughs> all right. the things that like posters and shit. Because you're a beer guy, people go, they're at the store, and they see the stupidest beer thing, and they go, oh, Fowl will love that. Yeah. It's like a monkey with a with a wrench and a <laughs> bottle opener. And- yeah, I need another bottle opener. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Exactly. Thanks. I was like, thanks, honey. It's perfect. Uh, anyway, yeah, that was probably one of our better shows, uh, giving a what not to give um Christmas list. Beer ties. We should do that again. Because if you wear a oh, tie. beer ties. Mm. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's what they're bad, too. Uh, all right, and one more. Let's see. Jeff writes in, Hey, guys, I'm new to home brewing and listening to one of your streams right now. Your show's great. Good intro for someone new to the world of brewing. I'll definitely be listening from Jeff. So I guess the end of the feedback was just to round out all the shitting on us at the beginning of the feedback. So that was that was a nice thing to do, JP. 
put in some good feedback there. I thought so. Right. Yeah. All right. Uh, another thing I wanted to touch on with you real quick, Fal, just, just about the brewery, um, because I like to see it when people are doing this, but I noticed that you guys raised like over $100,000 last year for local charities up there in your in your area. Wow, was it that much? I think um, so. It's in my notes that way anyway. All of our proceeds from the Boonville Beer Festival go to local charities. And when we started doing that, you know, we're a small community and we don't get the funding that, you know, some larger communities do. And it wasn't that important back then because, you know, we still got some decent funding. But with funding drying up is so dramatically, uh, it's become more and more important. And so, you know, if people... You know, when you think about the beer fest and you think, wow, 50 bucks is a lot for a beer fest or whatever it is we're charging now. Um, it's not. It's not that much. And it all, 100% of the proceeds uh, go to charities in the valley there and, you know, help keep the parks open, hopefully, in the valleys, help keep, you know, all of our, our services uh, that not just we enjoy, but a lot of our visitors enjoy. Yeah. So it, it does go to a worthy cause and we do raise a lot of money and it is desperately needed right now. And, you know, speaking of that area that you're in, the only thing I don't like about the Boonville Beer Festival is that I don't want to leave. It's so awesome up there. I'm sorry. Sunday does come. <laughs> I know. Sunday comes. <laughs> and uh, I do my best to not even see Sunday. I really yeah. do. I try hard on Saturday night to sleep right through Sunday. Well, you don't yeah. see it well. <laughs> yeah. You kind of are blurry until you hit. But um, you now, know, you now, do you guys the, come up on Friday or? Yeah, yeah. When I, I, you know, I've missed it for a couple years. But Tasty and Chad go every year. Yeah, we're there, and you guys go on Friday too, right? right? Yeah, Friday is actually a better day to be there because it's not quite so crazy. Yeah, uh, and there's you know you can still get into a restaurant there, so it's a good day to come up. Um, some of the brewers started coming up on Thursday. That's even smarter. Yeah, well, <laughs> not for you guys. You guys like cheese. We got it. Some of us have jobs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't, don't start coming on Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm going to come tomorrow. Hey, uh, we're here. Wait there. Speaking of which, what day is it this year? Has it been announced? Uh, if I had a calendar, I can like tell you. Mid-May sometime usually? I think it's the 12th. It's on my calendar. what I remember. I think it's the 12th. So. That sounds um, right. Yeah, we have uh, the Craft Brewers Conference the weekend before that. Right. So I'm pretty sure we had to move it to Mother's Day weekend, which is the 12th. Oh, that works for me, though, this year. Because uh, the SoCal, that means that the SoCal Homebrew Fest Tasty is the week before. Yeah, yep. yeah. And then Boonville's the week after. And, we and CBC gonna... will be done. So that means I think I can go this year. Well, we were planning to do it bigger this year at Boonville, for sure. So All right. Yeah. We're going to do it. Oh, I gotta Bring eat. up your campers, get your tents out, <laughs> and definitely have your designated driver. Camper? I don't need more walk. I don't know about that. I like walking. I have to verify my age on your site. Are you 21 yet? I'm not. Is there a, is there a word in Boontling for walk? And my yeah, age pike. was... Pike. Yeah. Oh, that's how... Yeah, pike to the dusties? Pike, yeah, pike yeah. to the dusties. Pike can also be riding your horse or in modern times driving. <laughs> if you got one of them fancy moshes. I don't see it on there. I'm anymore, piking but. in my Toyota. All right, yeah, so I'll try to make it up to Anderson Valley. But it, it's an awesome... Uh, just a great festival for one. It's very mellow. And I love it, you know... If you do have time on the day before or the day after, you know, whether you turn right or left out of the brewery, it's just amazing. You turn right, and, and not too long, you're traveling through the Redwoods, and then you're at the coast. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you turn left, and you just get all this great land. It's kind of a windy road. You're, you're moving a little bit away from the coast, uh, but just like National Park beauty everywhere type of area. It's, it's just a, great up there. It's a beautiful area. Yeah, you're lucky to be living back there again. I'm very lucky. Are you going to go back to Singapore? Do you have a lot of friends that you go visit there, or...? 
A lot of friends there. Uh, hopefully, we'll be back. Uh, they're having their Beer Fest Asia coming up in spring, and uh, hopefully, I'll be going out to help them with that. I helped them last year. Oh, cool. Uh, great festival, a lot of fun. You know, it's interesting. Uh, Asia, very different from America. Uh, they are not what we'd call politically correct in any way. Is that right? And I like that. That's kind of awesome, yeah. So, their beer festival is uh, they don't stop serving people. They will serve you until you fall down and pass out. Wow. It's all part of the program there. I gotta go. Uh, they, <laughs> Nicole's, Nicole's clapping. Wow. Yeah. Just kidding. They have, uh, they, in, it, they employ fleets of bar girls to go out into the crowd and hand out beers, which you can't Nicole, do Nicole, are you with me on this ah, one? Come on. Boo. <laughs> boo. <laughs> the music. Hey, hey, they're employing people here. Right. Oh, okay. uh, the music is awesome. They get great bands uh, from all over the world to come and play there. Wow. And it's a huge focus of it. And it's not, you know, and I'm not saying this is good or bad. I'm just saying it's very different. Beer festivals in other countries are very different. Um, it's much more like a giant concert party with beer than it is a beer festival for tasting beer. Oh, really? Yeah. I like that. It's very different. And it's a lot of fun. It's just a different approach to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. We should do that. Maybe like, Nate can get a gig. We could all get... Well, no, <laughs> we could change our festival to be something All over like the that. world. That's, that's yeah. what I mean. The last hour of the fest, or from four to five, is yeah. for professionals only, where we you just have brain oil get up there... And rock and everyone just comes in and people just pour in pitchers of beer. It doesn't matter what it is. We'll just pound beer all day and get ready. Not in this play. country. Not in the land it. of the free. You're okay. not allowed to do that. Did here. I mention that's not necessarily the right approach? <laughs> no, it's just different. No, it's, it's just the different. Fun. We're, we're liking it. I'm saying. Yeah. 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 Well, it was fun. We like to experiment. Right. Yeah. I mean, Oktoberfest is nothing like our beer fests either. That's true. Uh, people pass out there. Yeah. Practically required. Actually, the only thing that's that's really not allowed there is to steal the mug. As long as you're not stealing the mug, they don't care what you yeah, do. Yeah, you know, exactly. don't piss on the table and don't steal the mug. The best beer picture I've ever seen on the internet, ever seen, is a uh, 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 little Asian dude walking down the street with a plastic bag that said Sing Tao on the side, and it was full of beer. Plastic bag, just full of beer. Yeah, it's wow. awesome. Oh, yeah. I see. You mean it wasn't it like was, a grocery bag? It was. It, it didn't have cans of beer in it. No, it, it was. It was full the of, of the bag. Was full of beer. Like that's his. Gra- that's bladder. his growler. Yeah, he went to yeah. the local pub, and that was his growler. <laughs> yeah, it was. It's great. I'm like, just wow, this it is so me. different. Yeah. It really is. Do and you there, help? There was a straw sticking out of it because no. that also is pretty common. <laughs> no, but I don't. I don't know that he had a straw or ice in it. Yeah, also common. Put a little pinhole in it. Drain it. All right, mouth. I'll deal with the straw, but I draw the line at ice, fell. That's it for me. Hey, hey, you know, when you're in Thailand having singha and it's uh, 110 degrees, ice is not that bad. It's not bad. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, when you'd be surprised. Thailand. Now, do you help out the, the brewmaster who you left behind there to, to do your brewing a lot? or I, You know, a guy's name is Colin Page, great guy. Uh, he needs no help. Okay. Uh, Colin is a, an accomplished brewer, um, very good brewer. Uh, he... The assistant I left there was also very good, uh, uh, Benton, nice guy, very, very nice guy, very capable. Uh, so the two of them together, they don't need my help, Got sadly. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right, you want to go back and help. I would love to yeah. go back and help. Yeah. Guys? Uh, they don't call me very often. Okay. Uh, but, no, I don't I don't help them out. What I, what I do do is I've helped out the Beer Fest Asia guys uh, getting their Beer Fest going about five, four or five years ago, and then I've helped them out each year uh, to get it together and put it on, and hopefully I'll help do that again. Um, and I'll visit the guys down at the brewery, but they don't need my help. And uh, what breweries uh, do you get? Just uh, Asia breweries to that festival or, or American breweries? And we sent beer last year. You did? Yeah. Right. Um, so that was kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, watching people in Singapore drink the Anderson Valley beers. Um, there's actually a pretty good contingent. There may be 10 American breweries, um, quite a few European, some Australian, 
most of the breweries from around Southeast Asia uh, are there. Most of the the packaging breweries, yeah. Um, you know, Southeast Asia has a lot more brew pubs than anything else. Uh, they don't have very many packaging breweries, but the ones that are there usually send their beer. So Singha is there definitely, uh, and some of the other Asian breweries. And the ABC laws, which I guess probably laws? isn't called the ABC. There? That's so. That's my question. It's very different. It's much. In other words, like here at my beer festival, there are brew pubs that can't send beer. They only have a pub license. Yeah, they don't have those sorts of rules there. Nothing like that. Okay. They, they do have rules, um, but they're nothing like our rules. It's kind of funny. It's kind of, you know, quite literally, I've seen, I've been in Singapore and watched a guy who was passed out on the bar, wake up from being passed out, order a drink, get served, <laughs> and then pass out again. Wow. You know, unheard of here. I and I, definitely not the way it should be done. But, <laughs> I mean, it just gives you... You know, conception. They have a different concept of personal responsibility, and you know right. uh, that kind of thing. But they do have the rules, but they're nothing like our rules. Okay. Do you think they run the infomercials there? Buzz driving is drunk driving. No, they, they don't. <laughs> they don't have buzz. They have drink driving, which means if you drink anything and you're involved in an accident, you go to jail is for a long right? time. For a long time. So there now, is see, no drunk driving. Personal responsibility. Yeah, yeah exactly. I like it. Yeah. Interesting juxtaposition. You, you can get drunk and pass out on the bar, but do you get behind the wheel, you will go to jail for a long, long time. To me, that makes sense. You're not like rolling off yeah. the bar and killing somebody. Right. But you get in a car. Yeah. If you want to, if you, if you're in walking distance, you're going to get a cab. You're going to be responsible to get yourself home and you want to get rip roaring drunk. Yeah. You can do it. Do it. Great. Yeah, why shouldn't you? They're and much, right. much less strict with serving and much more strict with consequences if you fuck up once yeah, you great. Yeah, I just read an article about a woman who got pulled over for her fourth DWI. I was like, really? How is it she got to three? Yeah. <laughs> I agree with that. <laughs> why wasn't question. she... Why didn't her license taken away forever? <laughs> I totally agree Come with that. Come on. That's true. Yeah. Now, JP has a lot yes. of uh, porn on his laptop. Would he I be do. allowed to enter Absolutely Singapore? Not. He's not allowed. Not yet. with that little laptop. He wouldn't. <laughs> would they, <laughs> would they check? <laughs> no, they don't check anymore. No. They used to. Score. You know, Did uh, they really? Yeah, they used to check everything. Wow. Uh, when I first moved there, you had to submit everything you owned for them to go through. Wow. Every book. I accidentally packed Lolita, which is a banned book there. <laughs> oh. And I thought, Oof. I, you know, I realized it after they'd shipped. I thought, oh, shit, I packed Lolita. Because I hadn't finished reading it. <laughs> And I was right. like, "Hey, that's on the list," but you know, they don't. They, at that point, they had been a lot less sure. strict about it. Yeah. Uh, they didn't, you know, my book showed up with the rest of my stuff, right? But they they but, used to screen every CD, every tape, every everything. Now wow. they're a little more lax. It makes you wonder for a minute there after you sent it. You're like, "Oh, damn, I'm not going to make it in now. They're going to deny it, right?" Oh, I'd get in. They just have confiscated the book. I right, think. Right, right. I see. And there'd be a little mark next to my name. Dude likes porn. <laughs> Monitor this right. man. They would tear yeah. up page 39, 45, and 87. Right. And keep an eye on him. Yeah, JP's list is like Poonhound 7. Oh, man. <laughs> They're like, I'm pretty sure that's on the list. I don't have any more room on my hard drive anymore. I actually need to go through my porn and wipe a lot of it. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. Copper Apple is on line one for Drunk of the Week. What's happening, Copper? Uh, hey. <laughs> What's up? Sound like you passed out while you were waiting for us to get to your call, huh? Nope, I'm here. You good? You just mellow. I'm here. I'm fine. No problem. <laughs> Hello. It's okay. Yeah, where are you calling from, I think Copper? It's a soundboard. <laughs> Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Oh, nice. All right. What do you have to drink tonight? Um, I had a few home brews, a few mixed <clears throat> brews. How long have you been laying on the kitchen floor? Did, did Two hours. Two hours. Tars. Yeah. I think he said tars. Tars. Did you say two mixed brews? Mixed brews. What's what a mixed brews? It's like a beer suicide. You go through all the taps and pour a little bit. Part commercial beer, part homebrew. 
Is that what you said? Two mixed it's brews? Blending, yeah. No. No. Uh, no. Okay. Right. Uh, <laughs> right. What is a mixed yeah. brew? Well, correct that. <laughs> yeah, he didn't. Uh, it's like a black and tan. Uh, are you are you married? No, not anymore. Not anymore. One uh, what'd actually you, what'd celebrating you do? my anniversary of unmarried. You are nice. This yeah, kind of sounds like divorced, a, a divorced one year now. Been Let's divorced t- for one year, huh? and has has been a good uh, raise of glass. Good experience for you. Being divorced? No, it sucks. Oh, <laughs> no, it blows. No. Getting divorced sucks. I see. What, so, about, what about being single? Uh, sounds that, like a less coherent jump. How's that going, that single thing? Is that going all right? No. no. Uh, yeah, met a, met, a, met a great girl, actually. Oh, nice. you started banging somebody new. boy. That's it. Okay. No. Yeah, actually, she's up early. Okay. Are you going to marry her? You're not banging her, are you? <laughs> yeah, I think I might. He doesn't even know her. She's actually just a secretary where he works. Uh, I, I, he met, I with met somebody. a real great girl. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's like, she didn't meet me, but I bought a movie ticket from her. I went the to the store. Movie. <laughs> I bought cigarettes from her, too, at the store. Uh, her name's Janet. Uh, she doesn't know me yet, but... Uh, she's gonna she be, will. <laughs> but, oh, yes, she will. Someday she'll know me. <laughs> uh, Copper, how would, your, how would your friends know that you're drunk right now? I want to get married again. Uh, <laughs> I'm so that they're both crying. I don't talk. I headbutt because I'm leaning in to listen. <laughs> I can, oh, that's a wow. good picture. I can yeah. see that. Okay. Yeah, you can see that. <laughs> uh, Singapore has rules against that. And, yeah, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a quiet guy, so I, I fucking I lean in and just headbutt people. And I smile, and I, and I love everybody. What, do you lean in, like, That's super fast, knows. and you split the bridge of their nose? <laughs> Some drunk Scottish weirdo, or yeah, what? Is this the Liverpool kiss, or <laughs> what are we talking about here? <laughs> All right, Mike, come here. Wham! Uh, I, the reason... I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a tall 10K runner. I fucking... Yeah. So you're up above. See, I got I can relate to this. I'm, I think it's so funny because I'm I'm really hard of hearing. I can't hear shit. And if we're in a loud bar or whatever, yeah. I gotta lean in. Like I have to kind of read lips and yep. get my yeah. ear close. I don't go. I'm not so yeah. wobbly that I'm fucking headbutting people as I'm doing it. But <laughs> um, I get the point. Sometimes I head people. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, Copper, shit, you sound perfect. drunk to me. I think you're in the running for drunk of the week. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> you got my vote. Just <laughs> whatever. Well, hey, Copper, do you love right. cats also? Do you love cats? Because you like to run, so I figured maybe if you'd love cats, uh, you'd get my vote. Fuck. Yeah, 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 the whole cats thing. Actually, <laughs> I, I do have a cat, but I do want to say that... Uh, <laughs> do you like every kind of cat? Fucking what? No, I don't. 2011, lost my wife, lost my house, started making beer. And the beer has been the best thing in my life. Nice. Right. Yeah. Awesome, right. man. Winning with beer. We like that. Just remember, it's not across the street. It's right. down the road. Yep. <laughs> cheers. Right. Walk it. All right, brother. Thanks, Copper. From Milwaukee, cheers. 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 Right. There you go. Copper from Milwaukee. From Milwaukee. My, Milwaukee. From my fucking living room, cheers. From my living room in Milwaukee, I see you. Cheers. I like that he doesn't talk, whereas most people are like, yeah, they say I talk way too much. He right. was like, yeah, I don't, you know. I'm I don't quiet. talk, I headbutt. So he's <laughs> in Milwaukee. You think he's I'm ever quiet. been to the safe house? He's <sighs> had to have been. Because <laughs> that's, that's a great bar. I I think I've been to the Possibly safe house. Possibly the greatest bar on the planet. Yeah, I think I've been there. 
The secret agent themed bar? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they have a strict no headbutting policy. They do so have a strict right. no headbutting. He's not allowed there anymore. I did have a couple distribution questions uh, that came through the chat for you, Fal. Um, actually, ironically, uh, any plans to expand your distri- distribution to Minnesota, for example? We are in the planning stages on that. We like Minnesota. Mm-hmm. We'll see if we can uh, if we can do that. But you know, I'm not in charge of our sales or distribution. The uh, the boss is in charge of that. Okay. So I can only tell you that we're thinking about it. Uh, how, many, how many states are you in right now? Approximately twenty four, I think twenty six, maybe. Um, oh, that's right. I remember it being a bunch. Yeah, cool. some of them are not as. It's uh, a lot. I know that. Yeah, sure, yeah. It, we're somewhere in the half. Awesome. You know, twenty five, twenty six. Uh, Texas, sort of, we're halfway in, halfway out. Leaving Texas, kind of frustrated. And we're talking East Coast folks. <laughs> <laughs> East Coast, so normal, folks, East Coast folks I work with are like, you know, it's, it's great beer. Can you find it? Oh, yeah, it's around everywhere. And they're just happening to see bottles here and there just a little bit. It's pretty cool. All right. Yeah, we're sending out east. I guess uh, one of our Australian listeners, Grad, says that you ship to Australia. On really? occasion. Um, okay. I'm not sure we're going to do that anymore. Sadly for, uh, well, I don't know, maybe not sadly. Uh, Australia has a whole bunch of uh, barriers to entry, um, much like my ex-girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Who's also unsatisfied. <laughs> Well done. Yeah. Uh, so we uh, we probably won't be sending beer to Australia anytime soon. They want you to sticker uh, each individual can or uh, bottle, and that it's just too much for yeah. us. Yeah. So we do uh, export our beer to Brazil, Japan, Korea, uh, Singapore, a um, wow. couple other places, some a uh, couple of countries in Europe, and we used to do Australia, but I don't think we will anymore. Sorry, dude. Now that can't be. Uh, you can't be doing that for the money. In other words, there can't be profit in shipping to those places. It seems so difficult. Well, we don't lose money doing it, no doubt. Okay. Um, I think we do make money. Um, Does it sell for like 12 bucks a six-pack down there? You know, I don't know. The, yeah. uh, the Brazil guys order the most, and they're incredibly enthusiastic. Uh, the Japan guy, who we just started with... Um, is really good. He sends... He, this guy's so awesome. He sends us kegs, his own kegs. We fill them up. We ship them to him. I mean, there's just no downside to sending him beer. Um, he takes a little bit of bottle and can product, but uh, it's all refrigerated all the way. He sends us the cans, you know, the, the kegs. Um, it's a great deal, and the beer gets there really fresh. He takes good care of it. And the Brazil guys are similar. They don't send us the kegs, but they do send all refrigerated uh, supply chain. Wow. And so the beer is really, you know, it's as in, a good a shape as it's going to be. So they make it easy on you to, to do it. Yeah, and okay. some of the other places make it a little bit harder. And Australia, sadly, Australia is one of them. We may ship more beer to Australia one day, but... Um, they need to ease up. The, the, a sticker on each bottle, really? <laughs> yeah, that's ridiculous. That's what we ask people to do when they send us their homebrew, though. <laughs> if you send us your homebrew, you're going to put a sticker on each bottle. Pythoner is online oh. for Drunk of the Week. What's up, man? Oh, I have yourself. <laughs> what? Oh, it's one word. That's who it is. It's all, it's all one, one word. Whatever. One word. Self. I don't talk very much on drunk. <laughs> <laughs> but I, 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 yeah. You real drunk tonight? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, how, how would we know? All right. <laughs> well, I, uh, well, I normally don't talk to people. I call them humans because they're not people. Um, and I um, having problems separating words. Wait, wait, wait. He's on another, another planet. Problem separating he, words. He's you, literally on another planet. You normally don't talk to humans. Aliens have landed there. Well, yeah, because they're not decent enough to call people. <laughs> so, who do you spend uh, most of your time talking to? Your pets. 
unfortunately, no. My boy, uh, or my boy, I say boy, uh, I got a big German Shepherd male. That'd be a um, pet. Yeah, not uh, my pet, my man. boy. I don't, I don't think. Uh, Listen, actually, I think maybe, maybe actually your relationship with your German Shepherd might be unhealthy. I don't. Hey, go ahead and clarify. My parents have him. You what? My parents have call. my parents have my uh, my dog, and uh, the wife has two dogs. And one, if she was to tell me right now she wanted it dead, I would go and. Uh, Beat it to death and dig a hole and bury it. Can you do that on the air, please? What the fuck are this you? is an extramarital relationship he's having with this other dog he's with right now, apparently. Well, the other dog isn't. Was is there a beating to death uh, sentence? Yes, there was. Yeah, that, that's also I kind of glossed over that. But <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. By the way, Fal's the only one who cares about the unhealthy yeah. part. The rest yeah. of you idiots are just like, yeah, he's going to beat up his dog. <laughs> it's funny. He's drunk. <laughs> I believe, I believe Peter Peter is coming to your house now. <laughs> yeah. They have a squad car. I don't even have to be drunk to to think about beating this dog and the wife and the other the radio and probably very, very upset with me right now. Are you still with your wife? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's with the dog? What's, what kind of dog is it? It's a uh, Jack Russell Chihuahua Ooh. fucking... Oh, that sounds like, that sounds like a disaster. <laughs> Ow. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like yeah. Nicole's regular voice. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> Uh, and so your and your parents took away the other dog because you were talking to it. Is that what I understood? Well, then uh, no. My parents uh, like I bought their house, and when they moved, they had the German Shepherd that was my dog's mom, and uh, they took <laughs> oh. the both of them. You're right. trying to you're trying to All sort right. out the life of a crazy I, person. I can't help it. I'm you're sorry. trying to figure a crazy <laughs> hey, drunk hey, person. It's out. At though. least he's not living in the basement of his parents' house. No, he bought the house. Well, maybe, I know maybe that's, maybe he could still, still be living awesome. in the basement. Right, well, he, he bought the be, house too. But he owns that basement. basement. <laughs> that's right. Miller yeah. owns that basement. Well, that's actually, different. actually, the dog lives upstairs, and I live in the basement because the dog is more decent than I am. Because I don't really consider it a pet; I consider it a, a, I consider it a person a, a, a <laughs> underwear. Because it's more decent. Where's Pythoner from? There's a good accent. Yeah, fucking Jupiter. Oh, that's what Georgia. Where are you from, okay. Jupiter? What part of Georgia? Macon. Oh well. um... If you know Interstate 95, it's uh, Exit 1. Oh, oh yeah! Yeah, that's right. uh, the, yeah. the one with the tire change place right off exactly. the side there? That's the <laughs> Is there a Chick-fil-A in that exit? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, well, got, but I you, got lynched off that exit. As far as southeast as you can go without being in Florida. So you go, you, uh, ma- you make a left and you, there's that old mattress on the side of the road right there? That's yes, that place. With the racist across the street? <laughs> Triple K <Cool>. tires? <laughs> Well, the, 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 drug, the people who were the drug people did live across the street, but they didn't pay their uh, mortgage. They got um, uh, left. The drug people <laughs> got left. They got. They got did left. Did you hear that, Justin? Did they leave their trailer, you or did say, it stay? You can say the black people. The drug people got left. Oh, oh no, 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 they were white. It, oh, it was oh, a lot of cocaine you. and weed. I, uh, I think there's meth involved here. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> Pounds. When I take a drug test, I do pop for amphetamines, but it's legal, so you know, whatever. Shocking. I see. ADD meds. ADD. Uh, that doesn't count. Unless you're snorting it with your German Shepherd. Are you on? Are you on them now? Uh, yeah, yeah. I took it a couple hours ago. Oh, oh fuck! It's eleven o'clock. <laughs> um, might have to up your dose. A oh shit! Bit, it's bro. Tuesday. Are you on Ridlin? No, no, no. It's uh, the same shit. Docs on. It's uh, Vianase. Um, oh yeah, uh-huh. that's good shit. Way better than Redland. Yeah, Vianney. Don't take it when you're hungover. It's <laughs> Mickey crazy. All right, Pythoner, you're in the running for drunk of the week, man. 
All right. Well, yeah, I just finished uh, working on my... Oh, I didn't finish working on but I was working on my cold room. Eight-byte cold room for uh, kegs and fermentation and my five uh, bourbon barrels. And body. Nice. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. It's, a, it's really a morgue. It's not cold enough to drain bodies of blood, so, you know, whatever. It's just for beer. What I'm glad you know that. Was that down in your basement or what? Isn't there a shed out back? Oh, Who no. do you do that? Maybe you hang them up, screen, keep the flies out. <laughs> it's the next wave in crap ring. Body hopped bourbon barrels. <laughs> Body hopped. <laughs> and I run this through the central nervous system of a human being. <laughs> I call it, is that a person, yeah. though? I call it Randall because then the guy's name was Randall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's left ventricle blooded. Not it's like weird. that other pussy Now Randall. Sam's going to have yeah. to try that. See what you've done? <laughs> I know. It's, I'm, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure evil Sam Calagione already has tried that. Probably uh, has. Python, you're in the running for Drug of the Week. Thanks, man. And Scary Dude's on the line. Also calling him for uh, Drug of the Week. Scary was. Dude. What's up, man? Hey, what's going on, man? How are you? Where are you calling from? I don't know. Uh, New York, Long Island. All right. You mean Strong Island? What? Strong Island? Fuck yeah, That's man. right. See, wow. I know I connect with my peeps. You thought I was being an I'm, asshole? I'm, Fuck that. I'm connecting I'm not, with my I'm units. I'm not bringing it weak. It's, it, it's coming strong. That's right, baby. <coughs> All right. Uh, you, you had a lot to drink today? Uh, yeah. What? I certainly did. What time did you start? Easy with the attitude. Uh, about <laughs> one... Or maybe two-ish Eastern Standard Time. Okay. <laughs> and what did you start with? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I kind of cheated. Kick some dude's ass. Lie. It was it was a uh, sapphire and tonic kind of day. Yeah, you are. That's a from perfectly fine startup. All right. That's fine. All right. Um, and it was about uh, seven eighths of a lime worth of gin and tonic. <laughs> okay. Um. And then I went with, the order is kind of messy after that, but uh, I had a dogfish head 90 minute, um, a uh, flying dog, uh, doggy style, and a flying dog tire bite. Okay. As well as this, uh, this homebrew that I made, it's called Mindfucker. Because it smells really hoppy, but it doesn't taste hoppy. Because none of my friends like hops. I, I need new friends, I know, right? Uh, well, not necessarily. That's pretty cool. I like a smell hoppy, not taste hoppy beer. Sounds good. It does sound good. Yeah. Sounds, sounds like a mind fuck. Yeah. You know, that'd you be a good have, You don't have to get new friends. Yeah. That's what I was going for. Unless you want new friends. Have you been, uh, you've been drinking alone all day? Yeah, I have no friends. Okay. <laughs> Wait a minute, so you, d- you, you just said you had friends, <laughs> well, and now you don't have friends. He did say he has to get new ones. Oh, yeah. So what did you do with your happened? old friends? Right, what happened? Uh, yeah, the, one, the ones that I have don't really count. They're not, like, actual friends. What are they, dogs? <laughs> I really hope none of them are listening. <laughs> no, they're they're hanging up in Pythoner's cold storage. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, if you had a friend, uh, how would he know that you're drunk right now? Because I would take his heart and use it for a pump in my brew system. <laughs> What kind of well, behavior? What, how does your behavior change when you get drunk? Come on, a little self analysis here. Um. Well, I I I'd like to say that I become an asshole, but I'm an asshole normally, so that that's really you're from not, Long Island. not the case. All right. Maybe, maybe maybe I become nice. That could be I it. I think I. Yeah. <laughs> I start to actually like my friends. You're like a conscientious <laughs> asshole then. <I> guess. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. Here, I made you these cookies. Self-aware. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, uh, scary dude, you're in the running for Drunk of the Week, man. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Hell yeah. All right, brother. Take All care. Right. Thanks a lot, guys. Cheers. Yeah, yeah cheers. Totally rad. Yeah. I'm pumped. I'm super pumped. Stoked, asshole. All right, we'll do one more, and then I gotta, I gotta take one more break, and then we'll come back and we'll vote. We'll do Twitter game. We'll do all that. But Zebrew is on the line. Uh, drunk the week. Zebrew. Zebrew. Did I lose you? Oh, there you are. Hey, Zebrew. What's up, man? Hey, what's up? <laughs> calling for drunk of the week. Are you sure you're not calling for stoner of the week? Not today, man. I've I've laid off. I'm ruined today. If I smoke, man, I can't keep up with anything. <laughs> All right. So you just been drinking a lot then, huh? Yes, sir. I started at nine thirty today. <laughs> oh, nice. What did you brew? How's that possible? I made a cream. I I I, <clears throat> I made a cream ale today. Uh, I've had the flu the last couple of weeks, so I'm trying to make up for lost ground. So uh, <laughs> I a couple buddies over is. His dad made a fifteen percent wine, so I killed a bottle of that. Mm-hmm. How old are you, Zebrew? I'm twenty-three. Twenty-three, that a boy. Sounding forty-five. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've been smoking for eighty-nine years. <laughs> uh, well, uh, so did you fall over at all today when you were brewing? No, no. I um... did you burn yourself? No, I got close. I, I stumbled. I tripped over my dog a couple times, but I, I spent as much of the day as I could sitting down. <laughs> a boy. You know, doing my best to avoid disaster wherever I could. Right. <laughs> Do you think this beer is going to turn out okay? I think it's excellent. I, I Facebooked you earlier today getting get that address I could send it to. Oh, that's oh. right. Oh, yeah, you're going to uh, send us some beer. That's good. Uh, that's right. As long as it comes out okay, I'll, I'll try and do the tasty method and fill it straight from the tap because I don't really bottle anymore. That's so, fine. We'll fuck it. That. Can't wait for that shit. <laughs> That'll be good. But We're in a drought this here. My last, uh, this is my last low gravity beer for a while. I'm going to be doing some strong stuff coming up. So. Uh, don't puss out. All right, on, a, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the drunkest you've ever been, uh, what are you right now? I, I just woke up from dozing off, and I just realized you were still on, so I'd say I'm about nine and a half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll give you that. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, last time I called in, I, I called in sick to work the next day because I was peaking to about four o'clock, so I'm not quite there yet. Okay. All right. Well, I don't I'm want you to... But, but you're half a point away from that, then, by your scale. That's true. He's up there. Yeah. Half a point, but I'm, I'm waiting for the girlfriend to get off work so she can take me to Black Star Co-op. So I may be there after that. <laughs> I thought you were in Long Island. Am I mixing up my phone calls yeah. now? Yeah, no, yeah. no. You think it's scary, I'm, Dave? Oh, it's got to be in Austin. Oh, Zebra's in Austin. Okay, yeah. right. Austin me, is nice. Let me write this down. Yeah, yeah I, I was like, yeah. all right, Zebra, you are now in the running for Drunk of the Week. We're going to take a break and then vote. Thanks, guys. All right, brother. Cheers, man. Good luck. Bye. Um. Good luck tomorrow and with winning uh, Drunk of the Week. Let's do this. We'll yeah. take a we'll take a, a, a pretty short break here, uh, and then we'll come back. We'll do Drunk of the Week, and we'll get out of here, right? We've got to do Twitter game, Drunk of the Week, and then we can go. Any final questions for Foul, 888-401-BEER, or just hit the chat now button. Here's uh, a little more music from our headliner at Winter Bruce Festival, Forest Day. It's Saturday, January 28th from 12 to 4. You can go to winterbrucefestival.eventbrite.com and check these boys out. They're good, man. It's good stuff. Come see us.
for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Cut hours off your brewing sessions by using one of their 11 varieties of famous Williams malt extract. Their new Snaplock stainless steel camlock fittings will make connecting your pump or heat exchanger quick and easy. Or check out their exclusive paintball tank-based draft beer equipment. They even have their own line of precision hydrometers. Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse their vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 4 p.m. Pacific Time weekdays ship the same day. Brewing is easy. The Williams way. Hi, I'm Jamel Zanishef, and in addition to my work on the Brewing Network, I write the style profile column in every issue of Brew Your Own magazine. Hi, I'm Sean Paxton, and when I'm not prepping for the home brewed chef on the Brewing Network, you can find me writing articles on how to cook with your home brew for Brew Your Own magazine. Greetings, cretins. This is John Palmer, and when I'm not writing for Brew Your Own, I'm reading it. 
John Palmer, Sean Paxton, Jamil Zanishev. If you love listening to them on the Brewing Network, you'll love reading their articles, tips, and recipes in the pages of Brew Your Own magazine. Join Jamil, John, and Sean eight times a year in Brew Your Own. And when you subscribe to BYO on the Brewing Network website, half of your subscription price goes right back to the BN to support great beer and food programming. So sign up for Brew Your Own magazine through the BN website today so you can listen and read your way to better homebrew. Here's a bite for beer lovers. Soft caramel made with real craft brew and coated in chocolate. And hop drops, hard candies made with real hop oil. Introducing Beer Candy from BeerCandy.com. Beer Candy's amazing caramels come in four mouth-watering flavors. IPA, bitter gold wrapped in smooth white chocolate. Lager made with a familiar beer from Boston and coated in milk chocolate. Lambic, soury Belgian goodness full of fresh raspberry and dipped in dark chocolate chocolate and stout roasty cocoa chocolate insanity hop drops are made with fuggles or cascade hops and are known as the candy that bites you back choose from sampler and full sizes of both and make your mouth jump to life all at beercandy.com hop drops and beer caramels satisfy your sweet tooth as only a beer lover could with beer candy visit beercandy.com today when Israel at sin and God was trying to decide who he going to send down to save the earth, they was around, somebody had, had suggested that he sent Abraham. He told Pharaoh that Sarah was his sister, not his wife. Then he said, no, he can't send Noah. said, strictly illegal. Noah was a little, little, little wino. I had a fellow live next door to me who brewed homebrew in the bathtub. The beer we selling now not good enough. Good enough. But it was strictly illegal. 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 I don't think you want to do this to your children, do you? Man, you gonna make everybody up there wild. I don't think you want to do this to your children, do you? Strictly you know, we have people that live on the streets that go into your local Dollar General store and buy shaving lotion for a high. For a high. For a high. Chevy's Regal is stamped and approved by the government agency that says this is for high. Healthy. 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 Strictly illegal. For high. Healthy. For high. Healthy. For high. You don't want your child at a, at a party. Our children are already getting a, getting a whole to enough alcohol. Brewed homebrew in the bathtub. In the bathtub. I can just see my bootlegger now. I can just see my bootlegger now. 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 I got all I want for free. I got all I want for free. folks making moves down in the house. What is M-E-A-D, need? What is that? You know, the thing about this deal that really scares me the most, you got to be scientifically trained to determine that. Chevy's Regals is stamped and approved by the governmental agency that said this is healthy. Chevy's Regals is stamped and approved 
strictly illegal. You know when Israel had sinned, strictly illegal. God was trying to decide who you gonna send down. Strictly illegal. Somebody had had suggested that he sent Abraham. Strictly illegal. If you're just starting, don't be discouraged by all this stuff. It's exactly. so easy. Just throw it yeah. together. Put you're some sugar and some water and some yeast in there. Yeah. Network. <laughs> Brewcasters are back. It is a 401 beer. Whatever. All right, special thanks to Fal Allen from Anderson Valley Brewing yes. Company. Awesome uh, guy. He had to run. Uh, we kept him already an hour uh, later than he had hoped to be here. But a super nice guy, and I just wanted to thank him for coming in and spending time with us. Um, yeah, it's good to have him around. And, man, that beer's tasting good. Oh, yeah. You yeah, know, that was real good. In terms of freshness and stuff like that, I was kind of mentioning at the break, you know, I don't think he brought us all like beer straight from the brewery. Somebody had like price tags on top. I think yeah. he picked it up at the at you know a liquor store on the way. I just mean to say it was all super uh. fr- like brewery fresh tasting, and I'm pretty positive that a lot of it he just picked up on the way down. Confidence at- in your product, yeah, yeah, that's class act too. Just paying a couple bucks to buy your beer to have yeah. in the studio. It's really cool. That's pretty rad. Uh, so good to have him. I did want to say, you can go to avbc.com. It's andersonvalleybrewingcompany.com, avbc.com, and check it out. You know, SF Beer Week is coming up in February, and Fal said they've just got a ton of different events going on that they're doing. So if you go to avbc.com, you probably get a bead on what's going on when you can see Fal down here. He said he's going to be down doing different things himself, and then, of course, the brewery will be doing different things. So come check it out, avbc.com, and uh, you can get all the information. You can also get information on the Boonville Beer Festival, where it sounds like you'll find us, right, Tasty? Yeah, we'll be there. I want to go so bad this year. We'll be year. running uh, Tasty's Tasting Room there. Again. I think uh, it's basically, you know what that means, is I will have been like living out of my camper for about two weeks by that point, because I'm going to oh, the yeah. Craft Brewers yeah. Conference, and I'm driving the bus to that. Nice. Then I'm leaving the Craft Brewers Conference to go to the so SoCal, because yeah. I love it. Right. Yeah. I'll be I'll be there, and then so driving up from that to, uh, uh, there might be like a day or two I sleep uh, in a bed. Yeah. It's going to be like 3,500 miles. On the old bus, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Both ends of the state. She'll be fine. She'll be fine. It'll be me. It's the mileage that it wears on me, not the bus. I'll be all smelly by the time I get to Boonville. Because you're doing like 55 all the way everywhere. (laughs) Yeah, no, you know, just yeah, Yeah. there's no no stress, especially down the five with the wind kicking everywhere. Oh man, Uh, last year was a couple years ago. Now I did. I was driving the bus back from Los Angeles after Burning Man. Yeah, Uh, and uh, Sam was driving it. Sammy, Sammy the douche. Yeah. I go lay down in the back, 
And this bus is swerving, all, like almost off the road. Yeah, scared the shit out of me. And it was just wind. It was heavy wind. Oh, and it's he windy. Was, oh, I'm like Sam. What are you doing? No, oh, the wind. Mm, Bebo's what? farting all the time. I can't, <laughs> hey, stop farting, Bebo. I can't take it. It's the wind. Too many farts. We're going to blow the topsoil out. It's going to be a dust bowl. Congress created dust bowl and I'm farting. Ah, Wendy, ah. Ah, Bevo created dust bowl. <laughs> yeah. Bevo created dust bowl. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, there you go. Yeah. Well, good. <laughs> How many beers do we have to try? I have two in front of me. You want to take a DOT dub or you want to take some beer? A DOT dub. The, the, the U was too hard for you to say? It's so modern. Hipster over there? Uh, Dub, let's bro. talk to uh, Juice on line one from Massachusetts. Hey, Juice, what's happening? <laughs> hey, what's up? How are you, man? Um, I got a drunk. Yeah, that a boy. You drinking by yourself? Yeah. I love you on Sons of Energy. Um, right now I am. I've been drinking all day, though. It's about like 9 o'clock in the morning. I was drinking with other people, but now I'm, uh, yeah, now I'm by myself. Hey, now, climb on. Hang on. I just want you guys to do a little comparison. Noah was a little, uh, little, little, little wino. And then this guy, I'm, I'm not a fucking southerner, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you are when you're drinking. No. Either that, you are, or you have no, a stroke. I, no, I'm from the northeast. I might be drunk, but I ain't that stupid. <laughs> all, right, all right, I just, ch- I just wanted to do a quick uh, comparison. Can you? Can, yeah, no problem. Can you say what is mead for me? What is M E A D mead? What What is mead? What is M E A D? What is that? What is that? Uncanny. Uncanny. Fucking honey wine. Fucking honey wine. Yeah. All right. What have you been drinking? Yeah, dude. Oh, uh, Miami. You know. What? 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 Yeah. Oh no shit. Yeah. Um. Huh? Um. I'm currently on my twenty fourth beer. Which ain't saying much because I started at like um, nine wow. o'clock this morning. Did the did the East but, um, Coast just come out of him or what? No, he just Big turned time. into Sylvester uh-huh. Stallone. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Rob Josiah. Uh, yeah, fuck you. I'm from the Northeast. It I don't came- pronounce my eyes. Yeah, so, but it just it, like it just hit like two minutes into the conversation. <laughs> Suddenly, you're like stereotypical East Coast guy. Doesn't pronounce his eyes. Well, oh, I love Juice. I was doing my Southern accent before. Yeah, uh, Juice is a badass. I love this guy. No, I, I had a um a six pack of. Hold on, I saved the caps. Hold on, I uh, it's like a cold front. It's like some Belgian amber and shit. Yeah, and a six pack of. Uh, Polliner, Polliner Salvatore. Wow. Salvatore. And a six pack of old brown dog. I'm sorry, uh, Smutty Nose, old brown dog. Are you sure you had the entire six pack? Six beer. No, yeah, I've had uh, those three, and I'm on my, um, hold on. Wait. My full six pack. Uh, fuck! What is this shit? Sierra Nevada rye, some shit. Oh, I'm drinking that too. Ruthless. Is that the uh, ruthless rye? The ruthless rye. Yeah, ru- yeah, ru- uh, ruthless rye. Yeah, I'm that's, with you. I get it. Yeah, I just bu- I just I'm picked it up today. I'm drinking that right now, and uh, it's not bad. It's not bad at all. I kind of like it. What do you guys think of this beer? Yeah, honestly, it's really I good. Like- I like a lot of the other Sierra Nevada beers a lot better, but the, the same. It's not bad. Can I try some of yours? Really, really nice Cascade no. character in the beer. I think I don't know. I don't know if that's what they use, but it seems like it. Nate, you haven't blown anybody. What the fuck? Uh, not like, today. Are you talking at the same time? Uh, 
We do. We're doing that on purpose. Park the car no, and Harvard Yard. Nah, I don't like it. It's, <laughs> All right. it's real fruity. There's like a fruity ester thing going on. You think so? Yeah. Way, I no, do. yeah the, oh, shit. I should probably go to bed. All right. Well, but, we're going to pick Drunk of the Week right now, Juice. You are in the running, my friend. Well, how are his friends going to know All when right. he's drunk? Oh, hey. How do, your friends, how do your friends know when you're drunk? You ask your friend Mickey to cut you? Uh, because... Uh, I don't know because I fucking start talking like I am right now. <laughs> fair, that is fair well enough, enough, Juice. Fair enough, brother. All right, cheers, yeah. man. All right, there you go, Juice from the Northeast or Alabama. I'm not sure. Did you guys hear yeah. Push's new mix at the break? No. You know when it's pretty good. I'll give you a little bit of it. It's a new. He, he did a new one from last week. It's not. It's better than last week. Oh, redo. Somebody had had suggested that he sent Abraham. He told Pharaoh that Sarah was his sister, not his wife. Then said, no, he can't send Noah. said, strictly illegal. Noah was a little, little, little wine old. Kind of bored. I had a fellow live next door to you me who don't know talent when you hear it. The beer we sell up. now not good enough. Good enough. But it was strictly illegal. I don't think you want to do this to your children, do you? Man, you gonna make everybody up there We're just gonna play this on loop at BNA Seven <laughs> for three days. You know, we have people that live on the streets that go into your. I like the original. I like the first one. Yeah, this one's better. You I don't like the giant buildup. I don't like this new side by side. We need Chevy a big Regal symbol for it. And Especially now when you get the Chevy Regal. Healthy. 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 Strictly illegal. Yeah, he got, you got better quotes in there, and you got to be into the techno thing a little oh, bit. You know, uh, you know a, a, a little bit. I, I, you know, I get that. I just, it's not my favorite. I like the other one better. I don't All think right. you want to do this to your children, do you? Right. Chevy Regal. You just don't like shaving lotion for a high, do you, JP? Okay, do you have this beer ready yes. for us to... Yes, uh, it's right why don't in front you pour of you, right it? there. That's it right there? Yes. Which one is this? This is a Brett IPA. All right, so I guess this beer... Who's this beer from? It's from uh, my cousin Brian, who you'll remember from the Cigar and Beer Show. I yeah. uh, met these guys at a cigar expo. They're big homebrewers, big fans of the show. So they sent us some of their uh, concoctions to try. First one's a Brett IPA. <clears throat> Very cool. Thanks for him sending it. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. What's, yes. What's next? It doesn't, Paul, Paul it doesn't say Brett IPA. On you know, list. that's uh, he he sent me that email a while ago. He might have sent me some different stuff it's in the green uh, bottle here, time that elapsed. So I'm sorry if I don't have Swing details. topper. Oh, yeah. There's some things wrong with that beer. It's got yeah. a little bit of a urinal yeah. cake thing going. <laughs> he, wow. he wanted, yeah. His name's Paul Vaughn. He wanted feedback. Big so phenols. Really big phenols. Like plastic-like phenols as well as like a lot of obviously hop character from IPA. But What is that? Hot fermentation? Not phenols? necessarily. It could be a it's yeast choice. Yeast. I think it's oh. yeast choice or wild yeast, maybe, as Nicole is saying. But oh, okay. I thought it was, it's too bitter of a beer to try to. The hard part about souring a beer, a bitter beer, is that it's not going to take a lot of the 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 bitterness out. It's actually going to make it more bitter. It's going to enhance it because you're taking all the malt sweetness down, all the unfermentable sugars. I think that's a good point. And it's too it's it's too much. I had one sip of it. And I can't I can't touch it. Acid it, enhances bitterness for sure too. It makes yeah. it kind of. There's maybe a hop choice in mm. here, too. There's a pine-like hop character, which is clashing from the yeast, I think, maybe, too. I don't know. What do you think, Nicole? Yeah, what else, Nicole? Tell me about this beer. Do it now, though. Because it's, it's got some issues. I, I agree with uh, with Tasty and, and his assessment there. I think that's coming from kind of a, a fruitiness that's coming from the Brett. Um, so mm. there's kind of that, like, 
peach cobbler that you forgot in your car and then you ate it anyway. Kind of like I do that all the time. <laughs> it's kind the, of it's weird. I don't know why I describe that way. It's weird. Like yeah, it's like cinnamon and kind of like slightly turned fruit. Um, kind of a. Uh, so for to be constructive for the brewers, are we talking about a sanitation issue here, well, or just that well, maybe don't brett, add brett to this beer? I think it's the brett the was intentional. Yeah. I think it's. I don't. I don't know that it sat with the brett long enough, or that they were maybe they didn't use a very complex set of bugs. Okay, so more of a recipe yeah. issue. You're well, saying it's just a concept. I mean, what's, yeah. what's the point of a brett IPA? I mean, mm. Well, that's true. Looking for trouble. It, I mean, it, it could be just a, uh, a, a a more of a process, really, than than either. Two. First of all, I don't think you should brett an IPA if it's super bitter like that. Mm-hmm. But second of all, it, it, it probably was left on the yeast a long time in the IPA. Tasted it, it wasn't that great. Let's add brett to it. Probably left that on the brett a long time, mm. um, and you get these weird funky flavors. Okay. I can, my, but I don't know. I don't. Without, I can without, buy into all that without knowing the process and the recipe and talking to the. I, uh, there's no way to tell. It's hard to say. What's the other one we have? This one is a. Uh, it's an English barley wine aged in an Evan Williams barrel from the year 2000. Okay, this one I do have the info on. <laughs> I'm gonna rinse it out with bitter American. Yes, bitter American. Okay. Right before we switch to the spear, Jay, I Brett can be used to. Attempt to rescue a beer that's not working, right? No. And is this just an example of one where they no. tried that and it didn't work? It can never. Can? It can never. No, no. Garbage in, garbage out. If you have a shitty beer, it's not going to get better. Nothing's going to rescue it. No, it's not going to get better by adding something to it. It will make it less pronounced, but it's never going to fix it. So should you always abandon then a batch that you just? No, because you, I mean it could be drinkable, right? But but drinkable versus not not contaminated or not wrong or broken still is very different. I think we usually when people are using bugs to, quote, fix a, uh, a beer that didn't work is because fermentation got stuck at some point and uh, the beer is severely under attenuated. And if the and if you think it's a beer that might taste good if it were sour and and thin in body and had the complex phenols and, and esters that Brett gives, then yeah, try it. Um, but if it's, you know, if it's something that's really bitter... Um, or is something that's intended to have hot flavor as the highlight? You kind of want to think twice. It's, it can be a bit of a hail mary to just throw the, the bugs into some exactly beer that maybe it doesn't uh, mm-hmm. it didn't finish the way you want it to be. And does exactly. it does it ever work? I think that's good advice, by the way, Nicole, to just go. All right, look, would it have been good? You know, just by flavor profile, if I put bugs in it, don't do it just because. Yeah. Right. You Although, have to. You have to already like a, what's there. I would right. also say though, I I do get why home brewers do it. Sure. The beer's not good. You don't want to dump it. It's a last ditch effort, and you're kind of like, "Fuck it, maybe it will be yeah, great." It right? Might. Hey, you never so know. And I do get why that might happen. You might want to use it for blending if you start making a lot of sour beers. Yeah, yeah. or yeah. it's a, or you could at least make it drinkable. But if you don't like it in any capacity, right, it's never going to be good. And I think it's maybe more more if you have a, a contamination issue. Maybe you didn't clean your keg well or something like that, or there's a, a contaminated yeast and it's kind of starting to turn a little tart. Yeah. Then maybe, yeah, p- pitch some, some, some viable bugs, p- get a vial from White Labs, pitch a couple of those in there, mm-hmm. see how it goes. But if you have an off flavor or uh, some weird phenols going on, it may or may not work. It's, but it's worth a try. It's, it's seven bucks or dump your yeast right now. It's, right. You know, it's, what are you gonna, you know, who cares? Right. Now, this second beer... I think has some similar issues going on, actually. Uh, the, I do have some stats on it. For one, it's big. It's a, a 13% alcohol beer. Their original gravity was 1131, is what they have noted. 
Terminal gravity was 1033. But that hydrometer just popped right back out of that <laughs> yeah, fucking tube, gra- man. Terminal gravity, 1033. So it's a big beer. Um, I actually, I do like it better than the first beer, but it has some, to me, uh, some tart qualities mm-hmm. that I just wonder how they got there. Like tart too. cherries, almost. Yeah. I get okay. um, like a, like you're tasting a sick sour beer, like it's a slick... Mm. Kind of thing going like a like a like ropey like it tastes did feels in my mouth like a ropey quality like a you know what I mean? Did you say two, my di- semen. two different words there? Slick and sick? Or did yeah. you say you did? It's like a sick like when sour beers are sick they have like a, a protein you know ropey thing that going is on slick in beer- on your palate. Yeah. But I don't I don't right. think I get that. This beer definitely has some sort of contamination issue, but the, the main problem for me is the the fusel alcohols that are going on in here. It's it's really it's really hot and solventy because of how high alcohol. Yeah, it is. I think that what happened was that 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 wort was just so intense. And this is person's a new brewer. You said. Um, I I think he's been brewing for uh, maybe like a couple of years. Okay, I, I could be wrong. I think it I don't ta- think he's new. It tastes like a beer where the yeast was really really stressed out. Which yeah. you know the first time you start brewing really really high high gravity beer. It's pretty common to ha- stress the yeast out by not pitching enough or yep. not controlling temperature appropriately, etc. And you get a lot of solventy character. Mm-hmm. Um, they produce a lot of fusels. All beer is going to have some fusels. It just depends on, on you know how how much is being produced. And the, so, and the higher alcohol you get, the the more, or I should say, the higher gravity your word is, like you're saying, the more risky it can be for for those kind of flavors, right? Right. Yeah. And then also, if you had a lot of yeast stress early in the ferment, and the, then you potentially have a lot of sugar for you know contaminating organisms to come in okay anybody else want to add to this one just constructive no. for the guys because they were asked you know I, I you don't I, have to add to it i kind of like the aroma yeah i, I do kind of dig on the aroma i mean i can see what he was going for there yeah. it seems like a decent recipe i would take it down you know maybe take down a notch bro just a little bit and then pitch i'm actually on mr because i want to see what well 13 percent. so the bar they kind of they listed the bar uh Barley wine style at like you know should be ten eighty, eleven twenty to ten eighty. Wait, yeah, ten eighty to eleven twenty. Yeah, it's real and they're high. at eleven thirty one. So they're way at the top of the. Well, for, to brew ten to brew five gallons of this beer at eleven thirty, um, you would need almost seven liters of a starter, and I. Doubt, doubt that he did yeah. that, and so that speaks to to what Nicole's saying is there's fermentation things kind of going on. So Stressed out yeast. If yeah. you're going to brew this yeah. this big of a beer, and it, it, Nicole, you're right, it, it is a real common thing that what do you what what are the few beers that you do when you first start brewing? You know, it's it's an IPA or a barley wine because those are the beers that kind of blow your balls back when when you're when you start brewing. And yeah, they do. You need to really focus on your yeast. Yeah. Six point eight liters. Are you joking? Yeah, you definitely want to repitch if you're going to do something like this. Like build up to it. Yeah, you know? for sure. Or Make a session beer, and then you have something you drink while you're making the barley wine, basically. Right? Or if you don't go with a starter, you can do eleven vials. Oh, <laughs> fucking joking me! Wow, That's like a hundred dollars in yeast. Chris right White there, and the Yeast guys love it right now, dude. Yeah. Right? <laughs> if you didn't know that this was a thirteen percent beer, would you guess it was? Yeah, yeah I would. You would. Yes. Yeah. it's pretty alcohol. Absolutely, yeah. you can light are amazing. Yeah, you can light it on fire right now. It, t- it kind of smells. You like can light gar- my breath on fire right now. Let's try it. Let's light some shit on fire. Come on. Let's, let, let's light that shit on fire. <laughs> Bacardi one fifty one fireball. Yeah. Um. 
But you know, there there are. I feel like we beat it up uh, just because Moscow brought it in and was like, "Hey guys, <laughs> why don't you try this?" We're like, "Yeah, this sucks." Well, <laughs> they <are>. asked for <laughs> feedback. Yeah, they did. They want uh, feedback. Yeah. No, there, there's some good. There's some good qualities to this beer. I think the I think the malt bill is in the right place. There's some pretty interesting flavors there. Yeah, yeah. Um, sure. Right? And it's still coming through despite the kind of solventy thing. Right. Uh, so you know that's nice. Um, like a cho- there's a chocolate quality, like overwhelming, and the aroma as well as obviously alcohol. There's, yeah. you know, kind of smells like fresh chocolate cake or something like that. Yeah, Reci- and that's that's nice. Recipe right? good. Yeast handling needs help. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. Right. I think the recipe is great. That's enough. Let's get out of here. And uh, I did get a question from the chat at the same time. Like, can we can listeners send in beer to us like that? And you know, you can, but I just I don't make guarantees anymore. Uh, sometimes we get to it, sometimes we don't. I, I hate to be responsible for your beer. Uh, it does happen. If you want to send beer in for us to evaluate, uh, email Scott Scott at thebrewingnetwork dot com. He'll arrange it with you, and um, he does try to. I'll be honest with you, Scott's pretty good about it. He he tries to get me the beer if you guys do send it. Mm-hmm. It's it's no good to send it to the, to the Rat Pad because it just I, I don't get it's to it. It's lost in the mix. Uh, It'll always get tasted whatever you send to me, but. Uh, it may or may not be on the air. Right. <laughs> and it may or may not be by the people on the air. So I, I wish I could be a little more clear in, uh, about that, but I just, I'm just i just being honest with you. I know how it goes. We we get ambitious and we say, sure, send us your beer. We'd love to try it and give you feedback. And then we get busy and six months goes by. And then we didn't do your beer justice because it's past its prime and shit like that. But right. if you're interested in doing it, you can send an email, uh, scott at thebrewingnetwork.com. Mm-hmm. All right, real quick, let's do our Drunk of the Week voting, and then we'll do a Twitter game, and then we are... W- we're going to get out. Uh, okay. I uh, will remind you of your uh, nominees for uh, tonight's Drunk of the Week. First, we had uh, Copper Apple on. And he was the dude. Uh, he says, you know when I'm drunk because I don't talk and I headbutt people. Falls right into it. Yeah, lean I, in and headbutt. Lean in and headbutt. He can't hear and then he leans in and then he headbutts. All right. So you had, you had Copper. And then you had Pythoner from Georgia. Um, he doesn't like humans. He only talks to his dog. But he doesn't boy. like all dogs either. He only talks to his boy, which uh, then Fal said, is your boy, you mean like a pet? And he said, no, no, not a pet. My boy is my German Shepherd. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Wanted to clarify. Body hot bourbon barrels, I think, in his cell. Good old one word. Yeah. yeah. So I just want to point out that that man was And drunk. he leaked his. Uh, he linked his uh, st- a picture of his stupid dog in the chat room. Oh, he did. It's just big, dumb, black German Shepherd, just retarded looking. <laughs> big hose coiled up next to him, just like... Yeah. Not, not his pet, though. We all no. love our dogs, man. Boy. Most beautiful things ever. Uh, all right. And then uh, then we had Scary Dude from New York. He started with gin today and then carried on into other things. Yeah. Um, and he related well with JP. Sign of drunkenness, I think. Long Island. <laughs> Strong <laughs> Island, son. Long Island. Making bad choices. Uh, then we had... Um, <laughs> We had Zebrew from Austin, uh, definitely hammered. Uh, he uh, named himself on a scale of one to ten as a nine and a half on the drunk scale. Uh, those were his. Uh, that was his estimate. And then finally, in the end, we had Juice, who at first sounded like he was from Alabama, and then later sounded like he was from Baston. And uh, according to him, has yeah. had twenty four beers today because he listed off a six pack of Ithaca, a six pack of. Uh, 
Palaner, not just any, but the Palaner Salvatore. <laughs> Salvatore. A six-pack of that. And then a six-pack of something else. And then he was just finishing a six-pack of the Sierra Ruthless Rye. But he we... has a hard time with his eyes. <laughs> he did not I don't pronounce my eyes correctly. Now, whether or not he actually drank all that beer, I don't know. He did sound drunk as a skunk to me. I'll give him that. Yes. So he drank. Yes. Uh, uh, so I think we have a lot of. This is a tough uh, one. It's going to be hard. All right. So Copper, Pythoner, uh, Scary Dude, Zebrew, and. And juice. All right. Um, we're all going to vote. And um, we've got our friend Mike from Celebrator Magazines in the room, too. Mike, I need you to vote, too. Uh, did you hear the phone calls, the Drunk of the Week phone calls? Well, then no. you can just be like a random swing vote, whatever you want. Just yeah. raise your hand at uh, an appropriate time. All right. Uh, raise your hand if uh, headbutting copper is the uh, Drunk of the Week. He sounded yeah, super kinda... drunk. And to be honest, he sounded the most drunk of. Most of the drunk of the week calls we've had all last year. You kind of set the tone. I'll oh, tell you what. A I'm lot of our it. drunk of the week calls the don't sound drunk. You're, all right, you, you talk me into it. So raise your hand again if it's copper, just so I can get a count here. Wow. Uh, okay. That's game Uh-oh. over. Copper kettle. That's game over. Really? That's it. What happened? Well, uh, well, let's see. We, it depends. If Nicole gets she her voted, two votes, she can. Uh, yeah, she can double vote. And uh, uh, Tasty hasn't voted. No, because that would make eight of us. We can't do double vote. <laughs> eight is enough, though. Uh, uh, Pythoner from Georgia. Anybody vote? Uh, Tasty's with Pythoner. Because um, he talks over. to his dog, he's a close shit. second. Yeah, yeah. he yeah. was. I'm telling. That was where I was on the fence is between uh, copper and Python. Fucking insane person. <laughs> yes. Can we just give it to both of them? No, <laughs> no, we get oh, a lot of shit bubbles. for that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, scary dude. No one was going to vote for scary dude. Uh, like the guy, but you know, Zebrew. Zebrew is Zebrew is good. Uh, he's, he's right my, there. And fi- juice. I'm telling you, they were Those all good. Great calls. Great all good. Okay, it's tough this week. I guess copper is our drunk of the week. All right, copper well apple. Deserved. Well deserved. Yeah, I wish we could give it to all of them, but this isn't Little League, you shitheads. Call back next week and you'll be <laughs> no fine. No participation awards. Call your mother bitches. if you want nurturing. <laughs> I feel like JP and I really influenced that. Like, both of our hands shot up when you mentioned Copper's name, and right. then you guys sort of came along eventually. You did. Oh, I think okay. I was going to hold off for Pythoner until you both... Talk until you into it. it. Yeah, yeah. It's right. Copper and Pythoner neck and neck. Pythoner uh, did win Serial Killer of the Week, though, so... Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're all good. Won't be the first time he's won that award i'll tell you that right now what is the medal for that award look like? it's uh, self-fulfilling just, it's a picture yeah, of jp it's like <laughs> it's, it's a, a naked statue of jp oh, that'd be good uh, we really should get a naked statue yeah. made of you with a really big schlong you know what they have oh it's so lifelike <laughs> you know what they have is a uh, is a uh, um casting kits at some some places i don't know if adam and eve has it they'd be rad if oh i know did. what you're talking about so you can make a dildo. It's a, you make a mold right. of your wiener of yourself. Yeah, you should sell those. <laughs> <laughs> Each of the broadcasters wings. Yeah, that was so great. Who would buy one? But sell them for like five hundred dollars. Because you know some of the creeps on the show would buy it and not tell their wife until after. You know, it, that, was, JP, that was just wiener. Listen, JP. Well, that's true. Brew Tattoo would not buy those. I just want to. <laughs> yes, he I would. I know what you're thinking. And Fuck I'm telling you. you the Brew Tattoo. You know he would. You know he would. <laughs> right. And he'd hold them up against his own to judge. He would. He'd mount them on his wall with like a wooden plaque behind him all sticking out. He's like, oh, Tuesday's a JP night. I've ever bust this one out. <laughs> JP, why are you so excited to compete in this? I think that'd be hilarious. You have uh, you have something uh, you're hiding from us? Packing, dude. No, JP's got that big Greek wang. I mean, everything's proportionate, probably. I'm sure. If you want a hop grenade on the tip, that's an extra two hundred bucks. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. Hop grenades uh, for balls. 
Oh, I did need to do a quick uh, correction. I, I read you the beer education uh, judge thing. I suppose I should get oh, that right. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Beer judge sure education. Yes. You know, the beer judge education guys are where you can go and do uh, uh, online classes to pass um, the uh, BJCP exam. Yes, sir. So last week I said that um, their guarantee was up through three classes. In other words, I said if you weren't satisfied after three classes, you can get your money back. It's actually uh, after two classes. Yes, sir. I fucked it up. That was yeah. my correction. So, But you're allowed to do two full classes, and as long as you don't start the third class, you can go, hey, look. I'm kind of not into it. It's not what I thought it was going to be. You can get a full refund. Um, but uh, everything else stands. For example, they do have a satisfaction guarantee. If you go through all the classes and you don't pass the BJCP exam, you can take them again. They'll let you go through the whole training program uh, again. And and some people just need the repetition, like, cool. like me. Can you imagine if the bar <laughs> exam did that? Where you it don't does. pass the bar, and then you and then you have you can take all your law classes again. I <laughs> see. Oh, you the can't law have classes, that shit. I see what you mean. Yeah. yeah. No, you can't. So, uh, yeah. So, my correction: if you're not satisfied after two classes, which is plenty of time to to discover if you like them or not, uh, you get a full uh, money back guarantee, and then you get a pass in the BJCP guarantee. You can just take it again uh, if you don't pass. So, uh, anyway, just a quick correction on that. You know, and I always find that things that have a money back guarantee, you never use them. Yeah, you because know? you don't offer it. That's right. If right. your product is shit, right, 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 yeah. Or you sometimes in infomercials they offer it because it's very difficult to send it back and get. It. So you'll <laughs> offer it if it's either very difficult, yeah, or if if you know people aren't going to use it, right. Or they right. have, to, they have to pay for their own shipping and it's like forty five dollars to send <laughs> yeah, it back. That's what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's hey. the same as why people like offer those huge mail in rebates. Because we're no, such we lazy dickwads that even a $50 mail-in rebate, we're like, ah, oh, I missed a deadline. Yeah. I actually read once the average percentage of mail-in rebates, people that actually go for the mail-in rebate. Yeah. It's way under 50%. It's like I 38% or it something. It doesn't surprise me at all. We're so stupid. So we yeah. buy it because of it. We go, oh, oh. it's like nothing. Right? <laughs> yeah, and then we get place. it home and we just, we're like a, a squirrel. Like we just, we're like dogs. <laughs> we don't, uh, you know, we're focused until we get home. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but my point is, you won't you won't need it with a BJCP thing, right? With a beer judge education, you right? Won't you won't? Hey, by the way, uh, Brew Tattoo says I would, I would, I would, I would, I would, I would. <laughs> Told cool. you. Did he spell it W O O D? No, um, he's not. He's not that funny. <laughs> All right. He he wrote it in purple. Twitter game. Oh yeah. Uh, Damn. You got to. Yeah. You, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> Because I got some good ones. I need, hey, Layla's friend. I need to... Uh, you, you have to shout it over the, the right. closing credits. Uh, yeah, what do we got? All right. Uh, Archangel Beer. Okay, sorry. Uh, the game was, if you could name your kid uh, after a brewing term, what would it be? Okay, what do we got? Uh, Archangel Beer says Wienery. Good one. Wienery. Like it. Uh, Jameson Penn, Evil Twin. Hmm. Okay, I don't know if that's a brewing term necessarily. But well, if they're twins and one of them is Evil Twin. There you go. Uh, yeah. uh, Puckhead33, Krausen Hotbreak. Which kind of sounds a little too pompous for me, to be honest with you. It sounds like a piece of shit. It's got my vo- it was the third. You know it's got my vote so far. Yeah, I agree. I'm right. poison hot break. Blobber Glop would name it Chills with a Z at the end. Chills. So I like that. Okay. Tough. Uh, Village Brew, uh, Slow Fermenter. Which I think is hilarious. Set the bar low. Spider Wrangler. If it was a girl, it would be Augustina Baruna. Right. Or Anna Robic. Oh. oh, if it was a boy, at least named, that's clever, right? If it was a boy, we named Krausen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rackor would name it Cold Crash. Okay, how stripper. Do we, how do we feel about that? Yeah. She's going to be a stripper. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Hop Hop 
um, he frames he phrases it as a sentence. I would like to introduce you to my daughter, Rack. <laughs> Rack. Rack. <laughs> Stripper. Or All if right. there was yeah. triplets, it would be Brett, Anna, and Mices. Hmm. That's not bad. Okay. It's pretty good, right? Is that all of them? Nope. Okay. John Foster uh, would name his kid Kegs. So, you know, it'd be, I'm picking up Kegs after school. <laughs> I like that. Then he says, if it's a girl, then her boyfriend won't be tapping Kegs anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's good. good. They're good ones, right? Uh, Gator, Gator Beer says, uh, grist for a guy so he sounds tough. And yeasty for a girl because, uh, yeah. Yeasty? (laughs) I was with you on grist, but really? (laughs) You lost me at yeasty. Oh, God. Marie Kiro, I I apologize if I slaughtered that name, would name it Kettle. And at first I wasn't going to include it in, but I kind of like the simplicity of the... Kettle. Yeah, it's just kettle. Okay. I kind of dig it. Uh, Gretchen Bush, Beechwood Triple Hops. Doesn't mean anything, but sounds really cool. Okay. Copper Apple, our friend, said, my daughter, Lupe Lynn. Hmm. All right. Lupe that's and a then, real name. Oh, that's it, it is. And then right. finally, two uh, two brewskis. Uh, jockey box if it's a girl, or shank if it's a boy. <laughs> shank is good, kind of. So there's a lot of good ones I couldn't Spider fit, and there were much more, but I I had to narrow it down. So nobody said shive. Well, I'm like an anaerobic. I think that's pretty. Me cool. too. I'm Lupe writing down my tops. I'd like uh, so, Lupe and and what was it? Kegs. Kegs was good. Here, I'll, I'll run through them again. Real quick. Were spiders? No, no, it's okay. Spider wranglers. I, I don't yeah, think what were spider wranglers? Uh, spider, uh, if it was a girl, Augustina Bruna or Anna Robic. Right. That's good stuff. Or uh, Krausen if it was a boy. Okay. I uh, My favorites are, and if there's more to add, then we can go through the list again. Mm-hmm. But I think everyone was like, seemed to perk up about the same ones. Yeah. Um, anaerobic. Yeah. Yep. Lupa Lin, Lupe Lin, Lupe Lin. I really like that one's kind of snuck in at the end. Yeah. And uh, Foster snuck one in there with kegs. More with his explanation. That's yeah. the yeah. That's that you're not going to be tapping kegs tonight. I like that. I'm going to pick up kegs after school. I mean, all it's it's that was good. Cute. Yeah, it's like right. the bar called the office. You know, it right. just works. Right. Honey, Study I'm going hall. to the yeah. office. Oh, I got to go. I got to go clean some kegs. Yeah. Got to clean kegs right now. Right. I don't know. Yeah. Are my kegs leaking? Are we voting on this? How does it I got to go check my dip tube yeah, on keg. I don't know. I'm just trying. <laughs> yeah. After trying to get laid for the first time, Aww. oh, my seal's Ow. leaking on kegs. <laughs> <laughs> and were there any that, so Lupe Lin, uh, Lupe Lin, anaerobic and kegs, any any other additions you guys want in the finals here? Okay. Uh, I liked slow fermenter. Hmm. I would say that. Okay. Slow. All right, let me make a note here. Yeah. JP likes stupid things. Yes. Uh, beer- <laughs> Is that really a note? Because you're you're going to forget it at some point? Yeah. Beardy- Just in fourth place. Up Beauty says Kegs likes getting filled through the bunghole. Ah. <laughs> wow. All right, Kegs Ooh. it is. Kegs our winner. That's got a link. Yeah, that's, that's, link. that's sealed the deal. Uh, yeah, I like the Kegs. It's got a link. <laughs> Okay. Go on and on there. John Foster, you don't get a prize. You're affiliate. Yeah, you're spirit. You're, you're, yeah, you're an asshole. Uh, yeah, we're going to get No, Foster, we should, I, I probably owe you a new shirt by now or something anyway. So th- that's yeah. a good one. Thank you, sir, for playing our Twitter game of the week, brought to you by Jason Petros. What size shirt are you going to send him? I don't know. Whatever he needs. Just had to do it. I'm sorry. All right. Now, can we go? Yeah. Go. All right. We're not on the air next week, right? Yeah, we off festival. week next week. The week after really? that's the Super Bowl noon start. Oh, yeah, our annual early Super Bowl show. That's right. Yeah. 
um, noon show. Uh, do we not have a guest for that? We do. His name is Mazen Hajar. He's running a huge craft brewery in Lebanon. It's going to be interesting. In Lebanese? Wow. You like uh, Lebanese? I met this guy. Cool. Last time I was hanging out in Lebanon, I met him. Actually, I met him at JBF a few years mm-hmm. ago. Uh, he's a good dude. Uh, okay, so next week, instead of a show, come on out to our Winter Brews Festival. You can hear Forest Day. Uh, played Forest Day music uh, all day today. Just Google Forest Day, and uh, you're going to love the album. Uh, I played about four songs off of it, and he's good, and he's headlining our show. 30-plus breweries. Um, it's it's going to be a... It's going to be a hell of a festival. So, yeah. uh, Festival.eventbrite.com are 35 bucks. Go get your tickets now, please. And, uh, yeah, and then no show on Sunday. And then uh, we'll be back. Early show on Super Bowl Sunday, the week after. Are we good? We're good. We're good. See you guys then. Jip, uh, what do you got? Uh, thank you to our show sponsor, More Beer. You can get absolutely everything you need to make great beer at home by going to morebeer.com. The Trophy Fire's new album entitled Modern Hearts is available now at graydayrecords.com. Pick it up and support our friend and yours, Mr. Adam Schlong-Schumann. Nate is bringing West Coast IPA to the Midwest in Minneapolis, St. Paul, Minnesota. Join him for a public in-store double IPA brew session at Northern Brewer Minneapolis next Thursday. And then on Friday, speaking about IPA at the Upper Mississippi Mashout homebrew competition. For more information, go to mashout.org. Beer and food pairing seminar with Nicole at the Kitchen Window in Minneapolis on Thursday, January 26th at 6 p.m. For more info, go to kitchenwindow.com. Justin asks, have you seen the new Gordon Beers video on our YouTube channel? To check that out, go to youtube.com slash brewing network. Also, rescue a pit named Prada, please, because I hate this dog. View JP's Rescue Project at thebiscuit.tumblr.com. Keep up to date on what's on JP's shitty foul mind by checking out his blog at moderndaymerrick.blogspot.com and follow him on Twitter at Major Jip. And be sure to find the Brewing Network and Winter Brews Fest on Facebook and Twitter. Love of that home crew can't get enough of it. Home crew blows my mind.